Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications. The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft coverage. And Chris Howard, co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly Up Fantasy Live. Let's go to the pick here. Terrace Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL fantasy football and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. So the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon, but the Giants, I'm getting word, just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. It's time for your coverage to start now. Welcome in, everybody, to the second annual Belly Up Sports' MD's Fantasy Football NFL Draft Coverage. Say that five times fast. For the next, I don't know, five to six hours, however long this first round is going to be, we got commercial-free coverage coming to you. We have guests coming out throughout the entire time, and we're going to talk about our NFL analysis, our fantasy football analysis, our pick-by-pick betting analysis. That's right. We're going to win you money while we try to figure out what your fantasy teams are going to look like and what your favorite teams are going to look like after tonight. I'm your host, Dan Mater, for the evening. Also with me is Chris Dowhauer. He will be with me throughout the entire time as well. Chris, do you have your pee bag with you on hand? I, I was wondering if, if Manscaped makes some kind of, you know, something for like a man diaper, um, but I'm definitely making sure I'm staying fresh down there with the Manscaped thing for this long haul that we have for the next two days. Absolutely. There you go. Oh, yeah. We're always going to be plugging away Manscaped at all times. And Mike Brown, the co-founder of Belly Up Sports, joining us to kick things off. 
Mike, thank you for coming on. How are you doing Absolutely. today? Good. I'm hoping this time I make it my uh, my full 30 minutes without cutting out, you know, so. <laughs> that would be helpful. It's hard to do that in Ohio. I know. Yeah. I get it. It's fine. But we got to work with what we got. Speaking of working with what we got, Chaz, it's good <laughs> to see you, man. You haven't been here since, what, we, we ended our shows back in February. We we're doing our DFS and our betting every single week. So it's good to have you back. And I can see in the background here, repping the new show coming up for you. Yeah, very excited. It looks like it's going to be the, the 21st, mostly because the Derby is so important to me. But I, I drink a lot. So the next <laughs> week, I'm kind of I'm useless. So the week after that, we'll put it together. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. I've been pumping the cannabis industry for a while now. It's going to be a lot of fun. But mostly, we're going to cash chicken. What's better than betting and smoking and feeling good about yourself? Nothing's better than that. And that's what we're going to bring you guys tonight. Entertainment throughout the night is going to make you feel good, be happy, win money, and we're going to have a great time doing it. Guys, going into this NFL draft, it's much different than it was last year. Last year was all about the quarterbacks, the top, what, three, four picks all in a row. Who's going to trade up for the extra ones? We had five quarterbacks go in the first round last year. Now the argument is... Do we even get two? Do we get one? And that's how much of a drop-off. But that drop-off is not just the narrative about the quarterbacks heading into this year. That's the NFL draft narrative because what that does now is open up everything. It's all about preference picks, and it's a strong class when it comes to defensive line, when it comes to offensive line, when it comes to wide receiver, and even deeper than what it has been when it comes to secondary players in some years to come. So this is a great draft for teams to fill out the rest of their teams and not get locked into that quarterback, which means we could see teams shock us up and down tonight, move up, move down. Eight teams, I believe it is, have two first-round picks in tonight's draft. That's the crazy thing about it. Chris, what are your narratives that you're looking for for tonight? Yeah, I think, well, the big one's going to be who goes number one. I mean, it's kind of one of the better kept secrets out there lately. Um, Usually, you know, by now. Um, I think that's going to be kind of debatable, you know, what kind of defensive guy or could be offensive guy and kind of surprise everybody. And the other narrative you're talking about is how much depth is it to offensive line in this draft? Um, one of the things that's definitely been lacking in the NFL the last few years is offensive line. I know it's a fantasy show, but people, we always talk about in MD's fantasy football show, the importance of offensive line. And you're going to get a lot of game changers, and especially in this top five, top ten. Um, so I'm really excited to see the offensive linemen where they kind of wind up. A lot of guys in the trenches to win picks. Mike. You're a Detroit Lions fan, which yes. is heartbreaking all the time. Yes. They got two. They got 32. What do you want your team to do? Well, it, it is. It, it's funny because, you know, you, you essentially have the two, almost that number one pick in the last, the first pick and the, the last pick. You know, this is one of those drafts that you really don't want the first, second, third pick because – I mean, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Detroit has a, has a, a need definitely on the defensive line. There's tons of prospects, but you also really don't have an opportunity. There's nobody really wanting to trade up to get up there. You know, there's, you know, because 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 like Chris said, you know, there's who nobody knows what's going on right now. And I'm more interested to see what's going to happen on the, that 32 pick for the Lions. You know, to see can can we get a quarterback? Can we get a you know a, a stud there? Who knows? But uh, it's going to be interesting because I feel like Hutchinson's the the safest pick. Some people are saying he's the most talented. I think he's the safest pick. I don't think he's the most talented by any means. Um, so if the Lions can land him, cool. 
Uh, I feel like the Jaguars could definitely go offensive line and surprise people that that first pick to really help out Lawrence. But uh, there's a lot of things in play right now. So uh, at, at two, you know, I would definitely be okay with Hutchinson if 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 he's there. I can't say he's gonna if he falls there to the number two pick. But this is one of those drafts that I, I feel like very few people are going to want to trade up to that top five. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of teams want to trade back this year, but because of the lack of quarterbacks, not so many are looking to move so sky high like they have in years past. That number one pick is up for grabs. Nobody knows where it's going to go. Right now, though, the betting Vegas odds-on favorite is Travion Walker. Updated results from earlier this afternoon. He is now at minus 500 to be the first pick overall. Hutchinson is at plus 500. This was actually one of my bets heading into tonight because I believe Hutchinson is the better pick. He makes more sense, which could be why Jacksonville doesn't go with him. But at plus 500 with a pick that still seems to be wide open, I'm going to take that chance. What do you think about that, Chaz? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I looked at, again, here's what I've got. I've got 100 bucks, and I've got 23 minutes to figure out what I'm going to bet on. So not that I'm stressing you out for time, but let's talk about uh, what I'm looking at. You know, I don't have a team. I don't. You know, Detroit's not my favorite. I don't like the Rams. My team. Detroit's nobody's favorite. My team is who I bet on. So I looked at every single team, and I looked at every single draft choice this year. It was amazing how when I saw some teams, I just laughed because you, you just know, like the Jets and the Giants, you just know. They're going to find a way to screw up both of those picks. There's just teams that do that. You know, Detroit seems to be one of those. But I I have uh, the lines that I have, I went with the, the first offensive lineman, the first quarterback, the first quarterback, the first quarterback, the first wide receiver, and then the one, two, and three picks. So that's what I'm going to be looking at your guys' help with, which of those is, is the best. But I did print these yesterday, and the numbers you said – were different, so I'm going to go uh, and get the updated lines. But remember, in Vegas, they shut it off yesterday. Did you know that? Right. Yes, it is that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's insane. It's Absolutely like insider insane. trading, Vegas. You know, trying to avoid that insider information. I was just saying. <laughs> the lines did just update about an hour ago, and that's where we got the updated things coming in from them. Some of them, not all of them, but uh, he's up to uh, six hundred on mine. It's up to 600 on yours. So it's yeah. going to depend on what sports books you use as well. Uh, that's what's insane now. Betting on the NFL draft, it's just, it illustrates the now, the word I'm looking for, the partnership that is now with gambling and the NFL moving forward. I, I'm going to, since we're talking about it, I'm going to touch on this real quick and see what you guys think. Calvin really gets suspended indefinitely for this past season. Is this something that's to come, or ultimately will gambling be a benefit for the NFL overall? Anybody can think it's like it's like anything. I know Chaz and you guys are probably gonna know more, but I mean, it, it, as you see states slowly bring it into play, um, it, it's like it, it's the inevitable. It's, it, it goes hand in hand with with marijuana. It's like as states bring these things into play, you know, these are only gonna. I mean. It, and not to get too far off on things, but do, do you want people to get suspended for for gambling and smoking pot, or do you want to do you want to pe- see people behind bars for for smoking pot when there's real real issues, you know, at hand? Not to get too far again, but 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 I feel like it's going to go hand in hand, and, and eventually it's like, yeah, where do you where do you uh, handle the Calvin Ridley thing right now? When five years from now, you know, pretty pretty much every state should be open to it. 
I think ultimately it's here to stay. And we're just whoever whoever's not for it's just going to have to get used to that. And I don't think it's going to, you know, really tear down the integrity of the game. Things have happened in the past here and there before, but it's not something I think is going to run rampant and really, you know, have these conspiracy theories of the NFL where is things fixed to begin with. They've been talking about that for years, even before gambling became as legal as it is now and will continue to grow. I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but I'd love to know your thoughts, Chaz. Well, the median, it says right here, the median salary is like 860, right? And the minimum is 430. Uh, a lot of people get 2 million or more. At the bottom line is if you're making 860K, right? Stay away from the sports book, Einstein. What, what am I next? <laughs> yeah, what do you so need? difficult about that? You could drink Cristal anywhere you want. Just leave the sports book away. Go get it off your phone. It's just, it's ludicrous to think that you could have that much money coming in you would risk it betting you know a couple grand <laughs> Chaz, one more time run through the what's the three picks that you were looking that you wanted to try to bet on all right so this, who's number one who's number two and who's number three and then the other five who's the first quarterback who's the first running back who's the first offensive lineman who's the first receiver who's the first cornerback i'm going to kick this to chris chris start off with your number one number two number three picks I think Jacksonville is going to shock the world, and I think it's going to be the tackle from North Carolina State, uh, Akua. I think that they're that you look at Doug Peterson's kind of track record in Philadelphia. He loved offensive linemen. They definitely need the upgrade. I know they signed Cam Robinson, but Akua can play outside or inside. So I think that's actually going to be the guy. I think they're going to kind of surprise people. I think they're kind of you know looking for somebody to move up for that defensive end. Maybe that they if we get they want Walker, they we get they want Hutchinson, hoping someone to kind of jump up. But I think ultimately they're going to take the offensive lineman. You're gonna take offensive lineman, even after extending Cam Robinson. I I, I think Akua is. I think he's the kind of guy that, like I said, can start start on the inside, be immediate starter to guard, and then eventually move out to tackle. Doug Peterson has kind of a history of doing these kinds of things. So, like I said, I think that's where they're going to kind of stick to. And I think Trevor Lawrence is the franchise, and I think that they realize they need to protect him ultimately, and they're going to make sure they're the best front five they can possibly put out there. The problem. Let's play that. The only problem is he's absolutely right. He's so smart, Chris, but. This is Jacksonville. <laughs> well, Urban's out there. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's smart because signing Cam Robinson at $54 million and then drafting number one all alignment when you took um, you know the guy Little last year in the second round, I think that is kind of spending too much capital, but I do think that that's what the Eagles – the Eagles history has. They've always went big off the line. I think but is this the Eagles history or is it the Trent Bulky history? The Trent Bulky history has been to take defensive linemen dating back to San Francisco. Yeah, but as we kind of saw this offseason, Trent Bulky's kind of you know holding by the, the grips of his you know his fingernails of that job. They brought in other guys to kind of advise, and I think Doug Peterson's kind of has the say right now. And I think he's going to be the one that makes the ultimate call. Well, let's play that out then. Let's say they do go offensive line. I'd have to think second pick. It would be a mishap to say the least if Detroit didn't take Aiden Hutchinson. No, Mike. No, I, I agree, and actually, tell you the truth, what Chris is saying is, it makes a lot of sense. It may not be the sexy pick, especially the number one pick, and it may shock people. But you've you've got Trevor Lawrence, you've got ETN. You know they're investing in that offense. Um, I know there's a lot of money there, but you know you're going to throw in that one guy because that that one guy in the defensive line isn't isn't going to make the the huge difference. Same thing with in Detroit, but you definitely got to go Hutchinson if he's there, number two. Uh, like I said, the safest pick. 
Um, you know, he, he's not a J.J. Watt. He's not a T.J. Watt by any means. I, I've heard some comparisons to Nick Bosa, nowhere near uh, Joey Bosa. I know they have some injury histories. But uh, but you kind of know what, what his ceiling is um, and his floor is. And, and it's, again, the safest pick at number two. Nobody's going to come up there and really offer you much to, to get that pick where Detroit, I think, in a draft, you know, if it was really, really, uh, I guess, offensive laden quarterback, I'm not saying we take a quarterback at number two, but I, but I feel like this is the one year that, I mean, you're just kind of, it, it's, it's the worst thing. Again, I go back to the top five picks to, to essentially have this year because nobody's outside of the top 10 is really going to trade up for you. So I, I think Hutchinson's there. You got to take him. So it's really always, interesting. Now we get the heat. Go ahead, Chaz. Well, I always defer to you guys on personnel. You know that I talk about it all the time. You not know a name of a, a, a guy on a team and actually uh, win a lot of money sports betting, but you're not going to do well in fantasy. So if the number one guy is minus 600, which we both would all agree, that's a big favor, right? So, and then the guy skips him. I'm thinking that's uh, he falls to me. I'm taking the best guy on the board. Why wouldn't he try to do that? No, I, I totally agree. And that was the wind up being the case. I, I personally have Aiden Hudson going number one to Jacksonville. I think they're going to go defensive line, but it doesn't make sense to me. All the smoke right now, you're going to see how the mock drafts and everything is about Trayvon Walker going number one. I it doesn't it. it doesn't make any sense because that guy who you hope Walker to be is already on your team in Josh Allen, who they just picked up the fifth-year option, by the way, earlier today. The guy that you would actually need to pair up with him would be a more all-around defensive end in Aiden Hutchinson, a guy who can not only rush the passer, but be a prominent factor in the running game too. Walker, not only he needs development in his technique as a boombox project to begin with, but he's already a liability in the run game. And I was talking to Chris about this earlier. He reminds me of a guy who should be more of a 3-4 outside linebacker pass rusher type of guy than a guy who's sticking his hand in the dirt. So that doesn't really bode well for what Jacksonville needs. So it doesn't make any sense to me that it would be Walker, which is why I go back to these bets. I'm just in a plus 500. By the way, Trayvon Walker, his over-under is one and a half right now. The o- the over, meaning he goes, he falls past the first pick, plus 295. I'm double-hedging my bets on both of those as we speak to try to double whammy. As long as Walker doesn't go one, I'm in a really good position with both those bets. But let's get to the third pick because Chaz wanted to talk about it. He wants to know what the one, two, and three well, let is. Well, me, let me interject here because it's funny. That one, uh, the, the Michigan guy, he, he's not uh, – everybody else you mentioned, I could look at and we could have – him, right, we can say uh, if if they don't go this one, they, we lose it. But if they get picked, we win the first lineman or, or the first. But they, they don't. I don't have that. The the first defensive player. So Hutchins is his only the only option then is to, to bet him. Uh, you know whether he's going to be first, second, or third. Yeah, ex- exactly. Well, let's talk about the third pick. Houston, Texas, on the board. They're the wild card. They could trade back in that spot. They could go any, literally any direction that they want to go because they need everything. Chris, what do you think Houston does at three? If this is if this is how the board's kind of falling, I think they're going to take Walker. I think this is the kind of the team that's looking for an edge rusher that needs a kind of game changer for Louis's defense. He's always kind of predicated on you know playing soft zone and then kind of getting that poor pressure. Um, whether he's in Tampa, whether he's in Chicago, he's always kind of looked for that defensive end to kind of be a game changer. And I think that he's still on the board. I think that's the guy that they're to look for. I don't think it's the smartest pick, but I think that's what they would take. I would tend to agree with you. Guys, we're going to have NFL draft. I'll, 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 I
then Walker can, if he does go number one, that is Trent Bulky making the call, I think. That's, that's um, I'll be the confirmation <laughs> in the sense that he is still in charge. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with that one. Guys, we're going to have NFL draft coverage throughout the entire night. Again, fantasy analysis, and we're trying to get you winning some money too. But we're also going to be doing a giveaway throughout today's special pristine auction. We're doing it through Belly Up Sports. One of our partnerships now is with Pristine. There, We're giving away a Jonathan Taylor jersey. Here's what you have to do. You have to get on Twitter. You got to follow at Belly Up Sports. You got to retweet. Then you got to register at Pristine Auction. When you do, use the promo code Belly at registration. That's the way you'll get to sign up. We're going to be announcing a winner at 8 p.m. on Monday, May 2nd, with Pristine Auction. So a chance to win a Jonathan Taylor jersey. Great opportunity. Things like that and others will be giving away throughout the evening. So make sure you're tuning in for that, too. All right, guys. Let's talk about some headlines that are coming into the draft that may or may not have panned out. So first off, let's kick this thing off with the Debo Samuel non-trade of it all. Now, at this point... It's not going to happen tonight. So basically what that tells you is that the 49ers are looking to try to repair whatever the damage has been done. Why Debo requested, demanded a trade out to begin with. My question to you all is what is the best action for the 49ers on this issue? Is it to try to keep Debo and repair or would it have been to cash in while you can and get draft picks. A lot of reports that he was getting offered first-rounders plus some for Debo Samuel. Which one would you have done, Mike? Uh, honestly, to tell you the truth, I, I'm not necessarily sure. I've heard a lot of different things. And, Dan, obviously, you're going to know that that's your team. Uh, you, you don't claim a whole lot as of recent, so uh, with that Trey Lance pick last year. But, uh, but um, you know, I, I, I would say Debo, from what I hear, is he wants to go closer to home. That's the thing. Um, and I know, you know, people talked about how he's using Le'Veon Bell jumped in and stuff. Um, I mean, in a situation like this, I think there's there's a lot of opportunity. But when a, when a player's like that, they ha- have a year like they had like he had last year. You know, it, it's it's unfortunate because even as an NFL team, uh, as 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 the money rolls in, you know, these are the only ways that these players really have any leverage, even though. It doesn't mean you're going to ship him out, but do you want a guy to sit on your – I mean, he's going to play for you, but do you want him to sit in? I, I, I don't know. I haven't followed him enough, obviously, West Coast, whether he's the, the big T.O. diva type. But uh, I think when something like that happens, you know, you gotta you got to really take these inquiries, like, serious because, uh, you know, if a guy wants to go home or, or whatever's going on, you know, you, you really got to consider it because – is that going to create a cancer? Because year after year, San Francisco may not be that that really hot commodity, but every year they make the playoffs or, or they're consistent. And and I know I'm sure we'll talk about Garoppolo too because he's still there. So, but but there's a lot going on over there that you almost gotta you know it's hard to part with a guy like that, but you got to see what there is kicking some tires. I will say this for Debo: if I'm him, I am not playing on a three million dollar contract heading into yeah. this season. Although. The reports were that the 49ers were willing to give him the extension and up their dollar amount to the dollar amount that he wanted. I'm still withholding what my real opinion on this matter is going to be because I want to hear what Chris has to say first. What would you do, Chris? <laughs> well, I think Mike hit the nail on the head. Uh, that Trey Lance trade, yeah, that's still kind of scarring this team. And if they could have got any kind of draft capital in this draft for Debo Samuel, they needed to have done it. 
if these if these reports are accurate and they actually turn down some of these you know these offers it's the stupidest thing the 49ers could possibly do now i don't i don't believe in necessarily the reports because everything around san francisco when it comes to reporting seems to be inaccurate um so i do question whether or not there's actual value that they you know they, they turned down for Debo or do they wish they had gotten that value and nobody actually offered it so they're trying to put it out there because this team seems to hold on to their commodities too long and then they're able to capitalize on jimmy um, you know, talk about garoppolo as an example still 25 million dollars sitting on your cap uh, i think Debo samuel is somebody you need to move on from i think brandon now was drafted for that reason i think that he's a you know a kind of an easy replacement in the sense this team has a hard time featuring more than one receiver as it is and you have all kinds of different miles you're going to defeat, including one of those boats of boys that will be due for a new deal soon. So when you put all those things together, I think the 49ers needed to move Debo Samuel in this, in this trade, in this in this draft, I should say. And if they didn't, I think they're basically playing the fire because I think inevitably they're going to wind up trying to get you know pennies in the dollar moving forward. Yeah, that, that kind of sums up where I'm at. They needed to make this deal. You're paying Trent Williams. You're paying George Kittle. You have to get an extension done, which we know that's going to be a mega deal, with Nick Bosa this season. You just extended Fred Warner. You traded all your draft picks away for Trey Lance. So all of your money is going to be tied up, and you're not going to have top-end draft picks to replenish this team. Something's got to give. And to me, that something had to be trading Debo Samuel this week, getting that deal done, getting some of those first-round picks back not having to pay a wide receiver who, by the way, up until this past year, had been an injury risk every single season dating back to college, who's now that you're going to have to pay $25 million a year because that's what the market today now dictates that you have to do. This is the move that they needed to make. They didn't do it. So now you have one of two options here moving forward. It's either you repair the damage and you pay Debo Samuel along with everybody else, and that's pretty much your team. You're not going to be able to do much to improve in other areas. Or you're going to wind up getting pennies on the dollar because after this season, if you can't get a contract done, if you can't repair the damage that has been done, well, then you're going to be left in the situation where everyone knows you need to trade them. And even if you franchise them, you're not going to be able to afford to keep them on that franchise tag. You'll have to move them. The price tag will go down. This is going to be very interesting to see what happens, but it could wind up being a big thing. I want to mention, too, Daniel Jones. He had his option denied this past today. Actually, I came out today. Good. Good for the Giants. <laughs> Make him play it out. There's absolutely no reason. Oh, by the way, Matt Roll in Carolina. Yeah, take a lesson from this. This is what you do with a quarterback who's been a bust for the majority of his career up to this point. You don't pick up his option before he gets to play and prove it to you. <laughs> Right, Chaz? One thing we know about the NFL is when you do something different, and what Debo did last year was different than anybody ever, right, in terms of being a running back and a receiver at the same time. The lifespan of that is about 18 months, about a season and a half, because these NFL coaches just shut down whatever they they do. The only way you're ever going to win in the NFL, you're going to have a quarterback like the kid in Buffalo that can run and throw, and there's just not a lot of those human things out there that's why every single year it's the same thing with quarterbacks we got 32 teams we got 18 good quarterbacks it's tough all right Chaz, i want to get back to your 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 picks here let's get let's get these bets in we got five minutes to do it before this draft kicks off so let's talk your what run through not the well, run through the, the player ones i i love the fact that that i'm looking at plus 1200 trayvon walker goes second because jacksonville's ignorant that to me is a true st- statement it could happen so that's like that should be like maybe 15 percent of my budget right uh <laughs> plus 1200 uh, and, I, uh, that's valid 
can't argue with that. Okay. Uh, and so, so if, if he's going to go second, then I got to look at the other guys, not necessarily betting who I think is going to go first, but if I can get him in their position, because this way I could still win if they go second or third. So that's what I need to do. I need to find uh, what are the, he's the, the kid. Uh, Chris mentioned is minus 275 to go first for the offense. The lineman. That seems cool. to be a, a little tough. You know, what about the quarterback, guys? Let's look at the quarterback. They're all pretty good odds. Who's going to be, be the first quarterback taken? Willis. No, it's going to be Willis. There's no I'm doubt about it in my mind. <laughs> all right. So he, right after the first, is the quarterback. So, so that's minus 220. That's not, I mean, golly gee, that's not a, a heavy, crazy bet. We've worst, we went with higher odds than minus 220. So that's what I'm going to do. I got to figure out what the, I'm going to risk. I'm going to risk 80. No, I'm going to risk 85 if, on Willis as the first quarterback at minus 220. And I'm going to risk the rest of the balance 15 on Jacksonville is stupid. <laughs> and that's always a solid bet. I, I just want to say real quick. Go Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, I always appreciate Chaz kind of you know, giving some people kind of tips that aren't necessarily professional betters. It's not always about picking somebody. Sometimes it's about not picking, you know, what's the options are that are available to you. I, you know, we call him second half Chaz for a reason. And his reasoning, he doesn't have a team. He's always picked the winners, but he picks what he's looking for and kind of has, you know, a box he kind of sticks into and makes sure that he pretty, pretty much makes sure that he has, a, you know, a guaranteed winner or not. If he doesn't, he's not going to lose too much money. So I think that's one of the things that, you know, I really appreciate that he kind of brings to the, a lot of betting people out there maybe don't know about some of these different, you know, ways to kind of angle this and kind of attack this draft. I do want to talk about some props that I have real quickly. Uh, Brees Hall going in the first round. I really like him going to Buffalo. That's at plus 160 right now. Just him going in the first round in general. I do think he's got a good shot for that one. Uh, Chris, I want to kick this one to you. What do you think about this? Drake London as the first receiver is all the way down to plus 250. Garrett Wilson's the odds-on favorite now. Jameson Williams has now catapulted Drake London to be that pick. I like it at plus 250. Drake London fits a lot of systems. People have had him in the top 10 pretty consistently. It's only been within the past couple of days that Garrett Wilson has been talked about going in front of him within that top 10. I'm playing my bet there. What do you think about that? So here's where I think the bet lies. Will Car- will the Jets take him? At- the Jets. That's, that's I think who's going to take him. Because I think at 11, Washington's happy with whatever three remains and will willing to take any of them. But I think the Jets don't have a clear fit for Wilson. Uh, I think he is you know, one of the best. He's probably the best receiver on their board. I know they love Jameson Williams. I know they wanted to trade down, possibly they could for that. But Drake London fits the team. So I think that I look at Drake London is definitely a, you know a, a definite possibility. But that's a hard one, Dan, because I think. Do you really think the Jets are going to take a receiver at ten? Because that's really going to be the dictation of. I mean, board. I think they shouldn't, but again, they're like Jacksonville; they're stupid, so they might. I, th- that's that's the part we don't necessarily know. I got a parlay here. This one might be good for you, uh, uh, Chaz, because you were t- talking about quarterbacks in this direction. Anyway, there is a parlay special bet right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, where they have. Willis being the first quarterback, Pickett being the second quarterback taken. That's at plus 125. So you are getting pretty good odds to get that order. Oh, what do you think, Mike? I mean, your team, the Lions, have been the ones kind of rumored here and there along with the Panthers of taking Kenny Pickett. Do you think Willis goes one, Pickett goes two? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I do, I do feel that way. But I mean, there's a huge discrepancy between where Willis is going to go and Pickett. You know, if if we're sitting around 32, I, I'm 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 reading Twitter all day long, and they're like, if Willis is there at 32, do you take him? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, for one, he's not going to be there. But yes, absolutely. But I mean, Pickett's there. You know, everyone's concerned about his hand size. Okay, I mean, I get it. There's always concerns in the draft and, and you know who knows but in, everyone wants to link him back to Pittsburgh and stuff like that but but yeah I definitely think it's Willis and, and then Pickett uh I mean I I've even saw you know Corral or, or you know those guys around there but uh but I, I think the way the weeks have worked out it's definitely uh Willis and then Pickett and, and the rest of those guys to come so it'll be interesting uh but I'm not, I, I personally if you're going at number 32, I think Pickett still, that's a, that's a high pick for me uh, in the first round uh, for, for a quarterback. I, I don't I don't have him as high as a lot of these other guys. What's that parlay play, Peyton? That parlay plays on DraftKings Sportsbook. set 125 for Willis to go first and Kenny Pickett to go second. I really like those odds quite a bit. Guys, it's 8 o'clock, which means the NFL draft is officially kicking off. So, Mike... Jazz, you two are going to sign off. Mike, give me something that you're really excited about that's going on at Belly Up Sports for people to check out. Uh, no, honestly, to tell you the truth, and, and I'm not sucking up to the host, but but Dan, I don't think you get enough recognition, you and Chris, and, and uh, you know the, the, the things you guys do. Uh, this is not something that you put together overnight. Uh, this is going to be all night long. You've got uh, a threat, a plethora of guests, uh, even going into to tomorrow night. Uh, I appreciate what you're doing, uh, you and Chris. Uh, just in general, I mean, it, this is this is something that a lot of companies don't have uh, for us to have this and you to really hone in on this and the other things that you're doing with Belly Up TV. Uh, I appreciate it. So so that's what I'm excited about. Uh, I don't need to plug anything else. You'll be plugging our sponsors and stuff like that. So so really, it's just a owed it to you guys. We'll, we'll, we'll send the check later, Mike. Thank, thanks for that. We'll send the check <laughs> yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're making me blush. I will say this because uh, we can officially say this now. Belly Up Fantasy Sports, myself, Chris, and a few others included from shows that you've seen under the Belly Up Fantasy Sports umbrella. We will be at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, August 12th through the 14th. We'll be there all three days, so come check us out then for sure. Chaz, when's your show going to kick off, man? When can people look for it? We're going to give up the winner. It's going to be SCA is going to win the Kentucky Derby, write it down, and then we're um, going to get uh, back to work, and I hope in the 21st it'll uh, that weekend of the 21st will be the first full wake and bake of the new season where marijuana meets sports betting but these guys have known each other a long time <laughs> absolutely all right guys here's what we're going to do take a quick break come back on the other side we'll have our first three guests for the first five picks so everybody stay tuned to the nfl draft coverage with the md's fantasy football show we'll be back right after this Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is is the only tool you'll need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. 
To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with an LED light so you'll know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provided proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After clearing your nose, make sure you get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using the Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Welcome back in, everybody. You're watching the Belly Up Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show NFL Draft coverage going all night long, and we have officially kicked off the draft. I have these fine gentlemen here joining us for the first five picks to kick this thing off. We got Peter Van Sventer, our betting expert. He was on our show, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, on Fridays during the season. He'll be back again this upcoming week. We also have Parker Ainsworth. Parker does a lot of things, okay? He's part of a lot of shows, but the FN Sports Show is one of the best around. And we have Adam LaRue, fantasy sports guy, BFL football, does a lot of things for us too. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on. How are you all doing tonight? Doing all right, doing all right. It's a fun <laughs> night, Dan. 
Yeah, no, no complaints on my end. You know, no better place to be other than in Las Vegas watching all the gambling and all these players being picked. So can't complain. Yeah, I'm excited for some uh, for some fresh NFL content. We love it getting some NFL dose of NFL here in the spring. <laughs> the NFL in the spring is well. First of all, I don't know if you guys are in the Northeast. It's not springtime here, but I will take the <laughs> NFL in any capacity that it might be in. I'm your host, Dan Maynard. I'm joined here with Chris Dauhauer, who will also be with me for the entire night. So, guys, Jacksonville will be on the clock momentarily. Heading into this draft, one of the big narratives is that we have several teams that have two first-round picks, and as a result of that, there could be a lot of movement depending upon where guys want to move up to get their guy, maybe even want to move back even more. But I have a list here of teams that I have marked down that I think are the most likely to either move up or move down, and I want you guys to tell me whether or not I'm wrong. So first and foremost, I have the Falcons. I think they are definitely going to move down Parker, what do you think about that? Do you think they move down, and what do they try to move down for? I think they try and move down with like someone like the Chiefs has a couple couple of picks kind of around the same area, and they can get a lot more value there, I think, because they need so many things, right? And the Chiefs need so many less things, but they need someone to come and play right away. Um, and so I could see them trading back. The Chiefs have a couple picks in the first round. Um, that would be my first guess, but um, you know that's just off the top of my head. Well, in that scenario, if you have the Chiefs moving up to the eighth pick, is that because that's a wide receiver they really, really love, or what? Well, yeah, I feel like there's like three consensus top whatever order you want to make them kind of guys. Um, I feel like if Kansas City sees one or two go, then they'd be like, "Oh man, are we gonna do we? Can we make this move to get one of them?" And the question is, they move up to eighth to get one of them because one or two is off the board. Are they comfortable waiting to more like trading up to twelfth or fifteenth? But I, I feel like Kansas City would move those those picks in the package for a lot of different guys uh for any of the three and then whatever they feel like that guy's going to be gone uh they they need to win right away i mean that's the way that is i tend to agree now quarterback 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 even when our quarterbacks suck that's all we have to talk about when we head into the first round so adam i'm going to dish this to you the two teams that i have possibly moving up would be the saints and the steelers now I think the Saints would be crazy because they have Jameis Winston, but that has been the narrative. Do the Saints or the Steelers move up for a quarterback? Um, I, I think what it has to be following uh, Carolina it, or to jump Carolina. It's one or the other. Uh, I don't know that Pittsburgh has the capital to go past or to really have the luxury to go past Carolina. And I don't see the need for New Orleans to do so because to me – uh, I think that they're a, a better situation for any of these quarterbacks. Even Desmond Ritter, who I'm not per, uh, necessarily high on, I think he fits New Orleans very well. Uh, so for me, I don't see why New Orleans would trade up, even if they do end up getting one regardless. I don't think that they necessarily need to go up to get one. And Pittsburgh, uh, I mean, I could see them jumping up to get a Willis at five, but really that's about it. And I, I just don't see it for either of them. Chris, I'm going to kick this one over to you real quick. I had the Patriots dropping down, but I also, more interestingly, had the Panthers dropping down. I feel like the Panthers at six, they're in a no-win situation right now. People were like, well, they got to take a quarterback, but they need so many other things. If they take a quarterback at six, at six they're going to be completely reaching. If they're able to trade down, maybe that would be a better situation. What do you think the Panthers do? 
I think the Panthers want to trade down if one of those top offensive linemen are off the board. I think if they're sitting there and they don't have a, an option for Akua or Neal or even possibly Cross, if those three guys are off the board, I think that's when you're going to see Carolina scrambling to try to get back as you know quickly as possible in a sense because that's their most obvious need. And that's the thing that they've kind of been you know leaking out that looking at hardcore with those top tackles. If they don't get one of those guys, I don't think the quarterback necessarily something they want to take that high either. So I think they would kind of look to move it back. Um, and I don't, I don't know who's actually going to have the draft capital. Kind of Adams' point. When you look at different teams, even the Chiefs don't really have the draft capital to jump up always in nine. Um, you know, rarely do two, you know, late thirty picks or you know, like twenty nine and thirty get you in the top ten. Um, and I also think you look at the Saints and the Chiefs as teams that have salary cap issues. I don't see these teams kind of, you know, wasting their picks in a sense, especially the Saints where they, they gave away some of their picks next year to kind of have this pick this year to, to kind of just move up and throw their money at some a quarterback when they just paid James Winston as well. So I think the, a lot of these situations, you know, people are kind of looking for moves to happen, but I think both those teams really have, you know, the salary cap issues that they have want to keep the money that they have and kind of get two players for the you know price of one in a sense. So I, I would be kind of surprised if they would make those moves. The team I have is going to say Seattle could jump up. Is a team that you know kind of lurking has has a draft capital with the Russell Russell Wilson trade and could need a quarterback. Seattle's a team that could be on the move up or down. There has been a lot of talk about either direction, depending upon what they exactly want to do. Part of this coverage is that we want to win people money, and that's where I want to go to Pete with Pete coming into this draft. So, what were some of your favorite bets? So, first off, Dan, the number seventy-four. It's been seventy-four days since you've been able to gamble on the NFL again. So, I am very excited. <laughs> First off, the first overall pick, those odds, those those have changed drastically. And I don't know what to think of this. I saw a tweet that Adam Schefter said today that said, like, they think this is the craziest draft of all time, very unpredictable. I think that if I had to go number one, obviously the odds say that it should be Walker, but I would take Hutchinson plus 400 just with the value. I don't think that you can really guarantee the Jags are going to take Walker. They've honestly made some crazy picks in the past, whether it be big Blake Bortles, Trevor Etienne, Tyson Alualu. I think the Jags are a wild card. I think that Hutchinson makes the most sense. I heard that the owner really wants Hutchinson, but the GM really wants Walker. We'll see if the owner kind of just puts his foot down and says, no, we're taking Hutchinson. And I think that, I don't know how you don't take Hutchinson. It's Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa 2.0. It's a lock of a pick in my mind. I think you just got to do it. And plus 400 is great value with that. Well, speaking of, in case you guys didn't see the graphic, the Jacksonville Jaguars are officially on the clock after Roger Goodell brought up Ice Cube to the stage and had Derek Carr up on the stage, and finally we're able to kick off this draft. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Pete, I'm with you. Nothing makes more sense to me than the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson. I think, I, I really think because they just extended Cam Robinson, they're not going to take an offensive lineman. I really don't yeah. see that happening. Trayvon Walker makes absolutely no sense, which is why that could be the pick <laughs> because it's Jacksonville and it makes absolutely no sense. But Aiden, if you want Josh Allen, who you just picked up his fifth-year option earlier today to work the way you want him to, he's already that purebred pass rusher. What you need on the other side is to be able to anchor down your defensive line and make it more all-around, which is what Hutchison brings to the table. You put in a Trayvon Walker on the other side of Josh Allen in a division where you have to go against Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor twice a year, it absolutely makes no sense because teams are going to run all over you all day, every day. What do you think, Parker? 
Yeah, I don't think this has to be that complicated. I mean, we, we gave out awards for things like best players in college football and Heisman, so that he came in second. The guy that came in first is ne- isn't eligible for the draft this year, right? Uh, he was all the defensive player of the year type of things. He's been top of the – until, like, very recently, he was consensus number one across the board. And, frankly, like, before that, it was Tibbs. I, I don't know why this is why this is more complicated than it is. He had a great year. He's going to be a long-term – I mean, barring injury, knock on wood. You know, he's a long-term pro – He's built to anchor a defensive line. Like, you can build the rest of your front seven around him. I don't think it has to be more complicated than that. Chris, put your GM cap on me for a second. Throw the fact out that it's Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson, and we hate their player personnel choices. Throw that out for a minute. You're the GM of Jacksonville. What do you do? I'm taking Evan Neal. It's not even a, not even a question for me. I, I I think Robinson's already shown you he's not the answer, and even they paid him all that money. You have the other side. You have Taylor on the other side who can definitely be moved. I think Robinson's better served to play right tackle as it is. And Evan Neal, to me, is clearly the best sport, you know, player in this draft. I think you, you have a 350-pound guy who can anchor your, your team for the next 12 to 15 years, be a pro bowler, three, you know, a guy that's already shown it in the SEC, able to stop you know top-tier pass rushers. What else could you want? Uh, to me, this is a guy that's, you know, Jonathan Ogden, um, just different tackles you can go through all the time, you know, throughout history of the sea. These guys are just dominant. Uh, Tariq Glenn, you know, from Adams kind of Colts team, those kinds of players don't come around very often, and when I think we have a chance to get one of them, you definitely do. It served really well for Doug Pearson in the Philadelphia to have those good tackles. I see no reason to you know, kind of gamble on average tackles at best with Cam Robinson and Taylor. So for me, it's no-brainer. It's Evan Neal. Dynasty owners right now, they're trying to figure out what do you do with Trevor Lawrence? What's with Travis Etienne? What's their fantasy value moving forward, and how does it get better? Because it didn't look great last year. So, Adam... What do you want Jacksonville to do? Do you want these guys to get better? Or do you think people should just be trading away Trevor Lawrence? They'll be trading away Travis Etienne and getting out while they still might be able to get some value for him. Or do you think they can turn this around depending upon this pick? I think depending on how the trajectory of uh, Jacksonville goes, um, I absolutely think that Trevor Lawrence can turn this one around. I think he was, um, you know, a little bit, a tad bit, a wee bit overhyped coming in. That being said, he was still the QB1. I think he is a very talented quarterback. I think he does have all of the capabilities to be a franchise quarterback in this league. Um, now, Travis Etienne is a completely different question. He was drafted because they couldn't get Kadarius Tony. <laughs> That's what we're working with here. Um, Travis Etienne, I think, is going to be in a difficult situation um, you know, he's coming off of a severe injury. James Robinson is coming off of a severe injury. Despite James Robinson's injury occurring way later, somehow it seems reports coming out of the building seem to suggest that they're going to come back in a similar time frame. And if that is the case, I would put all of the money on James Robinson being the one that gets the majority of the touches. I, everything has shown me he is the better back. He was the first year. They should have never drafted a running back in the first. He was last year a very good back in an awful situation. He was a very good back. If the situation improves, he'll be even better. If it doesn't, we know he'll still be good. In PPR leagues, ETN might still hold value, but ETN is going pretty decently high in, in startup, re, uh, startup dynasty drafts right now. I would sell. Absolutely. <laughs> It's a hot take out of Adam. He just spat in the faces of all the fantasy industry because everybody else wants Travis Etienne to come. But you know what? Depending upon his health, that is, I tend to agree. I tend to agree that James Robinson is the more complete back. And 
The big reason they wanted Travis Etienne was because of Urban Meyer, who's gone now. Will Doug Peterson want the same thing? A lot of that's up for a question mark. Uh, guys, I'm getting worried now, though, that the pick is in. And I'll tell you what it is when they actually announce it because they're taking their time with it for some reason. But the pick is in at the moment. Uh, going back to Pete. So, Pete, when we do this live betting, they usually go like a few picks ahead of time. So now this pick is going to be in. They're now going to give you number five draft pick. Right now, Charles Cross leading the way at plus 125. Evan Neal at plus 200. Ahmad Gardner at plus 800. Any of those players you like there real quick? I mean, just as Chris talked about earlier, I think that you had to take Neal. Honestly, I completely agree with what Chris is saying with Neil would be the right pick first overall. I think given what the Jaguars did, though, giving Cam Robinson that extension, and I believe they got the player from Washington this summer, Brandon Schreff. So that's why I don't think Neil might fit there. I think Neil makes a lot of sense at five. I think the Giants are a crapshoot. I think that they probably go offensive linemen, and I wouldn't be shocked if they just get a receiver at seven, too. Get a nice one-two punch because that – I honestly don't think Brian Gable trusts that offense for a second. I think he wants his own system guys in there. I don't think he really has anything to do. I don't. He doesn't owe anything to Kenny Galladay, the Sterling Shepherds, the Tonys of the world. I think he might just take Garrett Wilson at seven, and I think he gets Evan Neal at five, and they have a slam dunk of a draft. You guys ready to make fun of Jacksonville? Trayvon Walker <laughs> is the pick. They did it. Jacksonville stayed true to being Jacksonville and made the dumbest pick that they possibly could to pair up with Josh Allen. And to that, I say this. <laughs> Parker, fire away. I, I, there's a reason they've got one winning season in the last 15 years or whatever it is, right? It's not quite 15. but And it's the one year that they just like – randomly lucked into having the tremendous defense and then traded guys like Jalen Ramsey away. Like, like that's, that's why they are who they are. Um, I will say on the whole, Walker is going to be a good football player in the, and it would be a, in the right place in the right time. And frankly, just a few more picks later would have been a great pick. He's just not the number one pick in this draft. Yeah. I want to be clear about something here. It's not lost on me. The athletic upside that Trayvon Walker in fact does have in the fact that he can make an impact on a defense in a couple of different ways but it's the fact that he's probably the most boom or bust prospect in this top tier of the draft when you're comparing him to a Hutchinson, to a Johnson, to really any of the defensive ends up here, even Thibodeau to that matter. I have Thibodeau ahead of him because his technique needs a lot of work. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't really remember the last time Jacksonville did a good job developing players, and that goes back to even Doug Peterson on the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Chris, your reaction, you thought Jacksonville might shock us. They did not, so what do you think? Well, first of all, it seems like Trent Bulky still has, you know, his fingertips in controlling this this team, unfortunately. They tried to get rid of him, but he, you know, as they pointed, you guys pointed out, there's a reason Jacksonville continues to stink year in, year out. This is a great reason. Kaylon Trayson, I'm sorry, Kaylon Trayson, Chason, last year was her 20th pick in the first round that took. I don't see how you're going to kind of fill Walker's role where you talk about Josh and, you know, Allen being a similar player. They have two similar players now that kind of are going to be sharing time. They're just wasting your draft capital. I don't know what Jacksonville's doing. You know, wasted the Travis, Travis Etienne draft capital last year to chaos on the year before. This team just seems to be not get it. Trent Bulky needs to get a new job. And Doug Peterson, you have learned nothing. Detroit wasted absolutely no time at all and took Aiden Hutchinson, the smart pick that they could have possibly done right there. 
So, Pete, we'll get it gets you. What do you think, Detroit? Aiden Hutchinson. What's your reaction? I mean, that's <clears throat> the city of Detroit deserves this. I mean, this is the best thing that could happen to Detroit. Like. That is so cool that he was at Michigan, grew up there, and he's going to be in Detroit. I think that he fits Dan Campbell's, like, just raw, raw personality going for kneecaps. He's, they can build around that. They have a lot of draft picks. I believe they also have more draft pick capital because of the Matt Stafford trade. Like, they have the 32nd pick. I think this was a no-brainer. They just got the best player in the draft. And you know what they did that I really loved? They didn't tank last year. They didn't tank to get this pick. They continued to go hard throughout the season. And they ended up with arguably, in my mind, the best player in the draft. And no disrespect to Walker. He's probably a great player, great kid. I just don't think it's the right pick for them. So it's interesting. We got Detroit. They they did they went Penny Sewell last year. Now they're going to the defensive line. They are trying to build this team inside out, which is what you need to do when you have to build up an entirely new foundation. So Adam, what do you think about Aiden Hutchinson going to the Detroit? What does that mean for them going forward? And what do you think they do now with their 32nd pick later on this first round? Well, I think they continue to do what they've been doing, which is to build through the trenches, you know. Uh, I, I think this is a actually a smart Lions organization, which feels so weird to say, but they are doing the right thing and that they are building their foundational pieces through the draft and they are filling the needs that they have to just fill out the roster in free agency. They did what they had to do to get an adequate receiver core in free agency. They don't need to get a receiver. Now, if they get incredible value at 32 for one, would that, may they pounce on it? Sure. But I, I think that they could continue to, you know, play best pick available. And if if that's someone in the trenches, either on the defensive or offensive line, I think that they'll absolutely go in that direction. Now they have a, a great power rusher. Now they have great tackles. They have a great center. Um, if they continue to build at a guard, or on the interior of the defensive line, I, I think that that's somewhere that they would go. If not linebacker, just step, take another step back a level. But I, I do think they're going to continue to build inside out, kind of to your uh, point. Parker, the Houston Texans are on the clock. This is like the deuces of wild cards that you could possibly have coming into this draft to begin with. What do you think? If you, you know, I don't even want to know what you think. If you're Houston, what do you do? <laughs> How many guys can you draft with one draft pick? I, I think that the real trick, I, it's where the chaos starts, right? Like, it's where all the unknowns happen. They can go a number of different directions. I've thought they're going to lean defense this whole time because there's value in offense later. And I really think that as far as Houston goes, they just need guys that can play pro snaps. They're a glorified minor league team in a lot of ways um, lately. I, I do think that they want to try this Davis Mills things out, so I think that they'll eventually go lineman. But for this pick, I imagine they go defense. Corner. I'm a sauce guy. I know some people are Stingley's guys as far as Houston sports Twitter goes. I, I think I'm with sauce here at the three pick, though. Uh, Pete, uh, let's go to you real quick. So now this pick is off the board. So now they're taking bets for the six pick. Right now, Charles Crossley in the way at plus 200. Ikawanu at plus 300. Evan Neal at plus 300. It looks like we're going offensive tackle with the six pick. Any of those values or anything else in there that you might like instead? Um, I guess value-wise, I kind of... That's Carolina, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I like Cross there, I guess, because as I said, I like Neil going fifth. So I don't think Neil falls to them. I guess Cross makes sense. But as you said earlier, I think they kind of... I think they trade down. I think Carolina realizes that there there are a lot of wide receivers on the board. And they are a team with a bunch of problems. But wide receiver is not one of their many problems. There are a bunch of teams with draft capital that can trade up. I think the Panthers should trade down. 
if you want to take a shot, maybe take a receiver value wise in the sixth pick. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't feel I don't feel don't feel very comfortable with this sixth overall pick with the Panthers. Well, no, and that's why I posed the question to Chris earlier because like they're another one. They're kind of like Houston. There's a lot of different directions that they could wind up heading in, and they need a lot of different things. And they're also in a situation where I don't think their head coach and Matt Roll is going to be around after 2022. So how are you building out your team moving forward from there? But let's get back to Houston, Chris. Lovey Smith's the head coach. What do you, how do you think that affects what they want to do? I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you build in, in Lovey Smith. I know he wants you know cover two defenses, what he's known for. I talked about a pass rusher earlier. Um, I think this team clearly has a huge hole in the offensive line all along it, so I can't see them passing on offensive linemen. But I think that when you look at this team, a Louis Smith team, you usually have a team that's going to have you know, an edge rusher probably, a decent safety. Um, the corner, I think, would make some sense. I love Gardner too, but I don't think he's going to go – I don't think he fits his system per se, where I think they might not necessarily think they need to take a corner that high. Um, you know, Chicago never did really back in the day when Lovey was there, nor Tampa Bay. So I think that they kind of think they could find value in the guys that could fit his role, you know, his, his scheme, so to speak. So I would really be surprised that they don't go off the line in this situation. Um, but I think the top of a vanilla pick, if you know, Lovey Smith and his his image, so to speak, Dan Campbell talked about, you know, pick Hutchinson. I think that's a great image for he kind of fits that team. I think you're looking for a vanilla guy, you're looking for like some kind of born off the lineman, probably, or somebody who's just kind of, uh, you know, Davis Mills is going to be your quarterback next year. So that's all I have to say. I mean, I don't think it really matters what they do right now. <laughs> well, as I was, was going to say, this is probably the first team that actually has a legitimate case to do they want to take a quarterback or not. And I think Davis Mills is just as good as these guys are. And that's how sad this quarterback class. Well, I was going to say, as an ex-Bears fan, we went through Rex Grossman for many, many years. Levy Smith is never in a hurry to get rid of a, a good quarterback. So <laughs> don't worry about it. All right. Yeah, well, I think we have our first surprise of the drafter. Derek Stingley Jr. is off the board. They decided to go with corner. One of the best pure coverage corners of this draft class. So Lovey Smith getting back to his roots, wants to attack that cover too. Uh, look, I like Derek Stingley a lot, but here's my immediate reaction to this pick. I don't know what difference a pure cover corner makes when there's nobody else to do anything to put any time clock on the opposing quarterback whatsoever. Oh, and by the way, you can just go to the other side of Houston because it's wide open. Oh, and you can still run the ball in Houston. So this is why I talk about this all the time. These top picks, if there's not a quarterback that you want to change your team, you got to build from the trenches inside out. I love Derek Stingley, but I don't think he helps this team. Uh, am I wrong? Anybody, go ahead. No, and I think that someone else can comment. I think Gardner, if you're into a corner, Gardner's definitely the clear best corner in his draft. I love Stingley as well, but there's no way you take him three. Yeah, yeah. you can go harder. I was just say I think the deal that you're thinking with Houston, they got what is it, fifteen, thirteen? Uh, I think that they're hoping that there'll be a decent tackle there. Uh, whether or not that's the case, I guess you know that would make them Houston if that was not the case. Um, I, I just I feel like at the end of the day, that's the goal there. Whereas now, if you can get a top tier corner, and, and I thought they would take a defense player, I was just wrong on which of the corners it was. I I understand the idea of like getting a young corner right now. Because, like, it'll be less likely that you get that corner later where you might get a good offense lineman later because of how many there are. Well, I'll say this, and I, I, it made sense to me. 
13, a lot of mocks at 13 had them taking Kyle Hamilton. And you know what? I don't think this pick deters them from doing that. It would not shock me because it's Lovey Smith that we're talking about. He would take two defensive backs in the first round. It'd be really interesting to see where Kyle Hamilton wilds up because that, that is one of my guys that I think as a safety, he could actually change the defense. And if you're going to take Kyle Hamilton, I would have rathered him over Stingley in this instance because he affects more levels of the field. But look, Derek Stingley, I'm not I'm not trying to crap on this kid. He is, like I said, I think he's the best pure coverage corner in this draft class. He will offer your, the ability to take away half the field here for them. I just don't know how much it matters for a team like Houston. What do you think, Adam? Sorry. Uh, uh, go for it, Chris. <laughs> no, I, say, I think, I mean, you can comment this. You, you, your Colts play cover two defense. I think Stingley is not a cover two corner, so I just think this is a bad fit for him as well. He's not a tackler. So I don't know how this is going to kind of hold up for him and how he kind of to show his shine of being that shutdown man corner that he is because he, he travels. If he's not going to travel, I don't understand why he's taking this high. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> first and foremost, I agree with that point. Um, th- this just doesn't really seem like a good – it doesn't seem like a great fit. Um, yeah. I mean, Stingley is a great player. Uh, he's going to be tough to go up against looking at him from the other side. But – uh, with the rest of this defense around him, I just don't know that. It, and again, to Dan, your point, I don't know how much it matters, and we'll see what happens at thirteen. I just don't. This isn't something that can change a, a defense entirely, at least from my point of view. Yeah, I was gonna say quickly, Dan. Just first off, I think Sauce goes now. But quickly for the thirteenth pick, you were talking about going into trenches and third overall, how they need to build around the trenches. Do you maybe think that they would hypothetically think? If Sauce goes right now at four, Thibodeau, he might fall like to the late like nine, eight range. Do you think there's a possibility maybe Houston says, hey, we can just get the cornerback now at three. We got a lot of capital from the Deshaun Watson trade. Let's just try to move into that eighth spot or something. Let's see if we can just get both of them. Both those guys should have been top five picks by a lot of mocks. I think it might work out for Houston. I mean, I know looking at it right now, it might not make sense. But what if there's a possibility? We talk about teams trading down. Thibodeau probably, do you think he's going to get picked by the Giants? Because I think they're going to go offensive line. I don't know what the Panthers will do at six. I don't think anyone does. I think who's at seven, the Giants again. Maybe they go there, but I think they go receiver. I think Thibodeau might fall, and you can just jump right in there. I, I don't know. Well, well, they answer your initial question, and we'll, we'll talk about the seventh pick because that's what the bets are now up to. Uh, you're forgetting one thing. Nick Casserly is the GM of this team. And he's a Patriots guy. They're not trading up. I'm going to tell you that right now. They are not going to, especially since they're rebuilding anyway to begin with. If anything, they'll trade back. They ain't trading up. So I don't think that's their thought process at all. But let's talk about that that right now because now the pick sevens, the pick seven bets are up. Now that for now, until there's a trade made, is the Giants. Leading the way are the two defense events, Thibodeau and Johnson. Thibodeau plus 200, Johnson plus 300. But also tied with that is Evan Neal at plus 300. Ahmad Gardner, more of a long shot there at plus 600. So if you guys were want to place those bets, you're kind of looking at it this standpoint. Do the Giants take an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman at seven? A lot of that could be dictated by what they do with the pick five. Though. Yeah. 100%. Pete, do you have a value pick for that? Yeah, I was going to say, I think so. I think Sauce goes four. I think five we have, we talked about Neil. Six we talked about Koss. So seventh overall, if Thibodeau's there, I guess you kind of have to take him. Like, he's that good of a value. But as I said, if I'm the Giants, I might want to trade down if someone would give me that ammo. But if he's there at seven, I think you got to take him. And as you said, build through the trenches. If you get arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft 
and arguably the second best defense lineman in the draft. That's what people were talking about the whole time. I mean, Giants fans got to be happy with that. That's a slam. I mean, that's easy money. For them. There, there's something to be said though about like in September, Thibodeau was the obvious number one overall pick in this draft. Obviously, things change, but like there's something about just best player available at seven too, right? Like that's that's potentially a lot of talent like in the to get in the later part of the top ten for all the other stuff that's going on since September. Well, Pete hit the nail on the head. Gardner's off the board with the Jets, so they go corner. Robert Sala needs to get his defense moving in a typical direction. I honestly thought he would go defensive end. They do have another pick, though, so maybe they'll go defensive end with their next selection at 10 if they want to stay on the defensive side instead of going offense. That would actually make more sense to me. But they get Gardner. They get the top pick. I'm going to kick this to Chris because Chris actually compared Gardner to an ex-Jets cornerback earlier in our draft analysis. Yeah, you're right a lot of Darrell Rebus. I think you look at what he's kind of the tape he has. You know, Dan and I kind of talked off air about kind of what he is as a corner. And it's a little hard when you watch me. Like, you, is this guy really a shutdown guy? He's not as smooth as Stingley, per se. doesn't have quite the same hips. But when you think about how he shadows guys, how he's able to mirror different coverages, and how he uses his body, you know, just tremendously, it's Rebus. And I think you see so much of Rebus Island possibility being recorded in the Jets right now. Um, there's a lot of talk about this, you know, this pick coming. Um, the Gardner was got a really had you know, a huge you know, crush on in a sense, and I think when you look at the guys, to me, he's definitely clearly the best corner on this board. I think this guy's a true shutdown corner, and I think he's one of those guys willing to get physical as well, so he can play in any kind of you know coverage you're looking to play. Uh, I think this is an actual good pick by the Jets. Um, hopefully, they don't screw up like they did last year's draft, but so far, so good. What do you think, Adam? Because you're formerly from Cincinnati. Yeah, no, I, I like Gardner a lot, and I, I think he fits where the league is going really, really well. And I say that uh, this is a guy who, granted, at Cincinnati against smaller receivers, but this is why, why I say where the league is going. Um, he had a lot of success in press, kind of to your point, Chris, about the physicality. And at 6'3", 190, a little thinner, one would think, okay, maybe less so at the NFL level. But the receivers coming in being these number one guys now are a lot on the smaller side. So I don't think that's going to be necessarily the same concern that it would have been, say, five, ten years ago. That, you know, you're 6'3", 190, a little lanky. Uh, can you be a press man corner? He absolutely can. Uh, and it's something he's shown a lot of uh, ability to do so, even against talent at the bigger schools like the Alabama game. Uh, so I, I definitely think Gardner's a good pick here. Uh, and Chris, uh, you know, we've loved the Jets' picks um, over the last two years, it's just been the deployment that has been our our <laughs> gripes. That's we're not coaching tree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, no, I'm not going to defend them at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will say this for them: the corner for the Jets makes a lot more sense than it did for Houston because they do have some talent along that defensive line. You have Quinton Williams. You have some ba- basic fundamental blocks that you've been building over the last couple of years. I like Vera Tucker, who they took last year. I like Makai Becton. So they have some trench players already where I think you can take a corner. If you think he's just going to shut down the other team's number one guy, you need that, especially being in that division there with Buffalo. So I actually do like this pick quite a bit. Probably not the way I would have gone, but not a bad pick at the end of the day. All right, so now we got to pick. Tyreek Hill's also there you got to uh, pay attention to as well. So Tyreek Hill as well. Waddle. Well, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Which one are you going to going to take out? Hey, don't forget yeah. about Pendrick Bourne here. Come on. Now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. No, they don't believe in talent anyway, at least not on the perimeter. Uh, Pete, we well, got – they got us up to pick 10. So that's what they got – that's what they're going with now. Pick 10. 
Oh, that again, that's the Jets' second pick. So this goes hand in hand here. Now they pretty much have the Jet. They push all the wide receivers up to the top of the board as far as the favorites going. Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Drake London, all at plus two fifty. I might add, before the draft started, I had Drake London as number one receiver taken off the board at plus two fifty. So I'm probably going to double down on that idea here in this situation myself. But what do you think? I like London. My question for you is, is this a little bit of the range where you're kind of sweating a little bit as a Niners guy thinking, hey, maybe the Jets are thinking about Debo Samuel a little bit? I hope to God they are. I I wouldn't be sweating. I hope they ship him off. Please give me the number 10 pick. I don't want to pay Debo. This might be where you get it then. I mean, I think, I don't think the Jets should trade it, but like they clearly were interested in Tyreek Hill. They've definitely been interested in Debo Samuel. They have the young QB. Do they want to go with the rookie contract, which I think makes more and more sense. It's almost like People talk about the rookie QB contract. I think more and more we're going to start seeing the rookie receiver contract. You look at Jamar Chase, you look at Justin Jefferson, you look at just over the past three years, what? So Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel, it's all their, about to be their fourth year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. They're all trying to get big deals. I, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I think people are going to be, that's why I took the over on receivers, too. I think people are trying to get that capital on receivers and take advantage of it while they can but yeah, I, like so, I think it's always come the second quarterback. No, I, look, look, as far as the Debo thing, it's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would happen beforehand because now logistically it's pretty much impossible because when you trade Debo, you also have to have a contract extension pretty much in place for the other team before they would make that move because otherwise a team's not going to make that move. That's not going to happen tonight. So very slim to no chance that's going to wind up happening. But I think you're better served, kind of what you pointed out there, Pete, to take these wide receivers down the first round and get those fifth-year options because they're coming just as expensive as, as the quarterbacks. And Parker, you had your hand up. What do you want to say, man? I was just say there's a really cute video of Sauce Gardner at, like, age 13 or 14. Like, like a freshman in high school, like, saying he's going to be a New York Jet one day. <laughs> it was, it was, it popped up that played out. Why would he dream that, though? Couldn't he have chosen, like, any, like... He was a, a kid... He had like a press pass. It was like in their locker room, oh, okay. and it's like, I, <laughs> I, 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 I well, Pete, that's the same that. question you have to ask Jets fans in general. Why would you choose to be a Jets fan to begin with? <laughs> Your mother or father just completely screwed you over. There's nothing. There's nothing else to debate about it. Chris, the Giants still have not made their selection. They're probably on the phone trying to make some sort of trade. But let's say they stick right here. If you're the Giants, what do you do? I mean, my top five is still on the board, Evan Neal, but I guess there's a lot of, you know, maybe the rumors, the injuries or the injury concerns, I guess, maybe that's something to do with him is just fall or drop. I think that this team clearly needs an offensive line upgrade. I know, you know, Gable doesn't necessarily always prioritize that. Um, kind of Peter kind of talked about earlier in the show about him kind of getting his weapons and his guys that he wants. But I think when we look at this giant team, it's clear that they need guys to protect whoever that quarterback and whoever the receivers are going to be. That line was atrocious. And I think that they need to clearly take one of the better tackles on the, you know, in my opinion, in this draft that's still on the board. Well, they're definitely not going to make a trade. I'm getting where to pick is in. I don't know what it is just yet, but I'm pretty sure Giant fans would rebel and totally tear the city apart if they didn't take at least one offensive lineman with these top two picks. How bad it's been, Adam. If they do, what do you think it would affect Saquon's Barkley's value if they finally had a decent offensive lineman for him to run behind? Yeah, I, I, exactly. That was my, my thinking is that they need to get an offensive lineman because they've already spent the money for Saquon Barkley. Those assets are gone. Uh, and if you Never mind. Any- I'm going to cut you off there because that's not what they did. They went pass rusher. They went Kayvon Thibodeau. 
That's what the Giants decided to do. So, I'm not surprised. Look, they need they need defensive line just as much as they need offensive line. So Adam says I cut you off. What's your reaction to Thibodeau here? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not <laughs> where I was going with what I was saying, but this is a good pick nonetheless. Again, uh, Parker, to your point earlier, this is the guy that, you know, come the beginning of college football season, this was our number one overall pick. They get him at five. They get a, a great pass rusher here. Uh, and this is a team that needs talent, both sides of the ball, uh, build the inside out kind of as you were discussing. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a good fit for them. All right, Parker, give me your reaction as well. They've got to, I think, I think this really tells us a lot more about their seventh pick. And I feel like that means they think of Neil and like Icky or somebody as fairly close enough to get Thibodeau here and then takes one of the others at seven. Um, and they might have thought Carolina was going to take Thibodeau. Uh, I, I still think they go offensive line at seven. They just must feel like they're relatively similar enough or know something about Evan, uh, Evan Neal that we don't know. Pete, is there any bets that you want people to know about before we say goodbye to you guys? Yeah, one bet I think I love as we were talking about receivers and taking receivers early. This isn't going to be an early pick, but I think George Pickens under 36 and a half. I think it was around plus 120-ish. I like that pick. I think he gets taken in the first round, whether it be by like a Green Bay or whether it be by a Kansas City. And another thing I just want to say briefly, fixed overall, I think that the Panthers are just, they're like the Lions last year. The offensive linemen fell to them, and they're, 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 they're so happy right now. If they get Evan Neal right now, they're probably thrilled out of their mind. you got you got to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. You already paid him the contract. Don't take a QB. Just get the offensive linemen. Keep it simple, stupid. Let the people know where to follow you at and what you're working on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Pete Van Sevender. Uh, right now, I'm really diving deep in the NBA playoffs. I'm a big Celtics fan, so we're very excited for the Bucks game one on Sunday. I'm going to the game, so I'm very excited. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a piece out for after that game. I don't think it will be the same vibes as the Nets game one, but I think it will, it will be great. <laughs> Adam, how about you, man? Yeah, go ahead. Follow me at LaRue Adam. Uh, it's on the screen here if you're watching along. Um, I just released my pre-draft uh, dynasty uh, fantasy football rankings. Uh, five deep at quarterback, five deep at running back, 15 deep at receiver, and then another five at tight end. Um, so go check that out. It's on my Twitter or at Belly Up Fantasy. Um, and we'll be extending that to 10 running backs come post-draft because obviously that position is very <laughs> landing spot dependent. But go check that out, and we'll be updating it for the post-draft. And Parker, how about you? Yeah, so I do a lot of work with Billy at Basketball. So as Peter said, the playoffs are providing a lot of content there. So go check out all the fun stuff there. My Twitter is at Painsworth512, is on the screen. And then my podcast is Epin Sports. comes out a few times a week. Uh, so check that out, too. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. We got more action. We're going to take a quick break. We got more guests coming in for the pick six through ten. So everybody stay here with the NFL draft coverage with Belly of Sports and the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Do you have trouble waking up in the morning? Well, not anymore. Because Invader Coffee is here to make you look forward to that morning sunshine. Rated one of the best, smoothest tasting coffees on the market today. Originating out of Texas, this rare coffee product is able to reach new heights in quality from its air roasting process, creating coffee beans with the most robust and smooth flavor you will ever find. So make your mornings more enjoyable by going to invadercoffee.com and use the promo code 
belly up for 15% off your next purchase. Again, that is promo code belly up for 15% off of your Invader Coffee purchase today at invadercoffee.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in, everybody, to the NFL Draft Coverage here with the Belly Sports' MD's Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Dan Mater. We're going strong for the first five picks here. Chris Dahauer, you're here with me. I'm going to get to you in a second. But we got to welcome in our two new guests for these next five picks. We got Nick from the Scoreboard Addicts, and we got Kendrick. Kendrick Lindsay, he runs the football department here at Belly Up Sports. So we got two great guests for the next few picks. Fellas, how you doing? Start with Nick. Uh, doing good. I'm really um, I'm curious as to what the Giants are doing. I'm not sure what they're doing with their uh, with their top pick. I would have gone tackle. Uh, I I don't I don't like them leaving everything up right now to Carolina to go ahead and have their pick of who's who. But hey, you know the Giants are I don't know the Giants are going to Giant. Well, Nick, you're a Giants fan too, are you not? I'm a Jets fan. Jets fan. Okay. Well, see, no, no, that's, I want to ask you this question because we asked the question earlier. How is it you become a Jets fan when you live in America and you have free will to choose what you want to do? <laughs> How did you come to that decision? <laughs> so uh, when I was a kid, uh, my, my family's a baseball family, so we're not really into football collectively. I'm into football. I like football. I played football in high school. But my family is a baseball family, as most Hispanic families probably are baseball and boxing and whatnot um my uh my best friend in junior high he's a jets fan so that was my first real exposure to football was uh at being at my friend's house and uh he was a jets fan so that was the football that i watched i actually learned about football playing madden okay all right well that's 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 one way to do it chris i didn't get a chance to get to you for your reaction for the giants pick so what is it yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Um, you know, kind of to Kendrick's point, I think this is you, you're kind of putting the ball in Carolina's hands. Uh, Thibodeau is a guy that not necessarily the top guy on my board, edge rusher. I like Johnson better, but I think that you know this team definitely has a whole the rush pass rush situation. We lost, you know, Carter this past off season. Needed to get something out there, um, but I definitely went with the lineman there. I think this is you know passing with Evan Neal was stupid, but I don't necessarily think that it was going to be something that they can you know, they still kind of make up for depending on what Carolina does. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was going to say, Kendrick, speaking to that, if you're Carolina, what are you doing here? A lot of people thought this could be the destination that takes the quarterback first, but really they need a bunch of things. So what do you think? Um, yeah. Uh, I If I'm going with them, and uh, I, I like I like uh, Evan Neal as well. I do like him. My I would go Icky 
I think, would be where I would go with this pick. Um, I, my only concern with a guy like Neil is, and, and you can go ahead and Chris, you can let me know, you know what you feel about this. My only concern with a guy like Neil is when you're playing tackle in the NFL and the way that guys, you look like the Bosa's and you look like a guy like Hutchinson, you look like a guy like Miles Garrett, they're getting faster. And I guess my concern is when, when Neil gets his hands on you, I don't think you necessarily get past him, but his feet, I think it's a quickness thing. He's a really big dude, and I think it's more of a quickness thing for me. I don't know. I feel like he would maybe struggle with some of the quicker defensive ends. I don't really see that with a guy like Iggy. And so, so if I'm Carolina, I would go there. No, I definitely understand what you're saying. My thing with Iggy, though, is he's, his biggest knock is can he pass protect? He's definitely a road grinder. I think that he hasn't really shown you he's a great pass protector. While Neil has in the SEC, talk about the different guys, you know, the speed guys, these different rushers that are available. The SEC does a pretty good job of pumping out a lot of those edge rushers that, you know, want to be drafted. And they have Neil been one of the top tiers of the guys against that. I think mm. he's better than Orlando Brown Jr. is. Orlando Brown Jr. had kind of that knock against him as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. the teams definitely still were happy with and tried to definitely trade for that guy. But Neil, to me, is a guy that's even you know, more, um, has better technique than Brown did. And he has more of a about he uses his body better. I think this guy looks to me around Jonathan Ogden, uh, Trick Glenn. So I think that while you talk about the guys getting faster, I think he's kind of already shown you that with his you know, pack protection over the last three or four years in Alabama, he can handle that. I do want to remind everybody real quick in case you're one of the fans of the teams that didn't pick who you wanted. It's okay because you can still get a great giveaway, get a great gift from us on behalf of Pristine Auction. All you got to do is go on Twitter, follow Belly Up Sports at Belly Up Sports, retweet. The, it'll be right there. It's pinned to the top there, so you won't be able to miss it. Register on Pristine Auction. Use the promo code Belly at sign up. We'll be selecting a winner at 8 p.m. on Monday, May 2nd. So something to just, you know, kind of keep in mind. We'll, we'll lift your spirits up in case your team didn't get to do much. Uh, while we're waiting for this pick to officially come in. Actually, I have to take that back. This pick did officially come in. Well, there you go. The guy that everyone thought might go number one is now off the board with the Carolina Panthers. So, Kendrick, this is what you wanted to see. I want to get Nick's reaction, though. Was this something you would have rather seen the Giants or the Jets take? I think uh, I think I would have rather the Giants take. I definitely didn't want the Jets to take a tackle again. Uh, taking three offensive linemen out of your last five picks definitely is not – uh, a way to build a winner, especially when two of them play the same position. Uh, if they would have taken a Quano, then they basically admitted that the entire 2020 draft was a waste of everybody's time and energy. And uh, apparently Joe Douglas didn't know what he was doing that year, which makes me start questioning whether or not he knows what he's doing this year. So I'm glad the Jets didn't take a tackle uh, and they still have some faith in Makai Becton, who was a, a former first round pick himself and George Font, who is a uh, top 10 tackle in the NFL as of last season. Uh, the Giants, on the other hand, I would have liked to see them either take Neil or Aquano. It looks like they'll have the opportunity to, to take Neil. Uh, I did like Neil a little bit better than Aquano simply because he's starting to move into that fashion of being a very, he's kind of lean. I, if you guys have seen him in the gym, I've never seen a tackle that's that lean. He looks like a lot of muscle. He's not a very big man. Uh, and that may be a bit of a, um, a liability in the run game, but this is a passing league. And nobody cares about your running back anymore. Nobody's even thinking about drafting running backs in the first round unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, I wouldn't call them the marquee 
uh, team in the league. So uh, I think, you know, they picked Kayvon Thibodeau. That's, I, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say that he wasn't, you know, at least a top seven pick. Uh, maybe not for them because they have more glaring needs. But this is an offensive-driven league. Thibodeau's going to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, but uh, I guess the big question is how they're going to keep either uh, Daniel Jones or uh, – I'm sorry, the backup escapes me right now. Um, uh, who, how they're going to keep them upright. And uh, I guess they should answer that with the next pick. Yeah, well, we'll see exactly what happens. Do they just stay in the trenches? That they, they did want to trade back quite a bit, but we haven't seen any trades, have we, Kendrick? Is that surprising to you? Uh, I'm not surprised yet. Um, I'm not surprised yet for trading back. I, If there's any team I'm expecting to see trade back, I'm honestly expecting it to be Seattle because it's Seattle's MO. Um, and of course, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're loving, uh, the chaos that's been ensuing in Seattle right now, uh, with everything. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, we're also getting shipped out. I'm sure you love this. I, I know you do. Um, this is painful for me. Uh, so I, I'm expecting them to probably trade back. Uh, that would be my, my bet. If I could put money on it, I would. Um, but I'm not surprised yet. I think Atlanta is going to be the one I have my bet on as far as who I think is going to be trading first. Um, Because I don't think the Giants are going to get somebody to move up here to take somebody off their hands. I do think they're going to make their pick here in a few moments. Uh, Chris, going back to Carolina's pick real quick, does this help Christian McCaffrey? I mean, I know the big issue for McCaffrey is just staying healthy. But at least when you look at this move, you think, okay, if you're out there on the field, you might even have more room to run. I mean, yes, in theory it does. I think that, you know, having a guy that, like Rogue Grinder, like the cool is, a guy who's definitely physical, be able to kind of generate, definitely push in the line. Christian McCaffrey can, you know, utilize anything he can kind of get in front of him. Um, I think that you looked off the line the last couple of years in front of him, it's been, you know, horrendous at best. He's been very effective with that. So I think this, you know, could be even more effective in a sense. But the, his game's kind of built on him, kind of his quickness and his speed. So I don't know if Aku is going to be the game changer. I think one of the biggest things that they showed last year is that they can't pass protect. The team falls apart, regardless of what Chris McCaffrey's out there or not. Um, so I do have some concerns that they're kind of, you know, I'm not surprised it took Akua because I, I said Emil would be the best pick I thought there. But I think Akua is the guy that kind of fits what they, you know, their their MO in a sense. Um, a team that's Matt Rule wants to be the running oriented team, wants to be a, a, a team that's physical. But I don't think that Carolina's really built, building their team the best to kind of be successful. I think you think Matt Rule and you and I both kind of agree with us off the show that Matt Rule's, you know, days are numbered. I think this isn't going to necessarily help them uh, or Christian McCaffrey that much to save either part. You know, save Chris, you can pick up where you left off. Evan Neal off the board. He goes to the Giants. And before you actually say anything, I want to give props. the first time I'm able to hit that button all night because I haven't been a pick that's blown me away yet. And now the Giants get Neil, who was the number one guy off of my board overall. I had him ahead of Hutchinson. I had him ahead of everybody. I'm glad to finally see him go. And this was exactly the pick the Giants needed to make. They addressed both the offensive line and the defensive line. My hat's off to them, but go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I think this is, I mean, the Giants did something smart. It's really hard for me to kind of say that out loud, but they absolutely did. I think they basically, the league handed them an all-pro tackle for it's going to be a starting Pro Bowl for the next 10 to 12 years. It's something that, you know, definitely solidify the team, help Saquon, help Daniel Jones, whoever the quarterback winds up being, but definitely a great building piece and helps Brian Dable kind of establish his offense. He's got to love to throw the ball over the place so they have a guy that can actually pass protect and help with that. So this is a great pick by the Giants. Does this, well, I got you here, does this put Saquon on your radar in a first or second round come redraft time? 
Um, second round, yes. First round, still not quite there yet. I still think that you you kind of saw last year. Uh, Saquon, while the holes will help him, isn't necessarily built for his vision. What you're looking for is explosiveness to return, and that doesn't return. It's not going to matter who's kind of opening holes. I don't feel like for him, I'm going to be a top-tier guy. I think it's going to depend on, can he be explosive as he was two, three years ago versus what we kind of saw last year? I, I tend to I tend to agree as well. It's going to be more about him. Again, it's kind of like McCaffrey. These guys are so good, it's more about them than the offensive line, but the offensive line certainly does help. So Kendrick, today, earlier today, Daniel Jones, they didn't pick up his contract extension. Does the, What does this pick do for a Jones who has struggled with yeah. fumbles being the biggest issue? Do you think this is going to ultimately help him perform, or do we just think Daniel Jones is a bust anyway? So I, I I would have definitely thought, see, my whole thing with the Giants not taking a tackle with their first pick, I, I thought, you know, it, it, this whole year is dedicated, really. The Giants, they don't need to win this year. This is not a year where the Giants need to be a playoff team and they need to be, or be of, you know, even 500. This is a year where they just need Daniel Jones to look good. They just need him to look decent. He's had stretches or he's had, he's had moments where he's looked really good, but then he's had the moments where he just looks bad and the fumbles are there and the interceptions are there and just the really dumb plays. Uh, with this, obviously now you have – they, by all accounts, they have one offensive lineman they liked, and it was Thomas, their left tackle. So I'm assuming now with Neil, they're going to have him play right. So at least now they'll have two bookend tackles that you would assume can at least protect his two sides. It's the middle of the offensive line that still is the question mark. Uh, but I mean, this is all, it's, this is Daniel Jones's last year, I think, with them, especially declining his fifth year option. They're letting him know this is your year to show that you have something. Um, I don't know if they plan on, if they see any receivers maybe in the later, uh, in the second round or third round that they really like and that they want to build around. I know there's some people who think they might end up, the reports are they might trade Kadarius Tony, which I think just kind of maybe goes to show again how big of a disaster Gettleman was uh, with his draft picks and his selections there. Uh, they have one of the most expensive wide receiver rooms in the league, and it was one of the worst last season just in terms of overall production. Don't know how much of that's the receiver's ball as compared to just the play calling and uh, Daniel Jones, but I mean, this is all on Jones now to like get this done and to show that he has something, or else this team is going to be probably drafting in the top ten again, maybe even the top five again, and they're going to go into a draft that is much higher uh, in terms of like the QB rankings. I I 100% agree. Daniel Jones is a bust, and he'll be gone after this year. Nick, I want you to help me look into the future here. We want to win people some money, so right now. It's a it's a either or situation. Pick eleven, which is as of this moment is Washington, unless there's a trade. It's minus two fifty for an offense for them to take an offensive player plus one eighty to take defense. So I want to take the value. But do you think they go offense or defense more likely with that eleventh pick? Honestly, with the way the NFL is now, I think you have to go offense. Uh, you you've got Carson Wentz, who I don't have much faith in, but. You don't want a rookie to come in next year or the, or the following year or even this year and be an understudy and not have something to work with in the future. Uh, bringing a rookie in with nothing on the table for him to work with is not a way to set him up for success, even if he's the greatest college quarterback that ever lived. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence, uh, who is supposed to be you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but we really didn't get to see it last year with him, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson because they had nothing to go with. And and anybody that knows anything about football is without a a, a solid quarterback, everything else is kind of moot. Uh, you could have the greatest team in the world. If you have a trash bag for a quarterback, 
you're not going to win games, not in this league, the way it's built anymore. So I think that building a solid foundation for your quarterback before he gets there is probably the best route for you to go. Now, you may not be able to keep some of those playmaker types happy until that quarterback gets there. But when he gets there, he's going to have some stuff to work with. So the fact that they have McLaurin in there, that's a good thing. They should probably try to hold on to him. Although there's a lot of rumors. There, there is. I think it'd be really interesting. I think that's a team that I've had pegged for a wide receiver, but I also think they could go Hamilton. So I might throw a few shekels on the value because I do think it's a shot they could go Hamilton. But, Chris, what do you think the Atlanta Falcons should do here? Yeah, I think we look at the Atlanta Falcons team. If they can, this is a team that desperately needs to trade down. I think as much draft capital as many players as they possibly get their hands on. I think this is a team that you, you look at the board, there's a lot of value starting to fall down. Uh, so I think if the Atlanta, they should try a trade if they can. If they cannot move out Chris, of this. Chris, I'm going to cut you off. And the first receiver, I won my bet. The first receiver is off the board. Drake London goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Look, Calvin Ridley suspended indefinitely. They don't know how long it's going to be. They need pretty much everything. So you get Drake London. You're going to pair him up there with Kyle Pitts. You're going to have two big targets I do think it's a little bit of an interesting fit, and now we can kind of get some fantasy of it all. But both those guys operate more largely over the middle of the field when they're at their best. But I do think London's a very complete receiver. Chris, give me your reaction here. I love Drake London. I'm not you know, opposed to him going in the top 10. I don't love the pick for Atlanta necessarily. I think they have other holes. I think that they do need a receiver, and I think that's something that you, know, you need to address at some point in this draft. But I think right there they needed to look at some different, you know, whether it was Jeff Cross or they look at some, you know, a game changer at the offensive line or a tackle. I mean, defensive tackle. I think they need somebody to kind of build a team around. And I don't think you know, Drake London's a great player, but they have some other pieces they really need. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of this pick as far as our organization goes. And from a fantasy standpoint, looking at Drake London, you're looking for a dynasty right now. He was going to be somebody, depending upon his landing spot, you might take him as the number one receiver. I probably will not. It probably will be either a Jamison Williams or a Garrett Wilson because now they're looking like they're going to fall into the better locations because Marcus Mariota is still the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, guys, and I don't know when they're going to get their next quarterback. That's going to be the issue as well. So now his dynasty value plummets. I don't think he's going to be the following the same trend of some of the rookie wide receivers that we've seen the last couple of years, like a Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. He's not going to be in that situation. But Nick, I see you laughing, so I want to hear your reaction here. I, I don't like the pick. I, I honestly, I don't love the player. I really don't. Um, looking at, I mean, there was a lot of mocks having the Jets pick up Drake London, and I thought that was a terrible pick for us because of all the players in this draft, um, he had the highest drop rate with his peers. And when I say all the players, I mean the ones in the top top tier wide receiver uh, person that could be drafted. He had the highest drop rate. And drop rate to me is like, okay, so your quarterback's struggling today, and you're just going to add to it. And like you just said, Marcus Mariota is their quarterback, so how much is he going to help them? And now a lot of people said that those were mental drops, lack of focus. If you can't focus when there's people coming to hurt you on the field of play, when can you focus? I, I don't understand that mindset. Of, oh, yeah, he wasn't focusing. That's why I dropped the ball. That's the worst way. You know, a physical problem you can fix. A mental problem, that's a whole different world, and we just saw that in basketball where Ben Simmons had mental problems, and it caused him not to play in the playoffs. Um, You know, They say he he catches 50-50 balls great. So does Denzel Mims, and he's not doing much for the Jets either. Uh, He doesn't get much separation. He's a big man that doesn't get good separation. 
I guess he could beat some of the smaller corners in the league, but a lot of these corners are getting long and lanky. They're getting to be Richard Sherman types, Antonio Cromartie types, six foot one, six foot two, and they're playing on the outside. Gone are the days of Ty Law and Darrell Rivas being five foot ten playing on the outside. You're gonna get Jalen Ramsey's. You're gonna get uh, Derek Stingley's. You're gonna get Ahmad uh, Ahmad uh, Gardner's that are six foot plus that can compete with these guys. I, I honestly am not in love with the pick. I didn't think he was the top receiver in this draft. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Now, for those of you who don't know, that is our debate button. So, Chris, you're going to get a chance to rebuttal now to what Nick just went off on. Go ahead. So, uh, just a couple of things about Drake London. Um, I, I hear about the, the catch rate and you know the contested catches. That seems to be a knock on him. Except for he he led the NF in college in contested catches. And the reason he did that was because he does have very strong hands. He doesn't drop the ball all the time. This guy is very consistent. And one of the things I like about him is he can line up in the outside and in the inside. He can play the slot. He played majority the slot receiver at college. Um, a six foot five guy, you can move all around. And Dan, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit for this, just you know, fantasy wise. When you look at AJ Brown's success was, and you look at kind of the, the way they used him in kind of those slants and those easy crosses and the easy you know, kind of having him in that glorified slot role, all like a Jarvis Landry was in Miami. Um, you look at a guy I think that can be easily featured in this offense in a lot of ways because Kyle Pitts can kind of open that up, and you have a guy that can kind of run that underneath stuff in Arthur Smith's offense. But I do say, um, you know, Drake London to me is a guy that. People kind of, you know, I think get down on him because of the contested catches. They compared him to Mike Williams. I think this guy, when you look at him, to me, he screams Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup wasn't, you know, a guy that necessarily had all the great separation in college. A guy who definitely was able to kind of line up in the inside and outside. A technician at that. And I think Drake Lennon brings all those kinds of things. And he looks at the quarterback play at USC. This guy made things happen with a pretty shitty quarterback situation at USC while he was there. I will challenge you with this. Uh, Mariota pretty sure lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, and that's ultimately my problem with Drake London, at least for 2022. We'll see how the quarterback situation works itself out moving forward. You know I love Drake London. I think he is the best receiver in this class and all-around guy, but when a receiver falls into a situation like this, it's hard for them to live up to the potential at least anytime soon. But I want to kick this over to Kendrick because this team's up on the board. So, Kendrick, what do you want to see Seattle do here, man? Uh, take cross. My 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 next bet. I mean, they have they have a lot of holes, but if, if they're gonna go forward with with Geno and and Drew Locke, then they need to. Their offensive line's awful. It's awful. The team's awful. You might as well go ahead and start rebuilding this offensive line. Dwayne Brown's gone. Uh, I don't believe in their ability to develop anything either. Really, it seems like players seem to kind of max out in their second year. They've never they get these 
they've had a few different rookie offensive linemen beyond the all rookie team, and then they never seem to get better. Uh, but if I was them, I'm taking Cross uh, because you know, depending on who you ask, some people believe he was probably the best pass protector among tackles in this draft. And so you know, kick him up, you know, put him on the left side, have him protect the blind side, give him that year to develop, just go through the season, try and I don't know, establish some type of culture whatever it's going to be, and, uh, you know, look into this next draft uh, to uh, get another quarterback. Hey, real well, quick, can I, I see if some credit for being able to say Drew Luck and Geno Smith and not throwing a little bit in his mouth as he <laughs> I, I just want to tell uh, Kendrick, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry that we took away way too much in that Jamal Adams trade. You know, you don't even understand. This is the most depressing summer of my life. <laughs> this is so bad. We got rid of Russell Wilson. Call up uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams was really depressed playing for the Jets. I want to know how he feels about playing with the Seahawks at this yeah, point. Yeah, he got he got one winning season, and and now we're now he's with the Jets out west. I I, I, I feel like it sh- everybody should have known it was going bad when he lit that cigar in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kendrick, you get your wish. Charles Cross goes to the Seattle Seahawks. So they are going to start rebuilding the way a team should rebuild, which is rebuild in the trenches and work All your right. way out from there. So go ahead. Give me your reaction. Now that you got what you wanted. Yeah. Um, hey, I like it. I like the fact they didn't trade back. I would imagine maybe the reason they didn't trade back. I don't believe there's not a team out there that wanted to. Like, I believe there's a team somewhere that would have traded up with them. But I think it may have just come down to the fact that Cross fell to them. The fact that they went all defense in the first five picks and all of a sudden they have their choice maybe of like of one of the three tackles and it turns out that cross is there. Again, depending on who you ask, some people believe he was the best pass protector. Other people might like Neil. Um, so I think that what they're – my hope for Seattle is just that they've learned how to develop offensive linemen. Damian Lewis, who they drafted two drafts ago, made the all-rookie team. In his second year, he didn't seem to get any better. I remember when they drafted Ethan Posick, and they played them all over the place. Another guy he made the all-rookie team never seemed to get better. So that's a concern, I guess, on how much better could Cross become with this regime here in Seattle. But, uh, hey, if we've noticed anything, though, this summer, it is that Seattle has no idea what they're doing. Uh, Pete Carroll is trying to sell us on Drew Locke leading this team. And uh, so for that, I'm already kind of out on this season. Uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of wine, a lot of wine drinking this season. I, I'm going to say I'm a little curious about this. There was a report that they were talking about trying to bring Dwayne Brown back. If you're able to have Brown and Cross, look, we know that at least with Locke and Gino, you're yeah. probably going to be a run first team. So if you're able to bring those two guys together with that offensive line, Chris, I'll kick this to you. Rashad Penny. Chris Carson, depending upon what his next situation is, they might have a decent, decent offensive line to be able to run behind, which is probably going to be the emphasis of that team, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's what you know, Pete Carroll always kind of wants to have as a physical football team. Um, one of the things I think is kind of funny is, you know, Russell Wilson has been complaining for the last how many years about getting an offensive lineman, and he leaves, gets <laughs> traded, and they get a top-tier tackle right off the bat. Well, they didn't um, have the draft capital to kind of, get the offensive line. Yeah, I know, but it's, kind of, it's kind of ironic that he's been complaining about getting somebody that – you talked about Ethan Postick and, you know, uh, Damian Lewis. Cross is a whole world different you know, talent-wise, what he comes to bring with. Ethan Postick was, a, I think, a third or fourth round pick. A guy mm-hmm. was kind of a hybrid center guard. Um, a guy that, you know, he was serviceable. Damian Lewis is a guy that's serviceable, but these guys aren't necessarily top-tier talents. 
I think Cross is definitely a top tier talent. One of the best tackles he talked about the pass protection that was on the board. An agile guy. He's been very successful in the SEC. Um, so he put all those things together. I think this was a great pick by the you know Seattle. And I I, I can't. I can't imagine. I know Pete Carroll does some crazy stuff, but I, 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 there's no way in the world I can believe that Seattle is going to have Drew Locke or Geno Smith be their quarterback purposefully starting next year. I think they're going to trade for Baker. I'm, I'm still I, on I think the they're trade Baker, Baker or sign somebody. There's just no way I can see those two guys actually being the options. Hey, listen, let me go ahead and throw, let me throw it out. Right, I have, I've been campaigning for two things: either trade for Baker because I think you can get him right now for like maybe a fourth rounder. I don't think he has a too much trade value. I would love to get Baker. Um, Either that or, hey, if we just want to have fun and we want the season to be interesting, you want to sell tickets, bring in Kaepernick. That was my thought. I'm like, hey, what, let's have some fun. I will buy into the season if you go and get Kaepernick. I would love to watch it. It would be exciting. And and I would love to just see it. Nick, I don't know why, but I, I'm getting this clairvoyant vibe off of you. So I want you to look into the future again for me to number 13 with the Houston Texans. Right now, the odds, pretty evenly split. Offensive player, minus 125. Defensive player, minus 105. So even though the Texans took a cornerback, right now the odds are pretty good for a defensive player. Do you take that value, or do you think they're going to go offense since they went defense first? I think they're going to go defense. Lovey Smith's their head coach now. I think they're going to go defense. Defensive head coach, defensive mind. I, I agree, and that's why it's gonna be that's one of my lock live picks of this draft so far. Put your money on minus one hundred five for a defensive player because as this draft continues on, I believe it's gonna be Kyle Hamilton if Washington doesn't take him at eleven. I think it's gonna kind of shape up to be that way. All Good right, job. Nick, the Jets are back on the clock. What do you want to see them do here? Um, you know, a lot of people have asked me that. The only thing caveat that I had for the Jets in this draft was. A, don't draft a tackle in the first round because you're basically giving up on your previous first round pick. And uh, B, whomever they draft, in three years, he better be in the Pro Bowl. Somebody, because they've missed on so many first round picks. It's, it's not funny anymore, but I think they go Jermaine Johnson, the second right now out of Florida State. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I they fell in love with him pretty good, but they could go wide receiver right now as well. Pick is in. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in just a second, Chris. What would you? I want to know what you would want if you're the Jets right now. I think that I would. Uh, I'd actually be in the defensive tackle, and I would go Davis right here. I think they need a game changer in the middle, and I think that would be something to kind of build their team around, especially that defense with Gardner and him. Um, but I think they're gonna go Hamilton personally. I do think that's an interesting. Uh, that would be an interesting combination to have him and Quentin Williams, kind of your run stuffer defensive tackle with your penetrating type of guy. That, that would be curious uh, to me. Uh, yeah, well, I'm waiting for this pick to be announced. I don't know if you guys got it yet or not. But as we're waiting for it to officially be announced, as we get a picture of the Jets draft room, all applause is all around. Yeah, yeah, we've been great for yeah, never. Uh, <laughs> 69. <laughs> 69. Nice. Nine. Uh, <laughs> Man. Chris, actually, the Jets also have pick 69. Just throwing that out there. Oh, there you go. That, that's that's the magic number. Maybe this is your year that you're able to put it all together. Chris, they need to get Zach Wilson going. We were a big fan of him. What do you think they need to do to get Zach Wilson back on track? I think they need to kind of solidify the offensive line and you know continue to do so, whether it's you know another tackle. I hear you with, you know, I love I love Mikel Beckton. I'm not a guy down on him. I'm not a big George Fant fan. I mean, you know, maybe Kedrick can kind of speak about what he did in Seattle. I think that you know, we kind of caught his lightning in a bottle last year. I don't think it's going to continue necessarily for the Jets. So I think that they definitely could upgrade off the line. I think Zach Wilson needs protection, especially How about receiver. 
going to do. How about wide receiver with Garrett Wilson on Ohio State? So, here we go. I'll, I'll get Nick, and then I'll get Chris. I think we're going to have a similar reaction here for two different reasons, but a similar reaction. Nick, go ahead. This is your team, Garrett Wilson. He's your guy. So, Garrett Wilson, I, I had him pegged. If Jameson Williams doesn't get injured, he's the number one uh, wide receiver in this draft. But he does. Uh, Garrett Wilson was my number two. Um, I honestly – I don't hate the pick. I, again, I, I said I only had one caveat for this whole draft was I didn't want to tackle in the first round. Um, I didn't get that, which I'm happy for. We got a wide receiver – the most important thing right now for the New York Jets is to ensure that Zach Wilson is their guy and getting playmakers on the offensive side of the ball is the most, the best way to do that. The biggest problem the Jets had last season is all their wide receivers went down with injuries for the most part and missed significant amounts of time. And they couldn't keep their hands on the football. A lot of drops last year from a lot of guys uh, makes Zach Wilson's life more difficult. A lot of tipped balls getting intercepted on the other half that made his life more difficult. They picked up some tight ends in free agency with CJ Uzuma and uh, and Conklin. So uh, they kind of addressed the tight end position, which we haven't gotten any type of production from, except for a fourth round pick for Chris Herndon from the Vikings. That's the most production we've gotten from the tight end position in probably 15 years. Um, I, I don't hate the pick. I like the pick. He was my number two after Williams, who's who's injured. So you know, damaged goods. I'll take I'll take Garrett Wilson all day. All right, and let, let me know, where can people follow you at? What do you guys got working on over there, Scoreboard Addicts? So you can catch me, uh, The Rook, and uh, TJ at Scoreboard Addicts Podcast on Belly Up. You can catch us over at Score Addicts Pod on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We have a whole bunch of stuff like Does Gen Z Know with our intern, that guy Sal, where we ask him questions about the 90s and the 80s and find out whether Gen Z knows what the hell they are. Uh, he actually knew what a rotary phone was. That was pretty cool. Um, we're everywhere you can find a podcast. We're on Audible. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're everywhere talking about everything from golf to football to hockey to baseball to basketball, college basketball. Uh, we'll do anything and everything. We also have wrestling trivia once a week. Uh, and we that's mostly, mostly fi- uh, focused on the Attitude Era of WWE. Um, so the Monday Night Wars type of uh, trivia, that's a lot of fun. And we have a lot of guests on that for that as well. Uh, and if any of you guys are interested in hopping in, to have that uh, little competition. We'll be more than happy to have you on. Um, but that's where you can catch us all. Scoreboard, Score Addicts Pod on Twitter. Love it. Washington has traded the pick. I am to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have moved up. So, Kendrick, real quick, I want to get your reaction to the pick from Garrett Wilson to the Jets and then tell everybody where they can follow you. Yeah, uh, their pick of of, uh, of Garrett Wilson. It, I mean, hey, it gives them. I mean, he's probably going to be now their their deep threat. Uh, obviously, they already had Barry else. He's mainly their slot guy. They had uh, uh, Corey Davis, who, I mean, I would believe he has the measurables of being their number one receiver. But he's had he had one really good season with AJ Brown. Outside of that, I mean, you know, wait and see kind of how that all works out. Elijah Moore seems like he's probably going to be a lot of their their gadget guy but he himself can also I mean make plays all over the field they can hand the ball at the backfield jet sweeps whatever the case may be so I mean I like the pick they need to make Zach Wilson work uh I as well would have maybe focused on helping buffer their offensive line but I get it you want to run it back with Fant and Beckton get Beckton's way under control 
Uh, you have like at least a, two solid tackles to you know help make this thing work. Give it another year, see how Zach Wilson works. He did show flashes last year um, of what he could be. Um, outside of that, uh, I'm going to be monitoring Seattle's draft, and I'm going to at least you know watch it throughout the first few rounds, see kind of how it's all going, and I'll do a piece on that. Uh, you guys can follow me at Kendricks, where the I is an L on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that the rest of hey, if this first pick is uh, things to come for Seattle, this should be a great draft, and I'm actually going to look forward to this. And uh, curse the Niners, curse the Niners, and everything that they have <laughs> for this coming season. Curse you. I give you a lot of props for just being able to stay positive right now. Guys, what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got more guests coming in to talk about from picks 11 through 15. But a big shout-out to Kendrick and Nick. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll talk to you guys soon. The weather is changing, and there's only one way to keep your drink cool this season. As we get back to normal and get back to places like the beach or the park or backyard barbecues, you are going to want to be able to keep your drinks cool. Why not use the best products available for the job? All you have to do is go to our website, bellyupfantasysports.com, and hit the link for Yeti, and it'll have the greatest and latest Yeti offers for you to enjoy. They have the best coolers, the best tumblers, and everything else you could possibly need to enjoy your life this season. So hit the link in the comments below or go to bellyupsports.com and get our link access to the best deals available today from Yeti. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome back in, everybody. You're watching the NFL draft coverage by the Belly Up Sports and MD's Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Dan Mater, with Chris Dahauer. We've been going strong so far through the night. We're almost halfway there. But joining us now, we got Lucas Coronado, one of the Belly Up Football writers. So, Lucas, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, thanks for letting me on here as well. Yeah, very happy to have you on. But I, I got to kick this thing back to Chris because there's a lot's happened. I haven't looked at his reaction. So, Chris, two things from you. Garrett Wilson to the Jets and then the Saints trading up here. Hate the Wilson draft uh, by the Jets. I love Wilson as a receiver. I think he's definitely debatable. You know, he could be the top receiver on this draft class. But when you look at the pieces of what the Jets have in place, uh, you know, Kendrick kind of come out of the 49ers and, and the curse in the 49ers. The 49er curse went to New York, and they can't use more than one receiver at a time. And you saw that last year, you know, they talked about, Nick kind of talked about them having injuries and receivers having injury issues last year. But the receivers weren't productive when a guy was injured. You have three receivers who pretty much fill the same role 
I think it's just a redundant you know, draft pick. We saw the Giants try to do that, you know, make Daniel Jones better by getting more weapons last year, quote unquote, and not addressing off the line. How'd that work out? I think the Jets are going to have the same issue again this year. Finally getting some details on this trade. So the Saints gave up their 16th pick, 98th and 120th pick for this 11th pick to move up five spots with Washington. So quite a bit move up five spots. And the pick is almost, it, well, it's in, it's not officially announced yet. We'll get that to it in a second. Lucas, what's been your reaction to the Saints moving up here? What do you think they're about to do? Um, I have thought that they'd move up even earlier, maybe somewhere in the top 10 to maybe get a quarterback. And I did talk about this a little, but I think they do have a couple years out of Jameis, but I, he's obviously really not the long-term option there. I think it's going to be a quarter. I mean, look, usually when a team trades up, it's for a quarterback. I just don't know why they thought they would have to get in front of Minnesota because Minnesota, I don't think, was going to take a quarterback, being that they are trying to compete this year even though Kirk Cousins is on a one-year contract, I don't see that being the direction they were going. So maybe it is, maybe it is. I kind of lean towards it might not be. But I want to go back to Garrett Wilson real quick, just from a fantasy standpoint, to go to Chris's point. I don't know how he's different than Elijah Moore, who you weren't able to use until Corey Davis went down, until Braxton Berrios went down. They play very similar roles. They need to play inside-outside. So from that standpoint, now you're going to be cramping on Elijah Moore's fantasy value. I don't think Garrett Wilson's set up in a situation where this is a pass-first team, so the volume amongst having a target share with Moore, with Corey Davis, this is just not a great fantasy location for him to wind up in, and I don't think it was that smart for the football team. No, and not a clear red zone target to have either. You know, When you look at the guys they added at the receiver core, there's no guy for Zach Wilson to throw a jump ball necessarily to either. Um, but I think this real quick on the comment of the Saints, I think this is obviously Jamison Williams. I think that's the only guy they'd move up for to kind of make sure that they solidify to get. You obviously wanted a receiver. You saw the first two go off the board. If you have him as not the next guy on the board, you know Minnesota's kind of rumored to be interested. So that would be the guy I think that they're jumping ahead to try to get. I, I, you know, I hope they don't. I hope it's not for a quarterback. All right, because I, I know we're in the post Sean Payton era. Maybe he comes back someday. Maybe he doesn't. But I really hope it's not to jump up for a quarterback here because. Neither of the quarterbacks that are likely to be taken in the first round here today are going to change your franchise. And either way, they're both projects. Sticking with James Winston for another two years and figuring out your quarterback is going to be is, is I think, long-term-wise, is going to be better for that. But actually, before we get to the first... The Detroit Lions just traded up to 12. They just traded up to 12 with the Minnesota Vikings. So they went probably from 32... To 12 here. I don't have the details in front of me, but I'm assuming that's going to be part of the deal. So waiting on the Saints pick, we've got the Lions moving all the way up to 12. Things are happening all over the place here. And that's why we got your NFL draft coverage and we're trying to break it all down and keep up with this. Uh, but guys, yeah, with this, I, I love the idea of Jameson Williams. He would be the perfect fit with Michael Thomas. I think there's absolute doubt about that. They need to get a speed burst on the other side. They were lacking. I am a little bit curious, though, with Dennis Allen now being the head coach, so they wouldn't want to try to go defense. I mean, what do you think, Lucas? Um, Yeah, that does make sense, too. Um, I guess with this trade, you said they probably did trade from 32, and that does make sense. I, They do have a number of directions they could have went at 32, in my opinion, but moving up to get another good, solid first-rounder, I think, makes sense for the Lions. Chris, as we go along here, we're trying to win people money. So let's go to pick 15. Uh, pick 15 off. What is pick 15 off the top of my head? I'm all over the board here now. 
that it would be the oh yeah. See, now we're both drawing blanks here. We got the Eagles. The Eagles are pick fifteen. Eagles are pick fifteen right now. Offensive player minus one forty-five. A defensive player plus one fifteen. I like either one of those bets. So, what do you think they're going to do there as we look into the future here? I mean, it's really hard. I think that they're look, looking to see if Hamilton falls to them. If he was a fall, I think he's going to be a defensive player. I think he's a clear fit for them for what they need, especially at safety. Um, but I think that, you know, if he's to come off the board next two picks, of course, I think they're going to look for offense because what's the best players available probably next are going to be offensive players. Um, I think, though, that right now where they sit, if he's still on the board, I think that's going to be their guy. I'm getting some details. Well, that, oh, hold on. I got to go back to the world <laughs> place. I'm getting some details on the trade with the Vikings and the Lions. So the Vikings, the Lions, I'm sorry, gave up 32, 34, and 66 to move up from 32 to 12. So they gave up quite a bit there to get up there. And now I also have the Saints pick officially in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is for a wide receiver. It was not for Jamison Williams. It was for Chris Olave. Similar type of deal. Field stretcher guy. He can play inside, outside. He'd be explosive. And again, still a good matchup with Michael Thomas. But Chris, you looked a little bit surprised there. So why are you surprised that Chris Olave is the pick instead of Jamison Williams? I think Jamison Williams is clearly the more talented guy. I think he's more the guy that fits with Jamison Winston's kind of you know MO if he's going to be your quarterback moving forward. Uh, I don't think you need to necessarily move up to get Chris Olave as much as they did or get the capital they did to get him as well. Maybe Jamison Williams isn't, isn't kind of the, you know going to be ready. Like people kind of talked about him being ready in the spring. Um, maybe that's pushing his draft value down. But I think when you look at the two players, I think Williams is the guy clearly the next you know top guy remaining on the board. And the other receivers are kind of, you know, pick, pick your poison in the sense of who you like more. I think Ali was definitely a first round. Sorry to cut you off, but the Lions didn't waste any time here. They took Jamison Williams, so they move up to the Vikings. Back-to-back wide receivers, Olave and Williams. So finish your thought on Olave, and then talk about Williams, your top guy over Olave, but he's going to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, so as the guys are saying, I think Olave is just, you know still a good player, definitely a guy that was a first-round talent, just a little too high for my taste, especially with Jack Capital to give up. Jamison Williams, to me, is a taller Deshaun Jackson. This guy's a game-changer, a guy that you know can stretch the field, I don't love his fit with Jared Goff necessarily because of, you know, vertically, but because this guy can run slants, crosses, all kinds of things, putting the ball in his hands. He's a, you know Olympic sprinter basically out there. A guy can make you miss when he gets the ball in his hands. I love this pick for them. And he balances what they have kind of in the receiver room really well with St. Brown, with Swift coming out of the backfield. This team definitely has a lot of different playmakers in place. And James Williams is a guy that, you know, if you get up and get him, you definitely wanted to. I think there's a home, you know, Detroit definitely kind of put their your uh, all their eggs in the basket in a sense in this draft, moving up that way. But I love it. 
big talk was about how good these wide receivers were and everyone wanting a piece of them and how many were going to go in the first round. We're getting all this action now in the middle of the round. So, Lucas, we got four that came off now because we had, we had Drake London, top 10. Then we had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams. They've been the last three picks. Who's your next likely wide receiver to come off in this first round? Um, That is kind of tough because I feel like there is a drop-off that I've seen after those guys. But I'd probably say maybe George Pickens sometime here mid to late first round. And I do like Pickens. He's a pretty solid receiver. And I do like Jamison Williams. That pick is good. He is uh, honestly just like a game changer for that offense. I don't think it's going to be George Pickens. I think it will be Traylon Burks will be the next receiver taken off. Uh, he's just more more versatile. First of all, with George Pickens, we don't know what we're getting because this guy has a large injury history when it comes to college. But I do think it's going to be somewhere between a Burks, maybe a Pickens, maybe a Dotson who's been talked about a lot going in the back end of that first round, maybe a Sky more. But these wide receivers are going high. They're going fast. And I'm loving the action that we're getting here in the middle of the rounds on top of it. So, Chris, let's take this back. Fantasy standpoint, this is what it's all about when it comes to this. Oh, hold on, hold on. I can't do that yet. The Eagles just moved up the 13. So that means the Eagles are now going to be on the clock. So what the heck are the Eagles moving up for, Chris? I think it's got to be Johnson or Hamilton. I think Jermaine Johnson fits a clear need and an edge rusher that they really could use a game changer on the outside. Um, you know, Eagles traditionally usually like to have lots of edge rushers. But then you look at Hamilton, a guy who's, you know, a top player on a lot of people's boards, a guy that fits really well what they kind of do, especially with that cover two system, cover three, you know, three shell they like to play out there. Um, a team that, you know, looks at around the Colts defense are kind of trying to emulate in a lot of ways. You know, we talked about Hamilton off the air about kind of like a Bo Sanders type of player. I think this guy kind of fits what they would need in Philadelphia. Um, so I could think it's going to be one of those two guys. I think it's definitely going to be defensive. Yeah, I tend to agree because now with those wide receivers off the board, that's really the only offense I could see them going with. And that makes a lot of sense too, though. I'm a little surprised that Jermaine Johnson has fallen this far. I think that's a good pick there too. What do you think, Lucas? Um, I do like Kyle Hamilton as well. If they were to pick him, he is just a versatile safety, bigger safety as well, so he could play in the box if they asked him to. And this is kind of a slide. Um. I guess I probably thought he'd go top 10, maybe top 12, somewhere around there. So not that much, but this is a bit later than I was expecting if they were to pick him. Yeah, I'd be be curious to see what they go. I think Hamilton for them would make the most sense because when the Eagles defense is really good, historically speaking, Brian Dawkins, Malcolm Jenkins, it's usually because they have a level-changing type of safety. That has what made their defense really dominant in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if they are trying to have history repeat itself. I mean, remember, Howie Roseman, while the coaching staff might be new, Roseman's been there for a very long time. He remembers those Eagles teams and what made those defenses special. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that was the case here. But I am getting down the details of that trade. So it's 13 for 15, 124, 162, and 166. So quite a bit there to move up a couple of spots to make sure they're able to get whoever their guy is going to be at that pick. Chris, what's your reaction to that kind of a haul? I think it's going to depend on who they think they're going to have to jump out ahead to get. If it's Johnson or Hamilton, I'm okay with it. 
Um, the other guy I'd be okay with him is Traylon Burks. But I think right now you're looking at a, a Texans team that's going to draft next. Those three guys probably would be their top players that you know, we think the you know, Texans would be looking at. Texans definitely need a receiver. They definitely could use Hamilton. We talked about that fit earlier. And then we talked about the knee and edge rusher from Lovey's defense. So those three guys were the guys kind of in my mind. The Eagles are trying to have to have one of those three because why else would you want to give up all that capital to kind of move ahead of Houston? If this does wind up being a wide receiver, these teams all just jumped. I mean, leaps and bounds. Some of them leaps and bounds. The Lions went up, what, 20 picks basically to get this guy. So are these receivers really that worth it that you're trading up? For, you're not trading for quarterbacks now. We're trading up for wide receivers. I think so. I mean, when we talked about, you know, as Lucas kind of hit on, I think there's a big drop off after the top tier guys as well. Now, I wouldn't necessarily have paid that price yet because Traylon Burke is still on the board. I think that I've got still really about value, but I know a lot of guys around the league aren't as high on him after his, you know, combine. Um, so I can see maybe if you think that these guys are the guys that you have to have. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Eagles went defense, and they got their replacement for Fletcher Cox with going with Jordan Davis. You know what? I got to hit this button for this pick because I really <laughs> So not only did he use your replacement for Fletcher Cox, but for the next year, maybe two, depending on what he has left in the t- tank, you're going to have two of the most dominant defensive tackles in all of football. I'm telling you right now, guys, you're not going to be able to run the Philadelphia Eagles. And when you see them on their schedule with that fantasy running back of yours, yeah, you you might want to have to put somebody else in because you ain't going to be running up the middle on them. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, this, like I said, uh, I was expecting maybe Hamilton. So this isn't exactly what I was expecting. But I'm not really surprised by it because with Cox aging, this is kind of his replacement. And what Jordan Davis does against the run really does just help any defense and really stop that run. I will say this. It makes more sense now why the Eagles wanted to jump up because the Ravens are now on the clock, and a lot of people thought the Ravens were going to be taking Jordan Davis with this pick. So it makes sense why they want to jump up a couple picks to get that guy. But now that he's off, what do the Ravens think to do? I mean, I think they're they're still in a really good situation. There's still some good offensive tackles on the line. They could address that. I personally think, even though he's been falling in draft boards recently, Tyler Linderbaum, the center, would be a great pick for them. You want to protect the eventual investment that you're going to make in Lamar Jackson and solidify the interior of that offensive line. That's what I would do, although it seems like the value in him has come down. I don't understand why. I mean, Chris, can you explain to me why? Yeah, I guess because he plays a position that the NFL seems to not realize is so important. He plays center. 
Um, a guy that, you know, to me, the center is one of the most important positions that could be on the field. I think where the quarterback faces the easiest pressures right up the middle. When you have a legit center and a top-tier guy, I think that, you know, you always, usually want those guys. Uh, Lindenbaum doesn't seem to be the, the guy that people are valuing because, like I said, the position he plays, even though he can play guard as well. So I'm really just kind of surprised that, you know, people don't value it in the NFL. They haven't kind of called on hope you know, yet in a sense. Um, Davis picked for the Eagles. You know, you hit the, the buzzer and the congratulations. The Giants and the Eagles both had a tremendous picks with Neil and Davis pick. Davis is one of the top guys. I am top five in my board. Uh, he's got to remind me a lot of Vita Vey, uh, a good a dirty Naha, a, a, a guy who's not just a, a run stopper. I think a guy who's a, a, a basically a defensive line cr- uh, crusher in the sense where he just kind of collapses the offensive line and, you know, brings it guys, gets some single coverage. The Ravens right here, though, I think, you know, your Hamilton guy, Think is a great fit for them, especially traditionally with the Ravens usually like have a good safety, um, and what they kind of have in place right now with their secondary. And I'll add another one: Johnson's another great fit for them too. I would definitely like the off the line idea, but I think if you're going to look at the Ravens team, they don't really have an edge rusher, and they really don't have a great top top tier safety. And two of those guys are sitting on the board right now. Yeah, Lucas. I mean, put your GM hat on. I don't want. I don't want to hear about what you think they'll do. I want to hear about what you would do. Um, honestly, like I said, uh, Kyle Hamilton, not really a big slide. Like I said, I was thinking top 10, top 12 for honestly, like even better talent, maybe even a top five player in this draft. So I'd probably just go Kyle Hamilton because he is one of the guys that I think will be probably one of the better starters in the league out of this draft. So I, I want to make sure we're, we're winning people money and it's it's been chaotic last few picks. We haven't been able to talk about it, but. Next prop up, pick 17, which is the Chargers. Offensive player minus 125, defensive player minus 105. Now, their team, I think, is a likely candidate to trade back, or they could just go best player on their board because they are a pretty strong team. They can go pretty much any direction that they want to go to. So that's kind of a, a wild bet. But, Chris, do you think the Chargers have a preference there? I think if they can, they're, they're looking at the offensive line, I think, with probably their preference. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to take a tackle or a guard. Penning is a guy that kind of jumps to my mind. Um, the guy that's been kind of you know, projected to them in a lot of mock drafts. This team definitely is you know, missing another part of their tackle position. Uh, Pipkins isn't the answer. So I think if you know, Justin Herbert's your kind of franchise quarterback, you did a good, great job with Slater last year. You need another guy on the other side. Balaga didn't necessarily pan out for them. I think it's kind of makes a lot of sense for them to get off the line. And so I'm going to hit you guys with a back-to-back double pick. Lucas, you can chime in on this one. 19. The Saints are still sitting at 19. That wasn't part of the deal they made to trade up. Vegas still has them going offense again at minus 200 as a favorite because the defensive player is plus 155. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do there? Um, I'd probably say defense. I don't really see them doubling down on this offense, really. At least not yet. The only way uh, I can see could... it would be is. An offensive lineman, no? Yeah, especially with uh, Armstead leaving, I guess, this offseason. That does make sense, too. That that would be the only way I would see it, but I, I'm willing to put a little bit of money on the defensive side. Plus, it's, one, it's good value, plus 155. They just went wide receiver, so unless they go offensive lineman, I don't see them going back to the offensive position again. But, Chris, do you think it's that sure of a thing that they'll go offensive lineman at 19? No, I think if Johnson's still on the board as a guy that clearly have a seems that he's not a pass rusher as well, their guys are getting a little older in age. Um, so I think that would be a guy that could definitely still be in the play for them. And I think Hamilton's still a guy we talked about for their last pick. He'd be still on the board as well. 
it still fits a need for them as well. Um, so I would be a little surprised if they're going to necessarily have to go off the line um, because I don't think their value is necessarily there for them. And I'm kind of interested to see if they're looking at you know, those guys that are kind of still kind of falling down the board. I think what they're basing it on is that a lot of mock drafts had the Saints at 19 taking Penning, the offensive tackle. I think that's kind of what they're going off of. But, yeah, there's a good value bet for you guys right there as we're looking ahead at the 19th pick. All right, so we're still waiting for the Baltimore Ravens to make their pick. After them, we have the Houston Texans at 15. Chris, what are you going to say? Were you going to say something, Chris? I was going to ask you a question real quick. Sure. Um, what do you think? Now, the Ravens have a lot of different needs. We talked about off the line defense that could go. I, the one of the picks that I'm kind of would be intrigued by will be Traylon Burks. What would be your thoughts about that? Traylon, say that again. Traylon Burks, the who? The Ravens. Right now, the Ravens have a lot of different holes. Up the defense, you know, they, there are holes they could go offensive line. But I also, you know, I don't necessarily need him, but I think he'd be kind of a, a nice fit. Marquise Brown, Bateman, he kind of fits that next kind of, you know, role for them in the sense. If they didn't already have Bateman, I would say it would be, but because Bateman's going to kind of be that bigger receiver who can play inside, outside to begin with, I don't see it being a Traylon Burks pick. Uh, I think I think for them, they're looking, they're another team that even though they make the playoffs last year, this is a team that's maybe a couple of good draft picks away from being a Super Bowl contending team in theory. I think they're going to address need more so. I would be really shocked if it wasn't either Johnson or, or Hamilton here. Traylon Burks doesn't make much sense to me. If they had moved on from Marquise Brown, maybe, but because they didn't do that either, I think they're looking at the team as they have the weapons they need. This is not a air-it-out offense to begin with, so I don't think adding another wide receiver would be prudent for them. No, we, they're already they're they're officially announcing the pick that we already knew about, which is Jordan Davis to the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought maybe it was the Ravens pick, but they, it was not. I will say this from a fantasy standpoint, though. Let's talk about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson did not have a very good year last year. There was a lot of different scenarios going on with him. But right now, his ADP is somewhere between QB6 and QB8, depending upon where you go. If you look at his numbers from last year, he was still on pace to rush for 1,000 yards had he not kept missing games doing being sick with who knows what, because it wasn't COVID, actually, that he was missing games for towards the end of that season. It's you're telling me a quarterback who's going to be rushing for a thousand yards could be the fourth year in a row this year, or, or would have been the fourth year in a row had he been able to play last year. Is really a QB six, QB eight, Chris? Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, this we've seen this happen before where teams people kind of overreact to the previous season. Lamar was hurt most of the seasons. You kind of pointed out Rashad Beaton, the guy we talked about just you know just now, wasn't the guy their guy for most of the beginning of the season either. So you have kind of different factors kind of going into next year. This offense should be much more efficient. Uh, they have should be more healthier, and they should hopefully address some of the offensive line issues they had last year. If some of those things are kind of addressed, Lamar Jackson should still be a top three quarterback in my book. Yeah, at least top three. I can understand like Josh Allen being ahead because he runs and he's got the throwing going on for him now. And, but it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes this year, not without Tyreek Hill. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. So there's more of an opening now, I believe, that, t- that upper echelon. We've seen Kyler Murray get hurt time and time and time again. Now, I think we're talking about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And I think he's up for grabs after that. Maybe a Justin Herbert's able to perform again the way he did a season ago. Perhaps he'd be up there in that conversation. But I, Lamar Jackson right now, keep your eye on it. Best ball and redraft league, especially early on. I think he's coming out of value right now. The Ravens are primed to bounce back. They'll get 
J.K. Dobbins back. They'll get Gus Edwards back, and that's going to help their offense get back on track in a big way, too. I'm waiting for them to officially announce the Ravens pick here. Washington moved back to 16. So, Lucas, as far as that trade, what do you think Washington's going to do now they're moving back and some other players come off the board that we thought might go to them? Um, I guess they could go in a number of directions. I know they have McLaurin, who has kind of been plagued by his quarterback almost his whole career in the, in the NFL. And now having Wentz, uh, I don't think that's really a long-term option, so I wouldn't be surprised if they took a quarterback either. Um, again, maybe Kyle Hamilton. I think he could really help out any defense in a big way. And, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those guys. Then, of course, you have Houston at 15. They had moved back. Houston's another team that can keep going in another different direction. So, Chris, what would be the best value pick for Houston? I think that we're going to, you know, continue to talk about them, but I think it's going to be Lindenbaum or Kyle Hamilton, one of the two guys. I think Hamilton's a game changer for them and fits their, fits their defense really well, especially what they have, the hole they have without having Reed there anymore. Um, and then offensively, we talked about Lindenbaum and the importance of having a top-tier center in my book. And I think that this Colts, I mean, Colts, this Texans offensive line, you know, without other Tunsil is definitely questionable at best. Uh, whether Davis Mills is your quarterback or not, you know, you want to you want a guy who can kind of open up holes and a guy who can keep your quarterback upright. So to me, that should be the two guys I'm looking at. So this is really funny. I'm keeping my eye on the uh, the live bets coming in, and now we're up at number twenty, which right now is the Pittsburgh Steelers minus six hundred for an offensive player, plus four twenty five for a defensive player. Pretty much pointing to Malik Willis still on the board. Everyone is pegging the Steelers to take Malik Willis with him still there. I guess my quick question to you guys would be, does he stay on the board? Does somebody try to jump in front of Pittsburgh, do you think, or will no one bother to give up the capital necessarily to do so? I mean, right now, I think right now, you don't think, I don't think anybody's going to give up the draft capital. It doesn't, it seems like there's, you know, some kind of, well, we didn't know what's going to happen in this draft. Some of these guys seem to have a good idea of how things are going to fall. And it seems that they're not necessarily pressing you with the quarterback. So, I think Willis is a guy that you don't necessarily have to, you know, move up to go get. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? Look, I'm still not a big fan of Malik Willis going in the first round. I don't think he has the skill set. I don't think he's accurate enough. I think he's too raw. But for the Steelers in the position they're in, I do think that would be the best possible landing spot for Malik Willis. One, he doesn't have to start right away this year. They're known for being able to develop their players. They'll be patient with him. And the Steelers are also a team, they're not afraid to build a system around the guy they have at the helm. Remember, Rosberg, the last couple of years, he's been terrible, but they built a system for the fact that, well, frankly, he can't move around anymore. So they built a short passing system all the way around him. They have Najee Harris. They've made some improvements in their offensive line. It wouldn't surprise me if they ran a Ravens-like offense, if they were to draft Malik Willis and find a way to be competitive and successful with it. Now, ultimately, Willis is not the passer that Lamar Jackson even is. I don't think he's the passer Jalen Hurts is, which is who I comp him to most of the time. So I'm not so keen on the idea of Malik Willis being their future franchise quarterback, but I do think if he's going to have a shot to prove me wrong, to be that guy, the Steelers would be the location for him, and now we finally have the pick officially out. Lucky. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yes, because it makes too much sense. It is Kyle Hamilton. They get their safety a long line of great safety play with the Ravens. This is a big pick. They needed this. The Ravens' defense was not the same defense it had been in years past. Hamilton's going to go a long way in being able to prove this team. So, Lucas, what's your reaction? What do you think the Ravens' defense is going to look like now that Hamilton's going to be back there? Um. He's honestly a game changer. Like I did highlight him a little bit uh, earlier, it, just because of his versatility being six four two twenty and his instinctual play being as good as it is, being able to just like know almost exactly what the offense is doing and be there so quickly despite his forty time. And I really do like this pick as well with that Ravens defense. Chris, we've talked about Hamilton and our opinion on him compared to the rest of the industry. So just t- touch on that real quick. What do we see out of Hamilton? Yeah, I think I kind of talked about him before with the Colts fit. Um, you see a guy that to me reminds me a lot of Bob Sanders, a guy who can kind of you know play in that box, but also play that deep center field and be able to kind of show you different coverages, especially in the zone coverages. Uh, I don't love him as necessarily a coverage guy. So I talk about him playing you know a slot corner, um, kind of a hybrid nickel role. I don't love that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we got huge breaking news right now. The Ravens have just traded Marquise Brown to the Cardinals for the Cardinals' number one draft pick this year at number 23. So the Ravens moving on again. Marquise Brown now an Arizona Cardinal, and they get the number 23 pick. Chris, you asked me about Traylon Burks. If he's there, that's going to be the pick there for the Baltimore Ravens. Give me your reaction. I mean, I better be. Um, because right now Marquise Brown was your game breaker, kind of opened up a lot of things for Lamar, that running game and everything else. But I also wondered why I put the Jalen Perks name up, because Marquise Brown's in the last year of his yield. They haven't extended it. Um, you talked about, you know, receivers. We talked about earlier in the show about receivers getting paid this big-time money. So the Ravens, where they are salary cap-wise and what they kind of have needs-wise, and with, you know, Lamar Jackson waiting for his big contract, I think it's the kind of move they made to kind of jump, you know, move ahead in the game in the sense salary cap-wise. Hopefully to kind of reload. Um, if they don't get another receiver there with that pick, then I would definitely be disappointed. But otherwise, it might be even one of smarter moves for the Ravens. Kind of I, I just find it fascinating. Time. We've heard all offseason to this point since all the big trades happened earlier in the season. We've heard about is AJ Brown on the move? Is DK Metcalf on the move? Is Debo Samuel? That was supposed to be the big one tonight on the move. The guy who kind of got left by the wayside, although being in the same situation as those other guys, was Marquise Brown, the Baltimore Ravens. No one had really been talking about it much. Lucas, Marquise Brown on the Cardinals now. 
What do you think his fit is? What do you think it does for that team? Um, honestly, I do think that offense is just going to be electric with Kyler and him. And because they were kind of lacking at receiver once they were uh, missing DeAndre Hopkins, obviously being one of the better ones in the league. So I think that does help out a lot for that team. It's huge. It, it is. It is huge. Look, they, they lost Christian Kirk. Marquise Brown, I think, is infinitely better than Christian Kirk. And he gives you the same type of development. You're going to have Kirk. I mean, I'm sorry. You're going to have Rondale Moore. You're going to have Marquise Brown. And you're going to have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Kyler Murray's not as he gets his contract extension. I don't think he's allowed to complain about anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has weapons that you'd want in place. And I think this kind of shows you, you know, they're looking for Andy Isabella kind of be that field stretcher. They drafted him a couple of years ago. He never kind of materialized for this team. Marquise Brown is a guy that's going to fit perfectly in this offense. And you know, we saw AG Green kind of lose a step. He's, he got re signed. Hopkins is definitely getting older. Um, but when you put all these guys on the field together, three, four receiver sets, they fit each other perfectly. I think Rondell Moore is going to actually be the big, biggest beneficiary of all those guys because he's going to have nobody really be pay attention to him underneath in his short routes. Uh, Marquise Brown and you know Kyle Murray and Russ's offense is definitely way better today than it was yesterday. All right, so we got Kenyon Green, the first guard off the board. He goes to Houston Texans, so the Texans trying to build out their fundamentals. This is a good pick. I personally had Zion Johnson higher than Kenyon Green, but either way, you need somebody to try to help bear down that interior of that offensive line. So, Lucas, give me your reaction to them taking Kenyon Green here. Um, I guess that's not exactly what I was expecting, but I guess nothing is. And um going interior line is good i think because i have heard that they might just try and see what they do have in davis mills the rookie quarterback from last year so getting that old line better and bolstering that part of the game will really help out at least see how you can do at quarterback i can't i can't agree more okay lucas where can people follow you at what are you working on all right well um on twitter my twitter handle is lucas coronado 10 and I did just have my first episode of our podcast come out today at Footballytics. Uh, we do have a Twitter page for that as well. It's just Football Y T I C. All right. I like it. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll be seeing a lot more of you real soon. Guys, we're going to do a take a quick break, come back on the other side. We'll have our next wave of guests come in, and the commander's pick is already in too. So, all of that right after the break. Get your party started with the Kong Beer Bong. You get a canned cooler for those chilled, laid-back get-togethers and a built-in beer bong for when things start to get a little wild. It's portable and ready to party no matter where you are in the world. It's perfect for any holiday event. And the party doesn't stop there. They have an assortment of fun party accessories to take your party to the next level. Be the most wanted party animal for any get-together with the Kong Beer Bomb. 
Visit bellyupsports.com today. Click our partners tab. All shipments in America are free. All right. Welcome, guys, back into the Belly Up Sports' empties NFL draft coverage. We got a full group for the next 16 picks to 20th right now. Guys, we have, we have, well, we have two Philly guys, actually two Philly podcasts, I should say, three guys total. So it's going to be a real battle here. Now the Eagles have already kind of moved around a little bit, so we're not going to get as much excitement. But we got Don from Fired Up. He's over here. We got Mike and we got from also from Fired Up and we got Rich. He's from Drunk on Broad Street. How are we doing today, fellas? Good. How you doing? What's up? Doing good, fellas. How we doing? We're doing good. So we got to go to the commander's pick right away. And uh, this is the biggest reach of the draft so far, in oh. my opinion. Jahan Dotson is going to come off the board here for the commanders. And I'm just going to go first on this one because, Chris, you and I had this debate in our, our show last week. Dotson is somebody that I thought could have been a reach in the second round. He has okay speed. He has decent route runs. He has decent shiftiness. Everything about him is just decent. You watch this guy on tape, nothing special jumped out to me whatsoever. And I also think he might have to be a slot receiver. He doesn't do a very good job of getting off the line when he goes out in the perimeter. And he wasn't playing against the toughest competition all the time, even though he was there at Penn State. I think he's going to be pigeonholed as a slot guy. It might work with Terry McLaurin. But this is a reach, not a game changer. And the commanders, who haven't had a first-round pick in what feels like forever, need game changers. So, Chris, go ahead, because you had a different opinion than I did on Dotson. Well, I'm definitely more of a Dotson fan than you are, and I don't think he's got average speed. I think he's got good speed. Ran a 4 4 one you know, one of the more explosive guys in the draft this year. Having said all that, it's a terrible fit. Uh, Terry McLaurin and the Brown, they drafted last year from North Carolina, and they drafted Curtis Samuel. You put all the three guys on the field, and you add this guy to the mix, where does he play? Um, so I look at this team and I look at what Carson Wentz has been more successful with. He can throw the ball and he can throw the ball deep. He likes tall receivers that have some guy, you know, for the red zone. This team is screaming a need for red zone target. If they were going to take a receiver, I think Traylon Burks was definitely the guy they should have went with. Um, to me, this guy's definitely a reach. I don't argue strongly that Dotson isn't a first rounder. I do. I like him more than you do, but I don't think he's a guy that you should have been, you know, necessarily the commanders being happy taking. They have so many holes in the offensive line. Their guards are terrible. Um, and their safety plays a little questionable at best. So I look at this team. There's definitely other places they could have gone. Even Lloyd, you know, they took the kid last year from uh, Kentucky, kind of got it moved from middle linebacker to outside linebacker. So they kind of still look very neat in middle linebacker as well. So there's so many different holes there in this, in this commander's team that I just think this was just a huge reach. This is not officially done, but this is the best time to have this news come out. Adam Schefter is reporting that the Titans are planning to trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go. Wow. Let's go. I am, I am still getting details about this as it comes in. Again, this trade is not officially done, but it looks like this is what is trending towards that direction. Receivers are on the move. We talked about Debo being the guy. He's not the guy. Marquise Brown just got shipped off to the Arizona Cardinals and the Baltimore Ravens, and now it looks like A.J. Brown. Might be on his way to being a Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, go ahead. Take it away. Howie Roseman, the, sil- the silent assassin. <laughs> I, I assume that would be for pick 18 coming up here, I'd imagine. I, I would imagine. Again, this is not done. This is being talked about as it is. Plan- the Titans are planning to trade A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. It could be, or you know what? The Eagles traded up to take Jamison Williams. 
maybe it's for Williams. I was going to say, I think this means that looking, the Tennessee's looking at Traylon Burks as a guy on the board right now that they could yeah. easily fit that A.J. Brown role. Like I think we talked about earlier in the show, you can pay a lot less money in that rookie contract than you're going to have to pay A.J. Brown right now. So I think this might be a salary cap move more than anything for Tennessee. Right. Oh, it's definitely a salary cap move. It's definitely a salary cap move. But go ahead, Don. I mean, totally. Like, like you, you think, though, that any guy that they were going to pick at 18 – they were never going to get the productivity from AJ Brown, and if you want to find out what Jalen Hurts has, why not surround him with more talent? Right? Like I, I was a guy like I, I, I wanted them to go get a wide receiver. You're not going to get a be- better wide receiver at 18 than you are going to get in getting AJ Brown. And and the idea that uh, you know they were working out the last like two weeks together in LA right. AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts because uh I, I, I did they I no they didn't go to I guess I guess they I guess they grew I don't even know if they grew up with each other but they, they knew each other before the NFL um so that was that was always like a little a little talking point that was pretty interesting I'm shocked so it's it's for the 18th overall and a third round pick yeah that's, what I'm, get, that's what I'm getting now too yes for 18th overall and a third round pick so the Titans will be coming up within the next pick or two. The Chargers are still the ones on the clock. We're waiting for their pick officially to come in at the moment. But, yes, it, it looks like the Tennessee Titans are going to – I agree with you, Chris. It's going to be Traylon Burks. There's been people who have comped Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown, so they could stick with that and just go in that direction. But we do have the pick in for the Chargers. And it is Zion Johnson, so the Chargers looking to solidify the interior of their offensive line. He was my number one guard coming into this. This is great news for Herbert. It's actually great news for Austin Eckler because Zion Johnson really explodes and gets moving off the line of scrimmage. So let's go to Mike here first. Mike, what's your reaction to the Chargers taking Zion Johnson with the 17th pick overall? Yeah, no, I like it. Um it makes a lot of sense. Obviously, protect Herbert, you know, their, their franchise quarterback, and Eckler is as talented and explosive as he is. He's dealt with injuries the last couple of years, so no, I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense to bolster that line. Yeah, I mean, and really, listen, they're, anything you can do to protect, you know, your your franchise quarterback and your your game changing running back in order to be able to get time for your game changing wide receiver, like that that pick just makes sense on a ton of different levels. Yeah, uh, 100%. And they were in a position where they could go whatever was the best on their board. And clearly Zion Johnson was that guy. You can't really go wrong with that. All right, Chris, Tennessee Titans are on the clock. What are the Titans doing here again? It's got to be Traylon Burks. I mean, I think the two guys they would have considered over them would have been probably the Green and Zion Johnson. They have an obvious need at tackle, I mean, at guard. Um, so that was something that I think they were looking to try to upgrade with those two guys off the board. I think Traylon Burks has got to be the top guy that we're replacing A.J. Brown, a similar kind of built player, a guy who can kind of do the similar type of things, will be able to be an asset in the running game as well because he can block. So you put all those things together, I think that's what they're probably looking to do. The only guy I'll throw one more curveball in and just kind of keep in mind is, you know, you still have Jermaine Johnson still on the board somehow. Uh, this team could definitely use another edge rusher on the other side. Dupree was, you know, good, but he wasn't great. Landry's good, but they could maybe add another guy that kind of, you know, add another – now another um, you know pass rusher like Buffalo did a couple of years last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of look at that. But to me, it's with this draft that you know Capitals gave up basically with AJ Brown and got they got the guy got with Traylon Burks here. Yeah, it's a it's a first yeah. and a third rounder is what the Eagles gave up for him. 
And you know what? This makes sense for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have salary cap space. They're not paying too many people right here at the moment. Right. A lot of their offense is young. Devin Smith, Jalen Hurts, still on rookie contracts. I mean, most of the spending money that they do have is going with Fletcher Cox and the offensive line. So, but here's the question. With A.J. Brown's injury history, and you guys are all Eagles fans, so I don't care which one of these answers first. I want to hear from all three of you. <laughs> are you willing to pay him the $25, $30 million he's likely to get now? Well, I don't know if it's about being willing. Uh, it's it's going to have to happen <laughs> at this point, you know. Um, no, but but I, I I think I think uh, what Don said was right. You know, he's a game changing receiver. Uh, you just kind of hope uh, you know the quarterback can get the ball to him down the field. Yeah, you I mean, guys, anything to add? For for me, like I I look at what he's able to do in terms of being able to get the ball in space, be able to go up and get the ball. He's a guy who, when you line him up, right, you're going to have to line, you're going to have to pay attention to him, which is going to create more space for Devontae Smith, more space for Dallas Goddard, more space for, you know, Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield. It only is going to help Jalen Hurts. And as Chris thought, it is Traylon Burks. He goes to the Tennessee titans yeah so they get the guy who pretty much does what aj brown did on a rookie contract maybe doesn't have the same health concerns as an aj brown that's quite potentially so but in comparison we know aj brown's shown that he can perform at a high level in the nfl now they go with Traylon burks who hasn't necessarily done that but do we have the confidence i think i do at least but do you guys have the confidence we'll start with mike that he's going to be able to adequately replace AJ Brown from day one. That's a that's a tough thing to ask, um, especially because I mean, as as impressive as Tannehill's looked at times, he's not a he's not a world beater, right? Like he's just he's an average to slightly above average quarterback. So it's not like he's going to make any receivers look great. The receivers going to have to come in and and you know kind of kind of do it themselves. So uh, it's it's a tough thing to ask, but, uh, but why not? <laughs> Why not? How about you, Chris? Because you wanted to see this pick happen anyway. Well, it's not something I wanted to see it happen. I think it was going to happen. Um, but Arthur Smith's no longer the coach there. So that's going to be a big thing to kind of see how this kind of transitions for this offense. Todd Downey is the, you know, now the offensive coordinator for this team. And last year, A.J. Brown had the greatest year. Now, I know he's banged up a part of the year. He was injured part of the year. But he definitely wasn't as productive as he had been on Arthur Smith. And I think as a result, I do have some questions about Trailer Burks and kind of hit the, you know, the, the ground running. And then if you're a Tennessee Titans fan – I'm going to be a little bit down on this trade as well. While I understand salary cap-wise while you're doing it, your team kind of fancies yourself as a Super Bowl contender. Rarely does a rookie receiver kind of carry a team. It can happen, but it's kind of a lot to ask for Traylon Burks. You know, as Mike kind of emphasized, you know, Ryan Tannehill isn't Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. So when you put those kind of factors together, I think Traylon Burks has got a little bit more ahead of him in a sense. I think he can be productive, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be a guy that you can trust to be number one receiver for your team next year. So I think it's going to be you know, really interesting kind of see how that kind of materializes moving forward. Well, I'll jump in here on the fantasy side of this. I, I love it for Traylon Burks because he's going to have to be the number one targeted weapon on that team automatically. He walks in day one. On the flip side of it, Devin Smith takes a hard hit because a lot of what kept him afloat was volume. The Eagles showed last year with Jalen Hurts, and I'll love to get your guys' take on this. They don't trust him throwing the ball 40 times a game. They had to go to being a run first team. So now you're going to have a target share with A.J. Brown, who's going to have to be the lead guy because of what he's going to get paid after all this is said and done, and be on a low-volume passing offense. 
So now Devin Smith to me is a fantasy bust, or maybe not a bust in the long run, but right now his value is on the downslide. Listen, I, I think your your goal if you're if you're designing this offense to be productive, you're going to design the plays to get these guys in space. You're not designing these plays to go 40 yards, asking him to throw 40, 50 yards down the field. You're going to ask him to get the ball to guys in space when they're open and let those guys make plays. Devontae Smith is a guy that can catch the ball at five yards and break it and, and break it 40 yards. Right. AJ Brown is the same kind of guy. He can take a short pass and break it, you know, for, for a long for a long game. That's that's the kind of play design that I'm looking for if, if I'm Nick Sirianni, because we know that Jalen Hurts is not gonna be the guy that's gonna throw the ball sixty-five yards in the air down the field. He just can't do it. So for me, like you have now given him the weapons to be able to find out what he can do and find out if this is the guy because they also have the ammunition in next year's draft to be able to go and get the quarterback if they really want it. Yeah, I mean, this this uh, having A.J. Brown on the other side of Devontae Smith just creates so many more opportunities for Smith than having a guy like Jay, Jalen Rager next to him. So this kind of slides Rager down the depth chart a little bit. And now you can you can let Devontae. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure your team just wants to move on from Rager if they can. Yeah. Mike, to, be, to be honest, I hope it slides Devontae. I hope it slides <laughs> all the way off the depth chart. <laughs> also, too, like we have, you have to think about too, like Devontae's young. You know, you get a guy yeah. that's a top five, top ten receiver in the league, whatever he is, wherever you have. I mean, he's a good player. He's a brand's a really good player. You know, you, you pick that guy's brain and you watch him what he does in practice. You know, that only helps. Most definitely, Chris. All that's left is Debo and DK Metcalf. Are we going to see these guys get traded soon, too? Because everybody, every wide receiver who's got a contract coming up got traded this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that this should show you, as I talked about earlier in the show, that maybe the 49 reports were being exaggerated, what Debo's value was, what people were going to be willing to offer or what the 49 wanted for him. I think A.J. Brown going for this price tag shows you that Debo probably wasn't going to be a top five or top ten pick was going to get him or multiple first-rounders people wanted. Um, I think Debo's probably going nowhere. I think we talked about it in the beginning of the show that if that was going to happen, that should have already happened. As for DK, I think he's in the same boat. You look at a kind of situation where if they were going to move on for DK Metcalf, you wanted a first rounder, you probably would have moved on from him by now. Uh, I think Seattle does want him. I think Seattle, you know, kind of has the cap space to kind of, you know, allow to kind of be able, be able to keep him. So I think right now he's guys definitely will be there at least for this year. And I would be, the team that seems probably going to franchise him, I would imagine moving forward. So I think this DK is not necessarily going to be a guy that has to be moved sooner than later. All right, guys, we do want to keep up to date with the live betting. So we're up to pick 22 here, which as of now is the Green Bay Packers. There's been trades happening all over the place. Talk about team you need a wide receiver. It looks like they're going to be left holding the bag again, but I digress. So right now, the Packers, minus 400 to take an offensive player, plus 300 to take a defensive player. With all these wide receivers off the board, unless they go offensive line, I like my money on the defensive value in that standpoint, though, because of how this draft has folded out. And I think a plus 300, that's a hell of a value. I mean, what do you think, Don? I mean, to me, like, if you don't look at a guy like Jermaine Johnson at this point in the draft, right, that's a guy that was projected anywhere between 10 and, and, you know, 25. So to get a guy, you know, at value, right, kind of right where he slotted in, um, you know, I'm also looking at guys like N'Kobe Dean, like, like Devin Lloyd, um, Devontae Wyatt, Andrew Booth, like those are guys that 
are going to be impact players. They're going to have value to your team right away. So if I'm, you know, if I if I'm picking right now and I'm looking at like, you know, the the Saints and Pittsburgh, right? Like I look at those guys and any of those guys can have an impact, you know, day one. All this excitement, we've kind of forgotten the Saints are on the clock here. So let's let's go to let's go to Dom here. Go from Don to Dom. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the Saints, not what they want, not what they're going to do. What would you do if you were the Saints here? Oh man, I don't know. I I, I think it's tough. Um, man, I don't know. Do you, do you go? I mean, they don't need offensive line, so I mean, do do you go defensive? Well, they do line? need offensive line. I would say. Oh, they do lost they? Ron Armstead. Yeah. Oh yeah. So maybe Penning then, right? That is a, where a lot of people have had him mocked yeah. out to go to. Uh, that's why we talked about, Chris, we talked about the, the, the live bet from a few picks to go. That's why it was very heavy for them, minus 200 for an offensive player. We thought maybe they could go defensive. Kyle Hamilton was still on the board. Right. But Jermaine Johnson being there, if I'm the Saints, it'd be very hard for me to pass up on Jermaine Johnson right now, especially with Dennis Allen as the head coach. Right, Chris? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, like I said, they have a, a, a defensive, you know, that's going to aging – Cameron Jordan's not, you know, spring chicken anymore out there. So when you look at kind of what they have at the end position, where they can use pass rush wise, it makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Lloyd, the linebacker, makes a lot of sense for them too. I think defense, there's a lot of different guys on the board still that could really help them. Offensively, I think Penning could be considered, but I wonder, is he truly a truly left tackle? Um, and that's where it's kind of going to be interesting. You played Ramsdale a lot of money, play right tackle. So are you going to try a chance that to kind of move him to left tackle? I think he's a guy that you should not play at left tackle, in my opinion. I think he's clearly not that. I think he's a right tackle best. Um, he's more of a mauler. So I'm kind of curious to see if they will go that route. And as for the Packers, that's a team I would definitely think is going to off the line. You know, they lost a lot of the off the line in the last couple of years. Uh, Lindsay at the center moved on as well. So they, if you look at the interior of the line, I think you can even name the two starters of Elgin Jenkins right now inside. So I think Green Bay is definitely a team that's going to be sniffing the offensive line. This just in, A.J. Brown, the hottest selling Eagles jersey. I'm out sure. there right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just ordered one. You didn't. Wait, what'd you say? That? Can I comment on the AJ Brown thing real quick? I'm, yeah, I'm go not ahead. Even, but I do have. I think the Eagles. You know, these, these guys make great points. I think that AJ Brown fits his offense to a T. And the guy that I think you guys want to see, you know, Rager move down. I think Quiz Watkins is the guy who's going to move up for Rager. And when he puts those three guys on the field, they all fit really well. I think that's going to help Smith be, you know, as uh, I think Mike pointed out, that, you know, Smith is going to have a much easier time than having regular across from him, grab a lot more attention, kind of drawing off of them. And you look at these three guys, I think they're going to work the volume. The guy I'd worry about most, you know, production-wise fantasy is going to be Dallas Goddard. It was already kind of hard for Jalen Hurts to look like, look for him as it was, I think, as the beginning of the season. As the season kind of progressed, you know, he looked for him more. But I think that's the guy who's probably going to suffer most in his offense. I think receivers will be just fine. He's going to be the safety. He'll he'll end up being like the safety valve, right? He'll I think, be the guy. But I think as a guy, you don't really do work. Sorry to guy to cut you guys off. You're like somebody in a conversation, but Trevor Penning does come off the board here yeah. for the Saints. So one of the guys that was mocked to go there, they decided to go that direction. Chris, I'm just going to give you my quick reaction to this because you talked about it, and I totally agree with you. Trevor Penning's not a left tackle. And when you make a when you draft here, then it doesn't necessarily have to be a left tackle to be going in the first round. But typically speaking, when you say tackle, you do a first round pick, you want him to be the left guy. And being that they lost Teron Armstead, you know that's what they're looking for replacement. But his biggest weakness was the fact was his back step. 
he leaves him, he overextends way too often. He leaves the inside open on spin moves and on inside rips. I had him grayed out as a guy that I thought eventually would need to be moved to guard to be a day one starter. At the very best, a right tackle. I don't have this guy as a left tackle. I think he might be a turntable out there in pass protection. So I'm going to be curious to see what happens here. This could be a bust if they don't use him the correct way. But let we know what Chris thinks. We know what I think. Let's go to Mike. Mike, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to tell. You know what what the Saints are going to do this year because I mean you have the the new coach, right? He, the quarterback is kind of a question. So I mean, I, I guess they're just kind of building from the from the lines at this point, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I, it's. He, he seems like a guy that's kind of inconsistent, you know, especially like in his footwork and all that. But for the most part, I mean, it seems like he has some upside. I'll tell can you what. Good. I'm going to throw, out the one, throw one caveat. I do think Ryan Ramsey can play left tackle. He did play left tackle in college. That's what I projected him to come out in that draft. So the fact that he's been a right tackle the last couple of years doesn't necessarily mean he can't play left tackle. And if you look at kind of the fit, if they were to play him at right tackle and Ramsey at left tackle, I don't hate it. But if, to your point, if they don't do that, I think this is a mistake. I, Listen, I definitely. If, if, if they can slide him inside, right? Size is on his side. Get him to slot in the in the. The Steelers. Oh, sorry, I got to cut you off real quick. The Steelers right, go Kenny Pickett. So it's not Malik Willis number one. Kenny Pickett stays in Pittsburgh. Goes to the Steelers. They go with the pocket passer, and. Where this gets real interesting, other than it being the first quarterback taken off the board and the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the fact that they just took him over Malik Willis, because Kenny Pickett is touted as this guy who's supposed to be a day one NFL starter, now all of a sudden we have a quarterback controversy right off the bat for day one between Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. I know you guys are Eagles fans, not Pittsburgh fans, but we'll stick with the same state. I want to get your reaction anyway. Don, go ahead, because I had to cut you off for the last thing. What's your reaction? I mean... For for it, like if I'm Pittsburgh, like it, it's it's not really to me a, a quarterback competition, right? Mitchell Trubisky has showed you exactly what he is, which is a career mediocre middle of the line, like middle of the road guy. He's not a guy that's going to move the needle, especially in that division when you have to go up against the teams that you have to go up, right? When you've got to go up against Baltimore, when you've got to go up against an upcoming Cleveland team, like you're to me, right? If you're going to pick Kenny Pickett at this point in the draft, he's got to be your guy day one. And Trubisky slides right back into the role that he was in last year, which is that backup role, which seems to be the role that he's kind of just slotted in right now. He's done nothing to prove otherwise. I agree. I think Kenny Pickett's going to prove really soon to do nothing otherwise either, though. That's that's kind of my problem with this with this whole thing. But hold on, guys. Breaking news. So I got the details of the A.J. Brown contract. It's a four-year, $100 million deal, $57 million guaranteed. So he gets $25 million a year, as we would have expected. Probably front-loaded those first two years with the $57 million guaranteed so that's the details of the contract pay, for pay the man. It, ain't, it ain't my money pay the man <laughs> listen man if you need somebody to pick him up at the airport i'm, I'm available you're right in south philly just yeah, right down yeah i'm five minutes i'm five minutes from the airport let's go 
The salary right, cap well, is made up I'll in football drop, anyway. Could, so he's, so easy to move money. Let's get let's get back at it, Dom. I want to get your reaction to the Steelers yeah. pick, then I want to get so, Mike's reaction. So the the picket pick. Listen, I don't know if he's going to be good. I don't know if he's not going to be good. I, I I'm not sure, but I will give the Steelers a lot of credit here because like it seemed like he or maybe even Willis, whoever it was, the quarterback was going to be, seemed like they were going to go in that direction. And like I give them a lot of credit that you know last like two months we've seen picket move up, move back, move up, move back, and I give them a lot of credit for like just sitting there, keeping it cool, calm, and collected. And they got, you know, their guy. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Don is is throwing a little too much shade to to Trubisky. Like, I think Trubisky's actually gonna I, maybe not be anything spectacular, but he's had something this year that he hasn't had yet in his career, and that's a good NFL coach. So, I, I think a good I think NFL Trubisky, franchise <laughs> that that too. Um, right, right. So, Let's so, be honest, right? So, like, we played in a sleeper league last year where you could pick two quarterbacks. Yep. Would you pick him as a second? No, no, no. Even play as your second quarterback? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right, Mike. But, where can we follow you at? What you What are you working on next? Yeah, so uh, we got the Fired Up Podcast. Um, so we're on Twitter uh, at Fired Up Podcast. Anywhere on Apple, uh, Spotify, you can check us out over there. We're live every Monday nights. And we just started a, a website too, so you know people go in there, check out our, our articles and uh, you know all of our content. Yep, FiredUpSports.com. Excellent. Don, where can we, where can we follow uh, you listen, at, man? You can, you can find us at, at Drunk One Bra. We're normally live you know, month, uh, either Tuesdays or Wednesday nights. Uh, we're covering everything Philly sports, just like these guys have fired up. So, um, you know, you can catch us, uh, all your streaming platforms. Uh, we're putting out uh, some, some highlight videos from uh, previous night's games. So you, know, you can see that stuff as well. Uh, and I love what the Eagles did tonight. So it was a win. <laughs> For the Phillies, it was a win for the Sixers, and it's a win for the Eagles. Love it was, a batter, night, we it was a batter night in Philly sports. We don't get this much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen this often. Thank God the that Flyers is, didn't play tonight. That is true. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I enjoyed Definitely. having you guys on. We'll totally talk to you all it. real soon. On the thank other you, side, guys, we'll take you. this quick break. Come back in. We got more guests coming in for picks 21 to 25, so stay tuned to the Belly of Sports' is empties. Fantasy football show, NFL draft coverage right after this. So, are you a sports fan? Are you an athlete? Or do you just want to look and feel like one? Well, I got news for you. The outdoors is the ultimate sport. But you can't play unless you can see. Yeet sunglasses provide the gift of high-quality sight in the roughest of environments. From the crashing ocean waves to the high peaks of the mountains, Yeet sunglasses are designed to be the most durable, comfortable, dependable, anti-wear and tear products on the market. Not only are they made with the utmost quality, but they're available at affordable prices for everyone. Go to yeetsofficial.com right now, right now, and use the promo code BELLYUP to save 10% on your next order. That's 10% on anything you order from yeetsofficial.com. What does that cover? Let me tell you. At Yeats Official, we have sunglasses, we have winter goggles, we have fashionable sunglasses. So if you're looking for new eyewear, if you're looking for something that make you have more fun in the sun, go to yeatsofficial.com, use code BELLYUP, save 10%. On- and welcome back, everybody, to the Belly Up Sports' NFL Draft Coverage. 
I'm your host, Dan Maynard. Join here, Chris Dauer. Chris, we have made it now to the back half of the first round, and I have not had to pee. That is my biggest accomplishment so far <laughs> That's tonight. That's an achievement. <laughs> but you know what? This is what's crazy about the NFL draft. I have so, as a host, I have so many storylines in my head that I want to talk about. We can only talk about one at a time as picks are coming in, and it's driving me up a wall right now. But first thing we got to talk about is who's joining us right now. So we got Jared from Corner Booth. We got Andrew from Divots and Pivots. And we got Kev from Quad on the Tailgate. Fellas, thanks for joining the show. How are we all doing? Oh, Dan, I am over the damn moon. I'm feeling so good. The cowboy hat's coming on. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah. You still <laughs> How does that work with being an Eagle <laughs> fan, but you're having the cowboy hat? It's a Western hat. hat. It's just technically a cowboy I also dance in the glory of my en- in, the, in the death of my enemies. <laughs> um, so, listen, the I, if you guys, if I'm Kevin. Gonna be- so, the you Chiefs. kidding just, me? The Chiefs just oh, traded shit. up. With the Patriots, now the Chiefs are going to be on the clock. So, I mean, this is typical for the Patriots to trade back. There's no shock there. I think the question now becomes, and Jared, since you're introducing stuff, we'll kick it right to you. What are the Chiefs trading up for? I think the Chiefs, like, all the big wide receiver names are off the board now. Traylon Burks is the last one. They can still get Sky Moore at the back end of the first round, regarding they didn't trade both their picks away. I think they go get an edge rusher. I think Jermaine Johnson's coming off the board finally. I think it's either Jermaine Johnson or I think it's Tyler Linderbaum. It's going to be one of those two. That would that would be my guess. Yeah, uh, let's introduce here. Let's introduce Andrew here. Andrew, what's what's your thoughts on the draft so far, man? This was my fear. My fear. <laughs> the Andrew's the Patriots fan, so that's why I had to kick it over to him. My my the every fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they didn't do it last year, which was the I important stay one. Stay up every year for the draft. And they just fucking trade to the – what do they trade to? What, what, what pick do they All right, so I to? do have the details of that right now. So the Chiefs traded their pick 29, 94, and 121 for the Patriots' first. 21st pick. <laughs> so the good news is the Patriots are still in the first round still as of right round. now until they trade out again later yeah, on tonight. They're, they're going to trade that thing back for like four fifth-round picks and then take a punter-DN combo from a D3 yep. school none of us have ever heard of or an NIAI school, and then they're going to try and convert him to a wide receiver, and he's going to end up getting 100 catches for in a season and become a Super Bowl MVP. No, you forgot point. You forgot the lacrosse player from Rutgers. That is going to happen. That's their second <laughs> round pick. Yeah, that's their second <laughs> round pick. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this was my – this of all years for Belichick uh, to freaking squander oh this and God. trade out of the first round. Are you kidding me right now with trading away the 21st pick when you need top end talent on the New England Patriots? Come on. Oh my God. All right, Chris, I'm trying to keep up with the sports betting on, on the side here. So we're jumping ahead to pick 25 right now. Defensive player minus 185, offensive player plus 150. How are we feeling about those odds at pick 25? Who's pick at 25? It's a, good, it's a great question. Right now, it's, Buffalo. Buffalo. it's, it's, it's the Bills. It's the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Buffalo. Um, I think it's going to be – ooh, that's a tough one. I'd probably go offensive player. I think they do take the running back. 
Um, but with some of these guys falling, yes, Chris. There's, there's a corner they might look at as well because they definitely have a hole in the second, you know, second corner. I think that's why Vegas is now making it minus 185 for the defensive player. I'm still on the board that I think they take Brees Hall, so I'm going to put my money yeah. on plus 150 for the offensive player. That, that's what I'm going to do there. Two I mock drafts, Dan. I Two mock drafts. Did. I had a Brees Hall going to Buffalo. That is my, like, home run. I mean, also, I can see them taking Andrew Booth as well out of Clemson. I think he fits perfectly across the way from Tredavious uh, White. But I think I think, Booth, I think Booth or Gordon, I can see him going that direction as well. So yeah. I, that's why it's not out of the totally woods. Totally agree. The Brees Hall pick makes too much sense for Buffalo, considering what they already have between Singletary and Moss and the rest of that offense. The Brees Hall pick just makes too much sense. If he's still there, I don't see how they don't pick him. They well, need Chris, a guy who can fall fantasy, four for six yards. Chris, from a fantasy standpoint, if Brees Hall were to go to Buffalo, what would his value be? Would it be first round rookie year? I think it could, it could be definitely, you know, what RB1, or at least RB2, definitely. Um, we look at what kind of offense is going to transition out of right. Brian Abel's moved on. Ken Dorsey's going to be the court coordinator. They're talking about a lot of talk about them being more run oriented moving forward. So a team that kind of has all those weapons in place, Josh Allen, a local quarterback, Bryce Hall has, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. Not We saw Najee Harris kind of do it last year. There's no reason he couldn't emulate that in a lot of different ways. Traded up for. Trent McDuffie is the pick. So the Chiefs traded up for a cornerback. This is a, you know what? I think I kind of have to hit this button. Thank and to be you, clear, Dan. To be clear here, the reason <laughs> I why I boo it is because you traded up for a corner that you could have either gotten where you were or a similar tier type corner at that spot. I had Andrew Booth as my next guy off the board. So, Same. Kev, what's your reaction? I, I think at this point, we're kind of splitting hairs like late first round. I think Boots a good corner. McDuffie's also a very good corner. I don't trust Pac-12 players just as a personal thing. I've watched way too much Pac-12 football. I try not to, but when it's the only thing on at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, I'm going to watch it. So I just don't trust them. They don't play offense or defense in that conference. But the, the Chiefs needed defensive help. They're... Yeah, their defense got better as he went on. You can't expect that again. I I don't hate the pick, actually. I'm not going to boo it. I'm going to wait and see what they can do with this guy. But was it worth trading up for? That's my. I'm not booing Trent McDuffie. I am booing the fact that you moved up to get a guy that you probably could have gotten where you stood at. If they really liked him, then yes, because the Packers are probably going to do something stupid. <laughs> They're probably going to take up. Hold on, let's talk about that real quick because everybody was talking about the Packers like there's no way they can't take a wide receiver, but now it, it might Sam be out Howell. of their hands. It, it might be out of their hands yeah, now. I, I'm I'm driving the Sam Howell to Green Bay hype train. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing this again two years later. Maybe maybe they'll take Brees Hall if he doesn't go to Buffalo. Oh my god, we're yeah, running back. We're doing things. this live. <laughs> It's only funny because me and Kevin, my, one of my co-hosts, she's at the draft right now, and she's a diehard Packers fan, and she's suffering right now. <laughs> I was going to comment real quick about the Patriots trade for Andrew. Andrew, oh. you realize, though, trading your first rounder is probably the best thing to happen for you because the Patriots usually screw their first rounder. It's usually those picks you're going to get will actually make your team. But so you know, what, but you know what the problem with the Patriots? guys will be productive. <laughs> but Okay, so I countered that with look at the Patriots roster right now. 
what they are lacking is top end talent. They oh, have a bu- they have a bunch of guys who are okay, who can perform here and there, like your Kendrick Barnes who show up for a game or two, your Damian Harris's who every now and then in the snow breaks a ninety yard touchdown run. Like they have a bunch of guys who are good. They need someone. They need a playmaker. And that's what they're missing here. The trade back to 30, sure. They might still be able to get a playmaker at 30. We'll see what they do. So I'm happy they didn't at least trade out of the first round completely. But I wanted them to at least, if anything, take a playmaker on the offensive line. Their offensive line, they've lost so much so much depth on that offensive line this offseason. I wanted them to make a pick at 21. The fact that they traded back to 30 is killing me right now. We'll see what they do. I'll we'll see 20, what they 29. do. 29. Just to be clear, they traded back 29. to 29. Okay, 29. I mean, Sorry, not the, 30. One of the linebackers is most likely still going to be there, whether it's N'Kobe Dean, who I want, or Devin Lloyd. One of them will probably still be at 29. And there weren't a lot of – there's not a lot of top-end talent. Yes, it, the NFL draft is deeper than, like, the NBA draft. Once you get to sure. picks 29, 21 to 29 in the NBA draft, they're worthless. But – there's not going to be that playmaker. If they had, like, the 10th pick this year and traded back, yeah, I'd be pissed because they could have gotten a wide receiver or something. But those are two very good linebackers. And with Dante Hightower maybe retiring, getting old, and then we have Bentley and um, Mac Wilson are going to be our starting linebackers. We need more playmaking ability at the linebacker position, which is something that has hurt the Patriots the last couple of years. Yeah, yes. Jamie Collins was an athletic freak five years ago and things like that, but it's it's hurt us the last couple of years. I'll go back to you since we got to cut you off. Quay Walker is now a Green Bay Packer. They go linebacker. Wow. <laughs> they do it again. What? <laughs> they do it again. Three for three. <laughs> At least you they didn't trade up with this, this one. up. This was like the lock where I thought for sure they were picking a wide receiver, no matter oh who was God. there. I thought they for sure. Again. Uh, so I'm getting this. The Bills trade pick 25 to the Ravens. Ravens pick trade away pick 23 and 130. That's got to be... Wait, that's gotta be messed up. I, that, I, that, I think I'm, re- I think I'm reading this trade wrong. right there. If that's the case, Bills just fleeced the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess the Bills picks. just moved up. Yes, the Bills are on the clock, so the Bills just moved up to 23 oh and traded 25 and 130. This news alert came in ass backwards, and okay. then the Ravens have moved back to 25. So the Bills are now on the clock yes, as the they Bills move are. up here. So we got a bunch to react to. Uh, let's, Jared, let's kick it to you. Quag Walker, just react to that real quick for us. Not even the best linebacker in the Georgia defense. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure this out right now. Like, Kevin is hyped because N'Kobe Dean's still on the board, man. Like, okay, so my biggest thing about N'Kobe Dean was he could stick a guy up in the in – the, um, he could stick a guy up in the hole at his size, solo tackles. The, the problem with this kid is that he's always the second guy to the ball. He was the fifth most impressive guy in that defense, and the fourth most impressive guy is coming out next year. That's my problem with this. It's like they're like trying to reinvent the wheel for the third time this year. I, I'll like tell you my year, problem with it is that Devin Lloyd was the best linebacker period to me in this draft oh, class. I, so, I mean, Chris, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you with Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd is my top ten players in this draft. I think Devin Lloyd's a game changer. I think he's a guy who can play inside, outside. He can blitz. He can cover. 
I love them. Um, I think this is great for Patriot fans because I think Devin Wood should have been the pick there or Lindenbaum, either war, but it looks like either one of those guys could still fall to them. Um, the Packers, I, I'm i trying to figure out where their value is. You have DeAndre Campbell. You paid all that money to a linebacker. Um, you only can play two, three linebackers the most. Usually play two in today's NFL. So I'm trying to figure out what the hell the Packers are trying to you know, do. You talk about Walker being the fifth best player on you know George's team defense-wise. This is a guy that I think shouldn't never sniff the first round to begin with, um, and I cannot understand what they're trying to do. You have a huge hole in the offensive line. You have weapons that you still definitely need, and you could use extra players definitely. You know, pass rushing, for example, would have been a nice player to have. Uh, the Smith kids, you know, Smith is getting a little older. They're paying a lot of the guys a lot of money. So I was really surprised by it. Well, I shouldn't be surprised that the Packers do some stuff, but it's just a stupid, stupid pick in my opinion. Well, what's going uh, lost I, in I all this why. right now? Go ahead, Kevin. I know why we they made this pick. So all of our lives are fake. This world <laughs> is just Aaron Rodgers' own personal hell. Uh, and Brian Gutenkens is the devil. And he's just punishing Aaron Rodgers for spitting on his family or something in his life. So that's why I think this move was made. Mark Murphy is literally just trying to ply Aaron Rodgers' downfall. Uh, you know what? I'm with you guys because fuck Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I, lo- I love Aaron. That's I, did. I, I, I love his interviews on McAfee, but it's at this point, I'm just – Look, it's great I feel content. bad for Packers fans. Everyone likes Rodgers on McAfee. No one likes him yeah. when he's not on the show. That's the problem. <laughs> Whenever he great. speaks not on McAfee is when everyone starts to hate him. I mean, yeah, listen, that's his family or Shailene Woodley. I think he's still dating Shailene, which is the funniest part. They just call up their engagement. My favorite part about this is, is like, it's like, dude, man, like, I, like, what are you trying to do? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it anymore. I, don't I really don't. All right, well, there's two things I, I want to touch on here. One is, I am utterly shocked that Jermaine Johnson's falling this far right now. Yeah, that, yeah. that's I mean, the big it's one. Twenty-three. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and then the second one is, all right, guys, what do we think the Bills just traded up for? Ooh, I don't know if they'll go. Maybe Chris, they go really. Chris. I mean, I don't know if they're going to move to get Hall, so it makes sense. It might be a corner because McDuffie's off the board. Maybe their next corner that they're looking and try to make sure that they land one they have on their board. Uh, could be Booth, um, but I think that's what makes the most sense for them to move up for. Otherwise, none of the guys are kind of on that board that you need to move up to get. No, if, if I, I'm with you. I can't be Hall. But at the same time, if they don't take Hall here, I don't think they're going to get him. They'll get if they Walker want, if they want Hall. I think yeah. I think this is the time they. I don't think they they fall. Maybe so. they don't care enough to get Hall. I mean, and, and that might be the going case. Defense the whole the whole time. And maybe they look at Devin Singletary and the run that he had towards the end of last year and said, "You know what? You're good enough. We're going to stick with you because we don't run the ball anyway, so it doesn't really matter." And that's why they won't win a Super Bowl. Exactly. Or they're realizing that you can take a running back whenever the hell you want. You can take it, it in the yes. sixth round and you can pop off for a thousand yards and be a pro bowler. You can go, you not can go everybody. Not everybody. To, to, later, Kevin's, right? to Kevin's point, this is a very fairly deep running back class. I think Spiller fits the oh, see, I, dis- I disagree. I do not too. think this is a deep I love the cat, like the cat of Arizona State whose name escapes me right now. Like they can get him in the what? fourth round and he's Rashad, probably better. Rashad White. And you Rashad actually White. Can get oh, yeah, him in the Rashad fourth White. round. I love the Rashad, Rashad White. White is that he has no power as a runner, which is why I don't like him at all. He's purely a pass catcher, and that's it. Now, if you're playing this to draft have. a guy like that and pair that with a Devin Singletary, that's fine. But I kind of thought the idea was they were wanting to move on from Devin Singletary altogether at some point, unless, again, like I said, that run he had in the second half of the season was enough for that. Maybe Duke Johnson's that guy. He had a nice little run towards the end of the year. 
Spiller might still be there at what's that? Fifty-seven. There's the, yeah, Spiller could possibly be there at fifty-seven. Spiller he's, could he's be the there last fifty-seven. And he could he could fit their their offense a bit there. I don't mind Spiller to Buffalo if he's still there. Then this makes sense if they don't take Brees Hall here. I have a comment here, and it's coming off screen. Uh, it's from Todd Corson. He has, he says somehow the Packers still go thirteen and three, even though we always scratch our heads at the picks that they make. Which you know, that's fair. And, and I don't that's know what Aaron Rodgers does for you. Yeah, I don't oh. know if this is that year, but is it, the it's, it's, certain, it's certainly that's fair. When they go thirteen and three. Yeah, Amen, I really hate. Chris. I really Amen, hate this Chris. pick. Oh, I, really I love this. God, I love this pick. All right, well, go oh ahead, Jerry. God. All right, well, so first of all, with Kier Elam, because you're Elam, sorry. My biggest thing with him was his range, his athleticism. He's like kind of the discount Sauce Gardner. If you can't get Sauce, but you want a rangy quarterback who's beginning to cover bigger receivers, yeah, his his tape isn't immaculate, but. Overall, I, I like his tape better than Andrew Booth. It's just Andrew Booth had better numbers. and had a. I think here, Elam here, was he was a projected top 10 pick preseason this past year, or at least top 15. Now they're looking at him end of the first round. I think, honestly, with Tredavious Way, it's not a bad pick, especially with where Buffalo's biggest issue was the second. They couldn't stop anybody once Tredavious Way went out. I think it's a solid pickup. I really do. I like his uh, take. And I'm looking at the future picks here right now, too. I I don't – you know what? I, I'm changing my opinion. I don't see how Brees Hall falls to Buffalo at 57. I'm looking at – I'm looking at uh, – I'm looking at Tennessee. I'm looking at the Jets who have two picks in the second round before Buffalo has another pick. I'm looking at Seattle who has two picks in the second round before Buffalo. Like, there's some teams here who want a running back. I don't see how Brees Hall is going to fall to them at 57. Well, if they Andrew, want well, a Brees Hall, you. this is the time. Andrew, well, I got you. We're looking back at some sports betting right now. 29, that's the Patriots. Right now, yep. it's defensive player at minus 450, offensive player at plus 310. Do you think it's that sure of a thing they're going defense? It, look, I, I agree with Chris. It feels that way that, that – and with actually Kevin, who also made the point that it feels that way that they're going to go linebacker here. And if they go linebacker and get one of those two top linebackers, I don't I'll, – I'll eat my, my crow, whatever it is, and I'll freaking be all right with it, but – the, the, I'd be all right with that, but if they if they go ahead and trade again, then I'm going to be pissed off. So the Dallas Cowboys now on the clock, and look, if I'm a Cowboys fan, which I'm not, but if I was, <laughs> if I took anybody besides Linderbaum right here, I would be screaming for everybody's head. Uh, you have to get the interior offensive line put back together. You lose Connor Williams, you lose Collins, you yeah. have Zach Martin who's aging and getting hurt, you have Tyron Smith who's aging and getting hurt. If they were to take Tyler Linderbaum here, they could get back on track, do what they do best, which is running up the middle in a power scheme offense. To me, that has to be the pick. At least that would be the logical pick here. Let's see what they wind up doing. Kev, what do you think they do? Uh, I think Jarrett is going to take Brees Hall. Just because. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> just so, feel it's it. the most Jerry thing ever. <laughs> or he's going to just take Sky Moore just for fun. Or Christian Watson out of North Dakota you know, State. I wouldn't be shocked by the Sky Moore pick. I, I do. I don't hate that, Kev. I, I, look, I hate it, but I wouldn't be shocked by it. What do you think, Chris? John Metchie, the Pat, second round. I think that you make a great point. Linda Baum should be the pick. Another guy I think could be the pick or should be the pick could be Jermaine Johnson. They could use another edge rusher for sure. Um, but I do think that there's a good chance this is Dallas. They're going to make something kind of head-scratching. Um, probably 
There's a lot of talk about them getting an extra receiver. I don't think they need another receiver, but I wouldn't be surprised if they reach here. Um, Especially not in the first round. Yeah, I mean, absolutely they shouldn't, but I think that it's Dallas, so you never know. But I think Lindenbaum or, like I said, Johnson should be the picks. Um, but I'm really curious to see what, you know, Jerry does. I like the Brees like Hall thing. That, that got kind of funny, but I, it's Dallas. Well, why don't they just draft Malik Willis while they're at it, too, if they're going to be well, doing yeah, right You know what? <laughs> that was my answer. Just, Let's just really throw a monkey wrench in it. Look, and I don't, I don't disagree with you that they don't – so, well, okay. I do disagree with you. I, they, they need another receiver. They don't need a first-round receiver. I agree with you on that. But they do need another receiver. The fact that they lost both Cooper and a, a depth guy like Cedric Wilson, I do believe they need somebody else in this draft at receiver. Uh, first round, I agree with you. No, they should not be taking a receiver first round here. But I second or third round, I could see the Cowboys taking a receiver. So no, the Baltimore. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I guess I don't disagree with that at all. I think that the thing for me for Dallas is they, they struggled to use all the receivers last year and the weapons that they had in place. And I think that obviously they want to run the ball a bit more than they did last year as well. So you put those factors together. You had James Washington, and you found Cedric Wilson. You found Turner. So that I think Dallas has have a good job of kind of finding guys to kind of use for that third, fourth, fifth receiver. I mean, so you draft, draft capital, spend their draft capital too high on that. They get somebody later to kind of value-wise, I'm okay with it. But overall, I think Dallas has a lot of holes that need to fill, particularly also line and defense. Sure. If you are a fan of a team and you're depressed by the pick that you made today, <laughs> we are giving away a Jonathan Taylor jersey that might perk up your day. All you got to do is follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter, retweet this giveaway tweet, which is pinned to the top there, and you have to register on Pristine Auction. Use the promo code BELLY when you do so. That puts you into the tournament. We'll select a winner on May 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So something to look forward to in case you're like Andrew and you're pissed off the Patriots traded back. Yet, if uh, they yeah. take a linebacker in the first round, I'll be all right. But right now, I'm still a little mad. <laughs> a little steaming at the moment. So the next pick is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. They traded back. They've had a solid pick the first time around there, to say the least, and made some moves there with Marquise Brown going to the Arizona Cardinals. So what do we think the Ravens might do at 25? Are we discounting the Ravens reaching on a receiver here? Because they got rid of Marquise Brown, and I'm not sure they're sold on their receiving core now. And, you know, the A.J. Brown sweepstakes is over. And unless they have some, like, inside track for Debo, like, do we see them making, taking Sky Moore here? I, I think that could be a valid people. That could be a valid pick. I mean, yes, a wide receiver certainly becomes a part of the question uh, with them moving on from Marquise Brown. I just don't – I mean, maybe. And, Mark, and, you know, Sky Moore has a similar type of style to him that a Marquise Brown would. I think it, it's definitely within question. I think if I think the Cowboys didn't go Tyler Linderbaum here, that's another team I think that needs to go that route. But we'll see exactly what happens here in a few moments. What else what, – uh, Kev, what do you think they'll go? The Ravens? Yes. Um, I think Sky Moore, honestly. No. I think. Let me let – me, let, me, let, yeah. let me cut you off real quick. So we got Tyler Smith. He comes off the board. They go offensive line. Not who I would have went with. As you can see on the graphic here, didn't have him going in the first round originally speaking either. So a little bit of a reach in my book. I will say this about Tyler Smith. 
He can either be a right tackle or he could be a guard. So he has some versatility from that sense, and they need to get back to getting their offensive lineup. But what do you guys think? Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I hate the pick, honestly. I don't think he should be going in the first round. Um, I, think, I mean, I think, I think Smith's a good run, you know, blocker. He's definitely going to have a challenge, you know, pass protecting. He's very raw. I think he could be guard. I mean, right tackle, maybe. I think even think that's a stretch for him. I think he's clearly just a guard. Um, and I'm really surprised by this kind of the move with the other guys that are on the board right now. That's why I just think it's, you know, something that doesn't necessarily going to move the board, move the chains for them. A guy I won't be surprised about a league in three or four years. Hey, cowboy guy up there up top. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, listen. I, I love when uh, – so I have two things here. One is it's a Travis Frederick kind of fear where it's like the Cowboys knew something we didn't and pick like a potential like multi-time pro bowler who should have been in the third round. But at the same time, I just – I look at the pick – like your projection was on point. I didn't have him. I think I had one. I saw one mock draft where they had him at 32 to the Lions. That was the only one I saw him going in the first round. I think it was like Charles Davis, like back in like February or something like that. So I just, I think they totally reached on this one. They're, they even could have taken Trevor Penning, was still available. It's, I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't get it. Well, Trevor Penning, really, Trevor Penning's off the board. He went to the same. Oh, my tribe. I, I, I haven't flipped with Lindenbaum. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. Midwestern school. It's like what the Saints should have done. That's what, that's what, what the Saints should have. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, they could have taken Lindenbaum here. Sure. the inside. I, 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 you know what? I'm happy because good job, Jerry. You made my night even better. They I, probably think AJ, him I don't think anything can top AJ Brown. Uh, this is this is nice little sprinkles on it. They probably could have got him at fifty six though. Let's be honest. Oh no, easily they could have got yeah, him at the third yeah. round pick. Look, this feels like such an anti Cowboys pick, in my opinion. Like this is just not like. So so on one hand, it feels. Well, like is it a Jerry Cowboys Jones pick, pick or is it a Stephen Jones? It, pick? it does not feel like a Jerry Jones pick at all. What it feels like though is that a dedication to the run game, like we were saying. So if you have not already bought into Tony Pollard. I think you got to buy into Tony Pollard here because I think they're, they're going to commit to that two running back system now. But we're seeing take more of a form in the NFL right now where we got your Jamonte Williams, your Melvin Gordons, your uh, Gus Edwards, your um, J.K. Dobbins, your, your Elliott's and Pollard. Like, I think it's going to be we're, – we're seeing a trend towards a two running back system being more regular, and I think they're committing to that right now. So if you haven't bought into – from a fantasy standpoint, bought into Tony Pollard yet – He's he's probably you can probably still get him at some value at least for tonight. <laughs> Here's a funny one. This is from the the Sports Stove podcast, which is Vince. He's going to be on with us for the next uh, few picks here in just a moment. But he commented on YouTube: Jared's showing more trust in Jerry Jones's drafting ability than the Packers, <laughs> who have gone 39 and nine of the last three seasons. That is a very fair point there from Vince, who is in fact a, a Packers fan. No reaction from Jerry. I mean, like, you got the like, cheese head ready to go. It's listen, I, I gotta give Vince all the credit in the world. I, I pray for Packers fans every day because Mark Murphy's declared war on their mental state for the past four seasons. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I don't know how much they can just rely on Aaron Rodgers and some pieces on defense before they just all snap. I, I don't know. But li- listen, Vince, I love you. Uh, but listen, I'm, I have no faith in Jerry. Are you kidding me? I'm loving this because I'm loving the fact that Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham are going to get home on this kid. Dak's going to be on his back a lot this year. <laughs> so, Chris, help me out here. I'm looking into the future. I'm going to pick 31. Talk about the Bengals. Right now, even odds 
minus 115, whether it's an offense or a defensive player. Now, they're in a position. They could just go best player available. So that's why I think it makes it interesting. But if you're the Bengals, what are you leaning towards? I think it's going to be the offensive line. I think that you, you know Joe Burrow is your future. That passing attack and Joe Mixon are your, your weapons. You need to continue to solidify the offensive line. There's definitely holes all through it. So I think that's where they need to keep their attention and should be focused on. I, I tend I tend to agree. All right, let's 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 rewind here to the Ravens who are still on the clock at the moment. We're trying to figure out what they should do. Now I know what I know what I want them to do, and I'm going to put it this way too. If they take Linderbaum, I'm going to go to a fantasy standpoint here. Uh, J.K. Dobbins coming back off Achilles. Gus Edwards coming back. Yeah, guess what? Don't care about their injuries. They take Linderbaum and put him in the middle of that offensive line with what they have with Lamar Jackson right now. Dobbins shoots up easily to the high-end second round in my book, even with having to split time with Gus Edwards. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, well, I think we've pr- we've seen that proven in the time that we've seen uh, Dobbins and Edwards together and just multiple running backs in the Ravens system in general. I think we've seen that they're committed to that type of style of play and that you can have a guy be very uh, successful and high-end talent in a fantasy standpoint and Dobbins who can catch the ball and run the ball I think it makes a lot of sense. So if, they, if they're going to shore up that offensive line, it, then, yeah, Dobbins definitely could be a steal this draft uh, if people are going to doubt him because of the injury. Yeah, and that's why I think it would be really interesting going through with that. And, look, the Achilles injury, that is the one injury that mm-hmm. can still put players behind a year. It still takes a longer time to recover, normally speaking. But now we've seen it with Cam Akers, who was able to come back and play five, six months later. Now, he wasn't Cam Akers himself that we're used to seeing being explosive and everything like that. But it's it's just amazing now that even with a running back coming off an Achilles injury, I'm I'm not that concerned. Fair. I agree. I think and I think J.K. Dominance has proven that he's got the he's got the skill to where he can overcome it. As long as he's feeling close to 90%, I'd say I think he can uh, he can make something happen out there. He can make some plays. He's a playmaker who likes the ball. And that's what you want on the field out there as a running back especially in the type of offense that the Ravens run. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, I love J.K. Dobbins. I think it's, he'll, he'll definitely come back. With today's you know, recovery with surgeries, people, I think the injuries that used to kind of end people's careers or kind of make you lose a step or making it the same player rarely happen anymore. So I think this is a guy that could definitely bounce back. He got hurt early in the season last year. It wasn't like it happened late in the season. So he's got plenty of time to recover, plenty of time to kind of get used to getting hit again. So I love J.K. Dobbins moving forward. So wait for this pick to officially come in as they are trying to announce it. Tennessee's on the board next. You guys won't be around for that. So what does Tennessee do now after all? Trading away A.J. Brown, taking Traylon Burks. What direction do they head in? Do they attack the defense? Mm-hmm. I think that's the move. They have to. They couldn't stop anybody. Mike Vrabel looked until Mike Vrabel turned into like the best chess player I've ever seen, besides his mentor Bill Belichick. I was like, they. I think what was it? They had ninety plus different players suit up for them last season. Something along those lines. It was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was an unreal. insane number. So maybe go get Jermaine Johnson, who's still because they couldn't rush the passer. I think mm-hmm. besides Harold Landry, I think they have nobody on the edge who can get after a guy. So. If I'm Tennessee, I go get. I just say stop the madness. Go get Johnson. Like it's it's time. It's it's pick twenty. They did it. There it is. They yep. did it. Thank you, Ravens. Makes Sign sense. me up for Lamar. Sign me up for J.K. Dobbins. Sign me up for the entire Ravens offense. That's gonna be one of the most dominant offensive lines in football. 
next season. Go ahead, Andrew. Give me your reaction. Yeah, no, I, everything we just touched on. Like the, the, the Ravens are going to be back to what we saw from them, you know, two years ago. And obviously they weren't themselves last year with all the injuries. But, you know, the two years ago, between what they can do with Jackson and the, the dual running threat, um, it, it's it's going to open up some intermediate and short passing routes for the few receivers that they do have. Uh, so I, I do see the running game being the main factor of this offense for sure. And I see them being back to a playoff uh, contender for sure. Where can we follow you at? And what do you got working on next? Yes, yeah, so you can follow me at, at Real Mr. Mallard on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to be having uh, pre fantasy draft rankings starting uh, next week. Uh, they'll be out every other week. And then once the season starts, I'll have weekly rankings uh, that you can check out to uh, get your start and sit, sit questions out. And then if you want, if you're a golf fan, follow me on Divots and Pivots. I have a Divots and Pivots uh, show as well. So, golf show, uh, wherever you fancy, I'm here for you. All right, hold on, hold on. Actually, before we get to the rest of you guys, I got to hit this now. The Jets just traded into the first oh. round. So <laughs> I got to get you guys off the show real quick. So, Jared, where can we follow you at? What do you got working on next? Uh, you can follow me at this name right here, Belly Up Jared, and also at Corner Booth Podcast. Right now, we're working on just getting a lot of nice guests in for the offseason, of course, because, you know, post-draft, it gets a little slow. So, you know, we're going to have a few guests. We're returning guys. We might do some fun stuff as well, but it's going to be a good time in the offseason. And, Kev, what we got going on, man? Uh, at Belly Up Kev or at Quad Tailgate. It's tailgate on the quad, not quad on the tailgate, like Dan said when I first got on. Uh, still taking a break, probably coming back mid to late July to kind of do previews for the conferences. Excellent, excellent. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on. We'll be talking to you all real soon. It was great to have you. We got next group of guests coming on the round out the first round coming to a close so everybody stay tuned to billion sports mds baseball show nfl draft coverage and we'll be back with all of you right after this as summer begins to heat up there's only going to be one way to cool down this season i know when i hit the golf course yeti products keep my drinks cold until i tee it up at the 19th hole i'm andrew leduc from the divots and pivot show on belly up tv as we get back to normal and get back to the beach the park backyard barbecues and the golf courses you are going to want to be able to keep your drinks cool why not use the best products available for the job by going to bellyupsports.com and hitting the sponsors tab you will have access to the best deals that yeti has to offer yeti offers free shipping on orders 20 dollars or more and qualifying orders that can arrive in two to ten business days they have the best coolers the best tumblers and everything else you could possibly need to enjoy life in the summer so go to bellyupsports.com to get our link to access the best deals available today and remember free shipping on qualifying orders i'm andrew leduc And there it is. So we're welcoming new guests. We got the pick is in. Jermaine Johnson off the board for the Jets. Great pick for them. I can't believe he fell this far. Let's introduce our guests and get their reaction. So first up at the top, we have Commissioner Cooper, Jason Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. How you doing today, sir? Doing great, my friend. Appreciate you having us on. And wow, you guys have been running a marathon today. Congrats to you and Chris and a great job on the show. Uh, been enjoying it so far. Technically, this is just a warm-up because tomorrow when we come back for the second and third round, that's even longer. Vince, how are we doing, man? Packers fan, we were talking some smack on your last group there. How are you doing, though? 
Dan, man, that was a hard segment to watch. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to these last several picks. Real happy to have you on. And we got the Uke, Duke the Uke. He's our big-time NFL draft writer right now on Belly Up Sports. Happy to have you on. Let's kick it to you right away. What's your reaction to Jermaine Johnson on the Jets? I think that's crazy, man. The Jets getting Garrett Wilson and Sauce and Jermaine Johnson. Those are three top ten players. Seriously, like what a haul for the Jets. This is a master class in drafting. They could not have done this any better. Yeah, they, they really came out. They've actually done a really good job so far today. Right, Chris? When we talk about the Jets, some they used to be stupid. But now since Douglas has taken over, there's been a lot of good picks made. The question now becomes, do they have the coaching staff to actually get it done on the field? Because we didn't see much improvement last year. Yeah, I think that question still remains for me. That's kind of why I was on the Wilson pick. I think the coaching staff, you know, a lot to be desired last year. Defense was horrendous. The offense didn't show any progress throughout the season. So I have a lot of concerns. The draft, I definitely have been a big fan of. I think Jermaine Johnson kind of saved that you know, Wilson pick. If he was flip-flopped them, I'd be super happy with that pick. So I look at this Jets you know, draft pretty good. It was good last year, but didn't want to capitalize on the field that great. So let's, we'll see how it works out now. I will say this now, though. The pieces are in place for Robert Sala to actually run his defense. So I don't want to say there's definitely no more excuses because there's still a lot of talent needs to be had on this team. Let's not get it twisted. But something productive should be seen here on the field, I would imagine. Jason, now you're part of the fantasy group like me and Chris are with Belly of Fantasy. By the way, guys, Jason's going to be coming with us to the Fantasy Football Expo in August 12th to the 14th in Canton, Ohio. If you're around, you can make the trip out. It's going to be a great time. Please do so. Stop by and see us. We'll be happy to meet you. But is there anything that stuck out to you from a fantasy standpoint so far in the first round? Like, what's been your favorite one? I mean, so I, I think it's – let's overstate the obvious. It's A.J. Brown. I mean, I just came out of nowhere. Wife, wifey, as a Philly fan, comes running into the garage like, oh, my God, you know, super excited. Big uh, – I think that's big football-wise even for Philly. I like that move for them because you have Devonta Smith who can go deep. And now you got A.J. Brown that can pretty much do it all. Two young receivers – a young quarterback that can kind of mold into place. I That, to me, is the biggest move um, so far in the draft. We can sit here and talk about all these young guys all we want. The bottom line is it's got to be the right system, right fit. So I know all you New York Jets fans are all happy and excited about your offseason. Woo, good job. But you're still last in the AFC East, homies. So we'll see you soon. Yeah, Jason is a Dolphins fan, in case you guys couldn't tell. <laughs> The Jaguars are on the clock. They just traded up with the Buccaneers. They gave up the number 33 pick, which was the first pick in the second round, 106 and 180, to get back into the first round. So the Bucks trade out of the first round altogether. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Vince, what do you think the Jaguars just moved up for? I, mean, I think you're looking at guys like Devin Lloyd uh, right now, make a lot of sense in Jacksonville. Uh, there's nobody that stands out as far as you're, like, you're trying to get ahead of who, you know, you're trying to get ahead of Green Bay. Well, I'm not sure they're looking at the same positions right now. You got guys like Harloftis, who I love here. But Jacksonville's already got two edge rushers. We talked about that. You guys talked about that at the very beginning of the draft. So uh, I think you look at like a, a Devin Lloyd and a Kobe Dean possibility here. The other guy would be Andrew Booth, their Clemson cornerback. Because Green Bay, they already got jumped once for a cornerback. So it, it appeared maybe that's what happened again here. What do you think, Chris? 
are we sure that Green Bay is not taking another linebacker? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. They'll be one of the few teams in the NFL trying to pay. I think they have about $47 million committed to the linebacker position and two first-round picks the last two years. But, um, yeah, so I do think that it's probably going to be something, um, you know, defensively. I would be kind of surprised if it's linebacker. I know they moved on from Miles Jack. They weren't so thrilled with him. But I think Jacksonville is going to look for, you know, a guy probably in the secondary. They definitely have some holes to kind of fill. Um, and I wouldn't also look look at the, you know, whether or not it's an offensive lineman. But I think well, ideally it's probably going to be a secondary player. I would look at Luke Kine here or at the safety. Devontae Wyatt. That's a good one. Too. That would be a good one, too. Uke, who would be your top guy on your board right now? So the top guy still available on my board is obviously Devontae Wyatt. He is just such an unbelievable talent. The fact that he's still available is just absolutely bonkers. But uh, I honestly don't think that the, the Jaguars are trading up to get a guy like Devontae Wyatt, especially after taking Trayvon Walker. It just it doesn't seem like, you know, like great strategizing here. I think that a sleeper to be picked here is maybe Bernard Ryman, the offensive tackle from Central Michigan. Maybe that's why they jumped ahead of the Packers who have a need at offensive tackle. Bernard Ryman is a very athletic and strong player. I really love him. He's honestly one of my favorite players in this draft. And if the Packers are, are looking at him, this could be where the why the Jags jumped up. I like that pick as well. Raymond, they do need offensive line, and especially with Raymond in particular, he is a guy that profiles as somebody who could play inside. So if they want to keep Walker on the outside, keep Cam Robinson on the outside. They could move him to guard. That wouldn't be that big of a stretch either. I do think that's what they're going to do. I think in Jacksonville's own weird way, they're like, we're going to follow what the mold is as far as we're supposed to get offensive and defensive linemen to rebuild our team. We're going to do it in the most ass-backwards way we possibly can by taking, you know, kicking it off, by taking Walker for no reason to kick the thing off to begin with. But that could be something we could be seeing in just a few minutes. Oh, guess what? The pick is in. Maybe they were worried about the Packers going linebacker. It's Devin Lloyd. <laughs> That's who the Jaguars just trade up for. Now, look, I like the pick because Lloyd was the top linebacker on my board. He was one of my top players overall. I do think this is a guy that comes in. He can be a captain of your defense. He can be a game changer for your defense, and that's something Jacksonville desperately needs. I'm just surprised you bring in Doug Peterson. Trent Bulky has a history of usually taking offensive players, and he went defense twice was jack is jackson trying to tell us something jason <laughs> i don't know if they're trying to tell us something but they're trying to tell the league uh sending the league a message trevor lawrence look he did all right last year sometimes i guess um you know we got we got a offense that's trying to find themselves um i'm not really sure what the jags are doing to be quite frank with you so we'll see as we go forward you do you like the pick i know this wasn't the top guy on your board so, yeah, I actually really like Devin Lloyd. I just think I don't know what the Jags are doing here. At the end of the day, Trevor Lawrence led the league in interceptions last year. you got to build around him. And, like, yeah, there was no one who was great on offense who was available. What are you talking about? They signed Christian Kirk to $20 million. That's not building around Oh, yeah, of course. Christian Kirk, top five wide receiver in the NFL. How could I doubt the guy? <laughs> Championship. But at the end of the day, you you got to build around Trevor Lawrence. And there was no one available at 27, but they traded up to 27. There would have been someone who was available at pick 33 who would have been a good pick, good value at 33 offensive line or something like that. I just I don't get why they're they're pounding defense so hard here. They got to build around Trevor Lawrence. Well, I'm curious to see what Chris says because Chris, you had Devin Lloyd in a similar position I did, which is really high up on our board. So, what do you think about the pick? Yeah, I have a top ten player on my board. I think he's definitely a game changer, and I love you know the, the player himself. I'm kind of surprised by the pick as everybody's kind of pointing out. Um, you know, the value is a little bit 
questionable for me that you're moving up for guys that you don't really have a clear need for in a sense. Trevor Lawrence definitely has not got enough you know, ammunition around him. Christian Kirk, I don't think was the answer. Um, but I also no. think that <laughs> I also think that at least it wasn't Brees Hall. So we should be kind of happy about that. It wasn't a running back. Um, so, I mean, when you put all those things together, I think it's, you know, a not, it's a great pick in the sense where I love Floyd, Lloyd. I think he could be a game changer. I think he's a captain of your defense moving forward. It's a little surprised, you know, as they kind of point out, that they're going so heavy defense when Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be your face of your franchise. Okay, Vince, your team's on the clock. What do you, what do you want? I don't, I don't care about your team. What do you want? Can I defend Jacksonville real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay. They go out and they get Brandon Scherf. They go out and get Evan Ingram. I'm not a huge Christian Kirk and Zay Jones fan, but in the offseason, they went and addressed the offense. They look at the defense now. I think they have a huge need at inside linebacker, and they fill it here with the best inside linebacker in the draft, I think. I think it's a great pick for them. Question pick number one, I think they should have went Hutchinson. But anyways, what I want for Green Bay now is the best player available. I trust these guys. I, I know that's not popular to say, uh, outside of Jordan Love, these guys hit on the draft. And so I, I actually mocked uh, here for Devontae, the uh, Georgia lineman, to go here. Um, uh, actually, I, at 22, I had, I had that picked. Uh, so I'd love to see that. I think Devontae Wyatt would be a huge pickup for Green Bay to add with Kenny Clark on the defensive line. Um, outside of that, there's no wide receiver here. You're not, you're not going to get a wide receiver here. You're going to wait till the second round uh, for that. There's no reason to reach. Uh, Andrew Booth, Daxton Hill, two guys I like as well, could bolster the secondary in Green Bay. Um, they're at this point where the thing they need is a wide receiver, and you're not going to draft that here. So I, I like Wyatt, I think, is the smart pick. Well, can I ask you a real quick question, Vince? Yes. You say you trust them. I, I love the, you know, Alexander was a great pick, for example, Jerry Alexander, but I don't love their draft the last couple of years. So I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what you kind of justify that you trust their draft picks with. All right. Let me uh, give you a couple names and then you tell me how, how they didn't turn out for you. Okay. So that, this is why I do trust them. Uh, Aaron Jones, fifth round pick. AJ Dillon, second round pick. Elgin Jenkins, second round pick. Uh, you look at the first round picks in recent years, Darnell Savage, he's a great safety, playing great, great football. Rashawn Gary, a lot of people thought, oh, that was a horrible pick. First year was not good. Since then, he's been great. Ken, uh, Kenny Clark was the first round pick as well. Um, Royce Newman, fourth round pick, starting left guard. Fit in perfectly. One of the best rookie offensive linemen last year. David Bakhtiari, fourth round pick uh, as well. So they find guys, and, and the history of their second round receivers is absolutely phenomenal over the years as well. So they miss every now and then. Everybody does. But overall, I think I think they draft pretty solid. And as a Packer fan, uh, and my dad is a minority owner. So uh, he's pretty happy. He's pretty happy with it, too. <laughs> you have a rebuttal, Chris. I was just curious, with most, was the GM, you know, the actual GM for most of those picks? Because I don't think Bakhtiari was one of their picks. I don't think that Aaron Jones was one of his picks. Right, um, Goody. Goody was was on the staff back then. Uh, he was not the one making the picks then. Uh, the guy who did is, is currently passed away. Uh, but he was there for Jair. He was there for Darnell Savage. Uh, he was there for Gary uh, as well. He was there for A.J. Dillon, who's turned out pretty solid. Eldon Jenkins, he was there. Josh Myers, the starting center, uh, he drafted him in the second round as well. So he's he's been around for a while, but he's made some pretty solid picks, I'd say. Vince, can you do us a huge solid and wake pop up? Because you guys need need a little 
vigor and some life. Because, I mean, as a fantasy guy, I do not want to go into this season <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers throwing to Sammy Watkins in the end. I mean, I just don't want to see it. Let's get some something going. We got A.J. Brown traded tonight. All right. this stuff going on. What is Green Bay doing? They're, they're, Hollywood, they're sleeping. Hollywood Brown on the move also. I mean, there's definitely some options there that could have – really bolstered this offense. I thought Debo was still an opportunity, a chance, because there's ties with San Francisco and Green Bay uh, with LaFleur and everything. So I thought that was a slim possibility as well. Uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is those receivers went so early in this draft. I mean, what can you do but wait and hope that you that you hit in the second round? And they might draft three receivers still in this draft, just it won't be in the first round. Looking ahead to pick 32 real quick, because this is going to be the last prop bet we're going to have for the night. It's minus 200 for a defensive player, plus 150 for an offensive player. That is the Vikings pick after the trade with the Detroit Lions. So what do you guys think? Are they going to go right now? Vegas is telling us defense, but I could see the Vikings. Vikings are in a position where they can just take best player on their board too because they don't necessarily have a big need anywhere. They have little needs here and there, but they could just kind of take the best value available. So you, I'm curious to see what you think. What would the best thing for the Vikings to do at 32? I think, yeah, Vikings just go best player available. You know, given the way that the draft fell, there isn't really a player who's been dropping, you know, that that they need to snag right now. Maybe a guy like Devontae Wyatt I like. Maybe a guy like Louis Seen who's interesting, uh, Nicobe Dean. But none of these guys fill big, massive needs for the Vikings. Uh, the, the places where I would you know love for them to hit needs that they have is like interior offensive line, secondary, but like cornerback. But none of those guys are really available right now. Good values right here. Maybe a guy like Andrew Booth. If Andrew Booth is available, that would be very interesting. But I feel like yeah, they just follow their board. You know, this is a rare situation where they have needs, but the way the board fell, just take who's there. Well, just going off of what you just said, you just listed a bunch of defensive players, which is why probably Vegas has it at minus two hundred right now, which isn't really the great value pick. But I agree with you. I don't really have an offensive player that I think they need to address at that 32 spot right now. So I don't think you're going to get the good value bet, which would be the offensive side. I think it is more likely it would be defense. They need help in the back end of that secondary. Hey, Dan. There's no one here either right now. That's a great pick. Dan, what you got to think about with that, looking at value, someone trading up to 32 to get Malik Willis there at the end of the first round, get that fifth-year option. Uh, I think that's where your value lies, not Minnesota, but someone who trades into that 32 spot. And that's that's possible as well. The Vikings could very well just keep trading back and getting more value right now because they can just kind of stick to their board at the time. Here's a good one. So after the A.J. Brown trade, Philly's odds moved from 50 to 1 to 40 to 1 for to win the Super Bowl. So A.J. Brown just moved them 10 spots, 10 spots on the odds to win the Super Bowl. That's really curious. But we got the pick. And it is Wyatt. I don't know why I don't have his graphic up here, but Devontae Wyatt is the pick for the Green Bay Packers. I like it. Vince, do you like it? Yeah, like I said, I had a mock drafted at 22 to Green Bay. I thought that they would be able to get him there. He fell down to 28. They didn't have to make any trades and move around. That really solidifies their defensive line. They they were kind of weak in one spot on the D-line. That will really, you know, put it pretty, pretty solid. The guy that started for him last year now can move and be a backup. I love it for Green Bay. Chris, what's your reaction? He was one of your favorite players, too. I'm not a big Wyatt guy, so he's not one of my favorite players. Oh, what did I get him confused with then? Why are you a big Wyatt guy? Are you kidding me? Just a penetrator up the middle? 
Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, as a guy that I think definitely has the potential, a guy that can definitely you know, can be a disruptor, but wasn't a guy that I think is a first round talent, in my opinion. Um, so it wasn't a guy I was necessarily high on. Man, man, man. Chris is pooping all over the Packers picks. Questions, Vince, about what makes them so good? Oh, I don't like this pick either. I'm out of here. <laughs> but, Jason, once again, the Packers are going to get out of the first round without taking a wide receiver. Now, I will I will say this draft, unlike others, there's a more excuse for it because the top echelon receivers did go a lot higher. And I don't have a first-round grade on a sky more or a Tolbert, or really any other guys that are left at this point, a, a key or shock here. I don't, I don't have any of those guys really as a first-round grade, so I don't really knock them for that. But when you're looking at the Packers and we're looking at Aaron Rodgers and we're looking at his fantasy value for next season, what the heck is it? Um, you know, look, at the end of the day, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's going to throw, you know, you could throw my uncle open, um, you know, if anything. But, um, like, you know, like we said, what weapons are we looking at right now? There's still time, um, obviously, to still make a trade, um, make some kind of <laughs> kind of move. Um, but you know, again, you, you mentioned, yeah, we don't, we can't discredit them for not, you know, going receiver. But we can discredit them for why aren't we active in the trade? Why, why aren't we moving up? Why aren't we doing something to make this offense better, especially an aging quarterback at that? Um, you know, one that's had a little bit of drama issues at some point sometimes. Um, but, you know, I still love Aaron Rodgers' fantasy value um, because they're still going to throw the pill at the end of the day. So, um, you know, does it really kill him? Uh, no. Um, but it does affect him as far as where I would draft him at. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. No, I'm debating you on this one, big guy. I got Aaron Rodgers coming out of the top 12 right now because everything is signaling to me that the Packers are going to be a run-first team next year. And we've already seen them play at an incredibly low pace last season and you take away Devontae Adams for that please don't talk to me about Sammy Watkins I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear about Amari Rogers I don't want to hear if they try to bring back Randall Cobb I don't want to hear it Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking like what he did back in 2019 when he had one of his worst scenes of his career statistically speaking now that, that might not be from a Packers fan standpoint with Vince that might not mean losses but from a fantasy standpoint I don't see a guy who cracks the top 12 quarterbacks this year Go ahead, you can rebuttal. Yeah, so, you know, again, I agree with this. I mean, as in a football perspective, 100%. That's what we've all said that the Packers should do, especially you're in a cold weather state. You got the snow. You got Captain Thunder, Thunder Thighs, A.J. Dillon. I mean, I love A.J. Dillon, especially down the stretch of the season. Yes, that's what they should do. But it's Aaron Rodgers, my friend. And we know how Aaron Rodgers likes to do things. I just don't see how he's going to just start handing the ball off all of a sudden. It's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to spling the pill. And what, again, let's see if these young guys in the defense can step up. If they can, then, of course, um, you know, they'll be in a position to control the clock, run the football, um, and play good defense. We'll see if that that, uh, permeates on the field. But, again, still Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to audible to some throws. I still like him uh, top 12 quarterback next year. I think if he knew Devontae Adams was going to be leaving, I think he would have stuck with Jeopardy. Chris, <laughs> Patriots are on the clock. Jaguars, I think, took the pick that they wanted. So if you're the Patriots, what are you doing here? 
Yeah, I'm looking to trade down. Um, I think that if they can out of the first the round. Thing, out of the, I mean, do the Patriots thing. That's what they usually do is trade out of the first round. So I think that's probably the best move actually for them. Well, it's left on the board. A lot of guys think you pick your preference. I know we talked about the linebacker position. I'm not a huge Dean fan. I don't think he's a great fit for their defense necessarily either. They usually have the linebacker to be a little bit bigger. Um, so I look at, you know, kind of the guys on the board. And the only guy that kind of jumps out to me that I like is Daniel Fioli, the left tackle uh, or right tackle probably initially um, from Minnesota. They definitely could use an upgrade in the tackle position. I know they have Brown, but he's kind of been, you know, Trent Brown's been kind of injured a lot the last couple of years. Can't really bank on him. So that's the guy I like the most. But I think they'd probably look to trade down if they could. I will say this. We talk about the Packers never taking a wide receiver. I, I'm not really impressed with the Patriots wide receiver grouping either. However, again, probably wouldn't take one here if I was them. Don't have one in the first round grade. They pay, they paid all this money for tight ends they didn't use. They paid all this money for backup receivers that they didn't use because they weren't good either. When we look at this team, and you have a Mac Jones, talk about the Jaguars trying to build around their quarterback, well, what about the Patriots? What are they doing to help out Mac Jones? And with Josh McDaniels gone, what does that leave them with? Because now all of a sudden, is this going to be Bill Belichick uncorked? Because I'm fearful of what the hell that's going to look like. Anybody have a comment? You're right. They haven't done anything to help Mac Jones. Uh, not in the offseason. Now, again, he still has the tight ends there, so maybe they use them this year because uh, they're a talented group with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Wide receiver-wise, they're they're really hurting as well. Um, when will they get one? Will they trade for one? The Patriots seem to luck into picks oftentimes, and this year that's not the case. They traded back, and there wasn't one of those stud guys that fell. You've got some some edge rushers that I like, but it just doesn't seem like that's the fit right here because they went all in on free agency last year to sign defensive guys. So, uh, yeah, Mac Jones is getting an entry spot, and without having a true offensive coordinator, at least at this point, uh, New England's a team that's, I don't know, kind of kind of scary in the wrong way <laughs> next year. Well, they don't forget they traded for most injury-prone receiver from America's team. Um, so good luck with that. We appreciate you guys taking that off our hands. Although, again, I will say – dumbest strategy by Miami ever. Why? I don't care who it is. Why do you give your division uh, rival anything to booster them up? It makes no damn sense. But yeah, I agree, Dan. They're they're not looking to uh, to, I would love to see Bill Belichick uncork this season for sure. Actually, now I'm thinking about this because I have a Dolphins fan on here, and even though you claim to be America's team, I never run into you people. But <laughs> the whole rumor of Tom Brady wanting to go to Miami, what did you think of that? Uh, what could have been? <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, if it's the rumors were true, bringing in Sean Payton, Tom Brady, I mean, I'm all for it, bro. Sell the farm. I don't care. I don't want to build in the draft anymore. I don't want to keep, uh, oh, hey, maybe this draft pick will work out. No, let's go for it. That's why I love the Tyreek Hill train. Um, man, I would have loved Tom Brady. I don't care. You know, I, I talked about Deshaun Watson all last season. I'll take whatever, bro. Bring them on. Let's go. I want titles. Let's do it. All right, you, you're in the you're in the war room for New England. What are you going to do? Are you going to trade back or are you going to stand pat right here and take somebody? 
So I got to say, I actually, there's some guys here that I really like. Uh, guys like Lewisine and Kobe Dean, both from Georgia. I really like them with this pick. They're both really talented and they fill a need for the Patriots. You know, and Kobe Dean at linebacker, they could use some linebacker help. And Kobe Dean, the way he's just, he plays the game with just this unreal football IQ. He understands it better than anyone. And he plays with this ferocity where he could just get after, every, like, get after every ball carrier and he can control a defense. I really love that about Kobe Dean. He seems like a very Patriots player. Same thing with Lewisine. Their safeties are getting pretty old. Devin McCourty, um, I think Pat, no, I don't remember who the other guy is, but Devin McCourty, their safeties are getting uh, a little bit on the older side, so Lewisine would help. But someone I really like is George Karlaftis. He seems like such a patriot. I feel like he would be just an ideal fit in their defense. I like Cole Strange here. That's who I like. Oh, is that who? Oh, huge- <laughs> yeah, leave it to the Dolphin guy to spoil the pick. There it is. Cole Strange off the board. Offensive guard, well, at least he will be playing offensive guard for the Patriots. They have some experience there at tackle in college. Jason, you're not allowed to speak. Chris, what's your take on this pick? Yeah, we don't – I just to, you know, MD's nation and, you know, belly of fans, uh, heads up. I gave – I did the graphics. He's not one of the graphics for the top three rounds. Cole Strange does not belong in the first round. Um, and this is just an absolute – true Patriots pick. That's why I said they needed to trade down to do the Patriots thing because this is just a huge well, reach. Here's what you said earlier in their show. You said the Patriots do better when they their second and third round players. They figure they just take one of those in the first round and then just you know, call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so because it, it seems like they don't want to necessarily improve their team. We do have a, we do have a graphic for this one. So the Chiefs just took George Kalafis, or however you say that name. I know I butchered that, but they go with a rusher at the end. I actually like this pick quite a bit. First of all, they need help along that defensive line. He can provide them with a little bit of both. So he's not just a pure pass rusher. He is a guy that has been consistently able to set the edge in college, a little bit more of an all-around guy, but they needed somebody outside of Chris Jones who can get some penetration that's what he can come in and do. So I don't mind the pick here. I didn't necessarily have him in a first-round grade, but I did have him as a pretty high second-round grade, so it was not so much of a reach here for me ultimately. But, you, what do you think? So I actually – I'm not a huge Karloftis fan uh, just because he is so dominant. He was so dominant at Purdue with his strength and just the way he, he overpowered every blocker that came in his path. The only problem is it was very concerning. Every time they left him completely unblocked and ran a guy right at him, he just couldn't tackle them because he has no agility. He has no change of direction capabilities. Uh, he's just way too stiff. And when you put him up in the NFL and they're going to be able to to manipulate him like that and have ball carriers run right at him like they did in college and he'll just be you know completely useless, I feel like that's a really big knock. That's something that's really going to prevent me from taking him in the first rounds. Now, I don't even see how he fits in the, in the Chiefs' off defensive scheme. You know, is he going to be, uh, uh, you know, a three-four defensive end, a five-tech? I, I don't really see where he fits, but he—he's just such a dominant player. Where I could totally be wrong on this one. Well, I, I'll tell you right now where he fits. He fits Spagnola because Spagnola loves these type of guys who can, who can go inside, outside. So I, I automatically can understand why they would go with this pick because he is definitely a Spagnola type of defensive end. What, what do you think, Vince? Yeah, I had him over Jermaine Johnson on my board. Uh, absolutely love Carl Loftus. I actually had him mocked to the Chiefs down here at the bottom of the first round as well. I think he's a great fit there. I think Spags, I'm not a huge Spagnola fan, but I think that he can do some some good things with them. And 
I mean, Kansas City just needs help on defense. If they can get a solid football player, it's going to help them out. And I think Carlisle is that for them. I love the pick here. Um, I would have been happy to see him in Green Bay, honestly. But, but I'm, I think it's a good, good fit there in Kansas City. It's the end of the draft when everybody gets their acts together. So Daxton Hill is going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know what? I like the pick because they need somebody to come in there who can be a hybrid. They need secondary help. They had to address that. in the. That was a big thing. That was why they lost the Super Bowl, ultimately speaking. They didn't have anybody who can cover Cooper Cup. This is somebody who kind of addresses that issue. So I don't mind the pick here. I personally probably would have went with Booth if I was them because I don't know why we're wasting our time with Eli Apple. It's going to be really bad next season. <laughs> but they do go with Hill. Jason, what's your reaction? Well, uh, if you don't remember, Eli Apple was my Super Bowl MVP pick, surprise Dark Horse pick. I mean, I don't know if you remember that or not, but... Um, <laughs> Everyone tries to win the lottery, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> got to roll the dice at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, Chiefs got a, uh, got a lot of issues. Or, excuse me, we're on to the Bengals, my bad. Uh, you talked about it earlier in the show. Where were they going to go? Offense, defense, um, you know, it's... Who knows? They could just, again, they went with the best player available on the defense. They're definitely not going to go receiver. Stack there. Got a good running back already. Good offense. Um, so good pick for the for the Bengals, like you said. That's why they lost Super Bowl. Could not guard Cooper Cup um, at the end of the day. So, yeah, good pick for the Bengals all around. And this is somebody that a lot of people had him mock going in the end of the third round. I mean, a lot of it was going to the Chiefs, initially speaking, because, you know, they were looking for secondary help. Although, I'm glad they didn't, because people seem to forget they signed Reed. Reed is already that guy. So when I kept seeing all these mock drafts or Hill going there, it just didn't make sense in my brain. So I'm glad to see this happen instead. Uh, Chris, with the Bengals here making this pick, does this get them closer to being a Super Bowl winning team this time around? I'm gonna go with no. Um, I know that <laughs> I know that Daxton Hill is you know a player. Need a Johnny player. Rain Clown drop every time Chris. <laughs> well, because and we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But you know, just a couple of things real quick. You talk about the Packers and the great drafts. Their defense hasn't finished. In the, you know, uh, it's only finished top twenty-four twice in the last decade. Um, so that all these great picks and all these great things and investing on the defense, I don't really see it panning out. And this is another situation in Cincinnati where you have Jesse Bates, definitely a ball hawk safety. Where is Daxton Hill kind of fit in that secondary? He's not a true corner. You talked about him guarding Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup will eat his lunch all day, every day. Um, So I think that's a problem that you're not really addressing in any kind of capacity. To your point, I think there's other corners on the board that would have helped over Eli Apple, but I don't really see this guy having a clear fit for this team. Even Luke Kine, I think, would have been a better safety you know, fit for them, per se, because he actually can tackle and hit people and play a little bit in the box. Um, this guy's more of a hybrid guy, and I really don't see, like I said, with, with Jesse Bates, how that hand really fits well and really what they're going to do defensively different versus anybody. Duke, where did you have Daxon Hill rated? I'm actually one of the people I'm very low on Daxon Hill. If anyone who, anyone who read my uh, draft preview they saw, he is – as of now, let me see. He's my 55th overall rated prospect, and I feel like Whoa. that's pretty high for me, at least. Um, I just, I had, there's one thing that was very concerning for me about him. Now, 
everyone saw at the combine, and this guy is an elite athlete. You know, he had a ridiculous three cone number. He ran a great 40. The only problem is he doesn't really have a true positional fit. He's not, he doesn't have the measurables to play at any position. Now he couldn't cover anytime he tried to play a true corner, tried to, to cover in the slot. He got completely torched, completely uh, torn apart. And so you can't really cover and he doesn't have the size or the physicality or the tackling ability to be a true safety. He also doesn't really have the range and he has the speed, but also his change of direction ability on tape. Every time he takes like one or two extra steps and that slows him down. There are just so many red flags on his tape that at the end of the day, you know, yeah, he's a great athlete and he, he's someone who, who lit up the combine, but how, how much stock am I going to put just into that one thing when everything on tape kind of pointed the other way? So I see a lot of hype about him. A lot of people were saying he's going to go in the first round to me. I just don't see it. I, I feel like he, he's going to be one of the busts of the first round. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hot takes fresh and hard for you guys. So the Vikings are on the clock while we're waiting for their pick to come in. I'll start with Chris. because You've been with me all night long. What has been your favorite pick this first round? Um, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with, and you can go with one of the trades if you want to go with one of the trades. Well, I think AJ Brown's definitely the best thing. I'm not, I'm not an Eagles fan, so I, it's hard for me to say it's my favorite because I'm not an Eagles fan, but that, I mean, it's definitely a home run move by the Eagles. And then pairing with Jameson Williams on top of that. Um, but I think that when I look what the Ravens did, that's probably my two favorite picks. Linda Baum and Hamilton, if it's Ravens to a T, what they needed, it's going to help their team on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I love the jersey. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I look at I look at what they did, and I really think that they really solidified the Ravens' things. Um, Linda Baum to me could do what Yonda did for them for many, many years. And then, like I said, the safety position, well, I don't think you know, Hamilton was necessarily an Ed Reed kind of guy. He's kind of a hybrid between Ray Lewis and Ed Reed for them in the defense where they kind of brings that alpha and makes up for that Patrick McQueen guy that you know, hasn't been the greatest middle linebacker for them. So he kind of helps solidify that as well with his tackling ability. So all of those things, I think Ravens really did a great job this, this draft. Yeah, they did. Jason, go ahead. All right, well, um, I'm going to throw up right after I say this, but my favorite pick overall um, would be Garrett Wilson with the Jets. I mean, to me, they were looking looking for somebody in the offseason, try to make some trades. Obviously, America's team got in front of them with Tyreek, and they've tried to, you know, tried to dabbo with Debo and, and do all types of things. Haven't been able to do anything, able to snag a, a good – or excuse me, a great playmaker with speed along with Elijah Moore. You got uh, you got the ingredients of a decent offense. You talked about the moves they made on defense. So for me, that's the best pick because, hey, I'm a fantasy guy. I want to talk about points. I want to talk about fun stuff. That, to me, was the best pick overall. Yeah, but as a fantasy guy, he goes in a situation with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and a team that comes from the mindset of run first, not pass first. Yeah, but that's that's the mindset now. But we'll see as the season progresses how that pans out. You know what I mean? We can have these great uh, plans going into the season, but you got to play to what your strengths are. Um, and we'll see what the Jets' strengths are. We'll see um, what Zach Wilson brings to the table this year. Maybe you know, maybe their defense uh, puts them in situations where they're going to have look. They're playing in the AFC. The AFC is a gauntlet right now, um, so they're going to have to put up points. So you can try to run the ball, play 90s football all you want, but you're going to lose a lot of games if you try to do that. So, um, you know, later on in the year, of course, that works. you got to put up points in this NFL. Um, so, you know, to me, I like this pick. I think, they'll, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot in New York. Okay. How about you, Vince? 
Boy, I like Devin Neal at seven. I like Jamison Williams at 12. But for me, it's Trent McDuffie. I think the value that you get for him at 21 for Kansas City, they desperately needed a cornerback, especially in that AFC West. And I had McDuffie up in my top 12. Uh, so to have him drop to 21, uh, I mean, Washington has produced cornerbacks. They haven't produced much of anything else, but they have produced cornerbacks. Trent McDuffie, I think, is the next one. So value-wise, I think that's a great pick there at 21. How about you, Yuke? So, yeah, obviously I love the Ravens pick. You know, I, not only being a Ravens fan, but they, they totally uh, blew this draft at, out of the park. It was just un- an unbelievable – just not the ability to get Kyle Hamilton, one of the top five players in this class, at 14. That's just that, – that was amazing. And then on top of that, to follow that up with getting Linderbaum later, and I wasn't even one of the biggest uh, Marquise Brown fans. So trading him away, him in a third-round pick, to get a first-round pick, that's an amazing haul to get for a middling wide receiver to turn that into a, an amazing player like Tyler Linderbaum. The Ravens really turned around their draft. But aside from being a Ravens homer, a pick I really want to highlight is Jahan Dotson to the to the Washington Commanders. Now, everyone feels like that's a little bit of a reach, but I got to say, Jahan Dotson is one of those players. I've slowly been rising on him. I feel like I've just been way too low on him. I'm just having a hard time rising him up my, my big board just because of his inability to, to separate properly, his long speed, his size, things like that. But at the end of the day, there's just so much special with Jahan Dotson. His just ridiculous ball skills, the way he comes down with every single pass. It's just really exciting. And I, I actually think it's a great fit on the Washington Commanders, pairing him up with a guy like Terry McLaurin. I really feel like this might be actually the receiving core that Carson Wentz has been waiting for for a while. I really, really like this fit. Drastically different take than what Chris and I had earlier for that one. But I got to get to the pick. <laughs> the Vikings take Lewis Sign, defensive back. So two safeties essentially back to back off the board. Vikings stay in the first round. They address the secondary, a position of need. I got to say, I still had Booth rated higher, but he does fill a need for them, and he is in the value territory that I had him greeted at to begin with. Go ahead, Yuke. I heard you say there it is, so go ahead and give me a reaction. Oh, yeah. No, I just – I love Lucene. I was waiting for him to be taken. He was one of those guys that I felt like he was dropping, and, you know, most people mocked him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. But to me, he's the next best player. He's the next guy up. And I felt like it was just a matter of time before someone takes him. To me, he was even, you know, this is a little bit of a hot take also, but I had him in the same tier as a guy like Kyle Hamilton, where he just has ridiculous twitch, athleticism, speed, length. He has it all. And then he blew away the combine. He had an 11-foot broad jump. I think he ran, you know, a a 4-4 or like a sub-4-4 or something like that. He just, he has it all. There's like very few flaws to his game. I really don't see what what the, the faults are. And he's not Kyle Hamilton, but he's up there for sure. And I really like him. He's my, uh, let me see, he's my 11th overall ranked prospect. So I was just waiting for somebody to snag him. Chris, I see you nodding along there. Do you agree? Yeah, I didn't like him as high as that, but I do think Luke Kine was probably the, I talked about with Daxon Hill want. I think he's definitely the best safety that's still, you know, next on the board. Um, a guy that has definitely a lot more upside, I think, as well. He hasn't kind of, kind of reached his ceiling, I don't think, either. The athleticism's definitely there. My only knock with him was I thought he was a little small at 190, but he's not afraid to tackle. He's not afraid to get dirty, and he brings it. So you put those things together, a guy who you know, has the range that he does and the speed that can tackle, that's usually going to be translate well in the NFL. All right. I think I think it's a good I think it's a good fit for what Minnesota is going to be running on the defensive side of the ball. So if nothing else, I go with that. I had him and Daxton Hill kind of rated pretty similarly to each other as far as overall grade goes. But I do think he would fit better than a Daxton Hill would for Minnesota in this, can in this I, situation. Can I throw a question out for the panel yep. real quick? What was your guy's least favorite pick or which the worst pick was of the first round? 
got to go New England, right? I mean, New England doesn't make any sense with Cole Strange. Uh, that one's probably the biggest question mark of the first round. Trevon Walker at one, I, you know, I think that's that's a question mark as well. Just looking at it, though, overall, I, th- I think I have to go New England. Um, that or Tennessee trading away A.J. Brown. But I, I'd say New England, Cole Strange. So yeah, I'm actually gonna gonna contend on this whole Cole Strange hate now. Yeah, it, it definitely was a reach here. You know, taking Cole Strange in the first, he does not belong in the first round. But I love Cole Strange. He play, just plays with this length. He has such long arms. He's such a polished and natural pass blocker. And even in the run game, he showed a tenacity and and, and a strength that I didn't think that he had. And he he really checks a lot of boxes. The only problem was. Uh, he played against uh, – the only time that he played against capable competition was at the Senior Bowl, and he didn't look that great. But that was really my only question with him. And, you know, that's that's something that I feel like NFL teams could probably work through, especially a, a coach like Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah, taking him in the first round, that's a little bit early. But to me, he was the top of the second-round guy. So I, that's not such a huge reach for me. So I actually kind of like that pick. I would say the pick that I like the least – is probably let me see here. Probably Trevor Penning. I'm not a Trevor Penning guy at all. I know that's a little bit against consensus, but he he is just such a, a bad football player. You know, he has great athleticism. He has this nastiness that everyone says, but he did so many things wrong. He constantly got beat, and this nastiness that we're seeing is he's getting beat. He's getting run over by these by these stronger defenders, and then all that he does is as he's falling to the ground, he just rips the guy and brings him down with him, and everyone goes, "Oh man, this guy is so nasty. He's so strong," but. Really, he keeps getting beat. He, he loses so many reps. I just I don't think he's a first-round player at all. To me, he's not even a, a early half of the second-round player. Maybe you take a late second, third-round flyer on him. But taking him, at, I think they took him at 16 or, or 18. That's too early. That's way too early for me. I want to give a shout-out to one of our viewers that's been following along on Facebook pretty much this entire time. His big winners of the draft were Detroit, Giants, Philly, Jets, and Baltimore. Uh, can't argue with that there. Go ahead. I was just saying my my worst pick uh, tonight, it ties, it kind of piggyback to what Vince said. It's Traylon Burks uh, for the Titans. I, it doesn't make any sense. It's not like A.J. A. Brown is not Julio Jones. He's not some old aging receiver, has been. He's so you have a young. The trade, not the pick. Well, the pick to me doesn't make sense because they, they traded essentially to make the pick. So that, that to me, again, this is like some, this is not something. Um, that they just went off the whim with. This is probably something they've already were thinking about coming in. Who are we going to take off the board here? Traylon Burks, I mean, you you traded someone away for potential. And I've talked about that many a times. A lot of teams, I mean, America's teams especially, we've been doing this for over and over again. Get potential, potential, potential. Get the guys you know are money. A.J. Brown is money. So, again, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. Wait, Jason, I just want to say to that, you know, I just want to remind you, just a couple of years ago, you had a disgruntled wide receiver named Stephon Diggs who wanted to be traded from his team, got traded for a first-round pick, and the team went and selected this wide receiver, uh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of him, named Justin Jefferson, and everyone said, why are you doing this? You're basically trading a wide receiver for another wide receiver who's very similar to him. Keep the guy like Stephon Diggs who's good and, what like, a lot of people didn't understand that move, and obviously that move paid off you know, better than anyone could have even imagined. Now, I don't think, obviously, this pick is going to pay off the same way, but there's something about trading a wide receiver for a, a wide receiver of the similar mold who's younger and you know is obviously not going to command the same cap hit, and there's something to say about that. I feel like this is not as bad of a move as people are making it out to be. 
Yeah, I just want to make sure we're clear. You are comparing Traylon Burks to Justin Jefferson, just so we're clear. Is obviously Traylon Burks is better than Justin Jefferson. This is not, <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 I'm not well, that crazy. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna jump crazy. in. I'm gonna jump in on here. My comp to Traylon Burks is Devontae Adams. It's it's not this Debo crap uh, that I keep hearing because he's not Ooh. he's not nearly the same receiver. It is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, especially coming out of college. If you guys remember, he was this guy that he kind of round off his his routes. He needed some work on being able to sink his hips, be able to sharpen out. But the big thing about him is that the more you got the ball in his hands, the more yards after contact he got. He was like a running back at the wide receiver position, the way he would wear teams down. Burks is that guy. Burks, I think, could be a more healthy A.J. Brown. And I don't have a problem with them not wanting to pay A.J. Brown $25 million for a guy who has not been able to stay on the field for a full season yet in his entire NFL career. Go ahead, Vince. If you put Traylon Burks with Aaron Rodgers, then maybe he's Devontae Adams. You put him with Ryan Tannehill, uh-huh. maybe he's Devontae Parker. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's not, not Devontae Adams. I don't know. I think A.J. Brown was pretty good with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill gets a lot of crap. He had one bad season where Tennessee was completely decimated on both sides of the ball. Uh, I don't really bash on him the way a lot of other people do when it comes. He can feature one wide receiver, without a doubt. He did it with Miami with with, uh, Jarvis Landry. Bingo. Right, exactly. And he, oh, he yeah, actually, I thought Jason was going to jump in there, but Chris. Well, yeah, I didn't, well, I, you know, hey, I didn't, you know, when I was overstep my bounds here, I'm still a guest in your house here. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly hit on it. I actually watched him under, I hate to say this, Adam Gase. You know, I got season tickets. I'm sitting up here watching this guy, you know, in the first few games. We had a game against Cleveland. He wasn't seeing people open. And then later on during the season, you saw this guy develop. He was seeing those people down the field. So I like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, and my son watched the uh, – we're at the game where he hit the most uh, consecutive passes in a row when he broke the NFL record. I think it was against the Texans. Um, Ryan Tannehill has spots of greatness, uh, but unfortunately he's got a turnover problem as well. He'll be a great mentor for Malik Willis when they draft him in the third pick in the second round. Okay. Vince, that's a great segue because I was going to go into the what's the narration now going into the second and third round, and that's going to be narration number one. Malik Willis was not taken. It was Kenny Pickett, so now he's available. And I'm better with Willis being in the second round now. Because that that's all my now if you're gonna take him in the second round, now you don't have the same pressure on him having to perform necessarily right away you would as a first round pick. There's a little bit more of a window that you're allowed to develop. And this is more where he belongs. I kept comping him to Jalen Hurts. Hurts went in the second round. Now we're talking about some actual value and of developing a guy rather than a guy who has to come in and save a franchise day one. That's gonna be a big narrative heading into tomorrow. Are there any others? Anybody can jump in. You're talking about the quarterbacks? I'm talking about what, what's your narrative going into tomorrow? Oh, well, obviously the quarterbacks is, is huge here. You know, I'm a big Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral fan. So to me, like they were my top two quarterbacks in this draft. So I'm surprised that they weren't taken in the first round. Someone didn't jump up to, to snag them. I would love to see where they go. You know, maybe uh, one of them goes to, to maybe Indianapolis and then takes over for Matt Ryan next year. That, that would be very interesting to me. They would have, you know, immediate, probably have an immediate impact on the NFL. So that's something that, I, that I'm really looking forward to, to see where these quarterbacks go. That's a great point. If you can get a guy behind a Matt Ryan, even behind Carson Wentz in Washington, uh, those are the kind of places right now these quarterbacks need to go so they have an opportunity to sit and learn and not be thrown into the fire right away. you got Seattle with two top ten picks in the second round. They need a quarterback desperately, but – 
I mean, it's not a good fit for the quarterbacks that are currently sitting there either. So quarterbacks is the is the narrative. Running backs would be the other narrative too. I think you got two guys with Walker and Brees Hall um, with some teams that could use some running back help there towards the top of the second round also. So, and again, for whatever reason, as soon as we get to the second round, all of a sudden it's great value for a running back, not in the first round though. So, uh, so there you go. I think I think you'll see the at least two running backs, if not three, go pretty early in the second round. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hit on was the running backs. You know, none taken. I, I you know, it's it was surprised me a lot. There's a lot of teams though that could use some running back assistance and going you know into the fantasy dynamic of things. A lot of teams that are sitting up there, um, you know, could go ahead and take a stab at it. I, you know, but we're going back to Malik Willis. I think Danny kind of hit on the head. He's like the guy that's the most intriguing to watch out for. Um, where does he land? You're right, Vince. You know, might be a little early for Seattle, but obvious team need. Uh, for them. So um, it'd be interesting to see him in Seattle. Um, you know, as, as fantasy guys, we love to see the running quarterbacks too. So it'd um, be interesting to see how he fits in with uh, Pete Carroll's system and, you know, and they're in a great receiving core already. So what do you got, Chris? Yeah, I think the running backs are definitely the obvious one. I think, you know, Brees Hall and, you know, Walker to the guy that jumped to my mind. You always want to know fantasy-wise where the running backs are going to be and where the kind of opportunities are, you know, as, as Coop's kind of pointed out. Um, the other guy I'm really curious about is my, one of my favorites of this draft is Daniel Fioli, uh, the guy who I just absolutely love and I love his potential down the road. So I'm kind of curious to see where he winds up. Yeah, that's the big behemoth tackle. I mean, behemoth tackle. It's just always fun to watch where these guys can kind of go. Uh I want to throw some shade on the uh, Jahad Dotson pick because that is my worst pick of the first round. That is the Ooh, biggest I reach because I had him as a late second round. What'd you say, Chris? So I, I have mine when you're done with yours. My my worst pick as well. Well, go ahead because that was mine. That's all I needed to say. Well, you talk about the quarterbacks. My my has to be Pickett is going to be one of the guys I hate. I hate the fit in Pittsburgh. I hate the idea of him being in Pittsburgh. I think they just basically drafted the same quarterback they already have on their roster, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you're not going to get much different. I don't think from this guy. If you read the, kind of the scouting reports. They're almost identical. Um, and then if you kind of look at, you know, some of the situations, I, I really hated the Quay, Quay Walker trip pick. I think that was just a reach. A guy that I don't, I don't, I don't have a first-round talent. He had to on. get one more dig in the vids. Had to, I'm had sorry. To. You can't have four linebackers in today's NFL that you're paying and drafting all that draft capital in and have such a crappy defense on top of it. Well, they're crappy defense, so they got to improve it, right? Quay Walker, I like every the Kobe team. Do, though. They, drafted, they draft defense every year. I think that's the problem I'm trying to make the point of. They do yeah, every year you have to let defensive capital in. Well, and especially in the first game. round. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Vince, yeah, I like needs some mental support. Team I'm Team Quay yeah. Walker. He's my 16th overall prospect, so uh, that, that was a good pick to me. <laughs> His athleticism, he can cover. Uh, he's got good pass coverage. He has uh, a little bit of a rush, his pass rush, and he gets off blockers pretty well from everything that I've researched on him. Um, again, on this one, I kind of have to sit back and trust him, hoping that it's the right pick. I, I admit I had him lower. I had him going 31 to Cincy. So, um, you know, I had him in the first round, but I didn't have him quite that high. Yeah, I just want to touch, by the way, on what Chris said about Kenny Pickett. I, I just want to say I agree with everything that you say. You know, this is – he's not even better than Mitch Trisky, so I don't really see what the point was here. He's not a great quarterback. Uh, I feel like this kind of – they burnt a first-round pick, but I just want to maybe point out the perspective of Kenny Pickett here where of all the teams that Kenny Pickett could have gone to, I feel like this is the ideal scenario for him to go into a place where it's a steady, competent organization, not going to a dumpster fire like a Jacksonville or a New York or Cleveland. He's going to a steady organization with a Hall of Fame head coach like Mike Tomlin, who I don't think he's had – I don't remember what the stat was – hasn't had a losing season in, in – 
you know, ever over a decade. Yeah, ever as a head coach, something like that. So he and, and he gets to even sit for a year behind Mitch Trubisky and learn, and then he gets to inherit, you know, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Firemuth, and then hopefully an improved offensive line. I don't think that there is a better scenario he could have gone to. Now, from a perspective of looking in from the outside, yeah, I, I hate this pick. I, I don't get it. He, Kenny Pickett's not a good quarterback. But if I were Kenny Pickett, I would be thrilled right now. Well, I think, oh, that's, yeah. I think that's why I hate it so much because I think that whatever quarterback Pittsburgh was one of the ideal situations you could wind up being in. So whatever they were rumored to kind of – whether I mean, Dan kind of talked about Willis being there earlier. I think whatever quarterback they wound up is going to probably be the best situation. Seattle's not too far behind because they have some weapons in place as well. But I think otherwise, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of guys who just, you know, are going to be in a situation where they're not going to have a chance to succeed. My problem is, is that I think this guy can't throw in the cold weather. I think this guy does have, you know, have one good year, but he's also very old when he has a good year. Um, we see other quarterbacks when they're, you know, fifth year seniors and 24, or 25 years old, how how successful they've been in the pros. Brandon Whedon, Chris Winkie, going on the list. These guys don't materialize into anything. And then once again, when it comes to what the Pittsburgh needs, their defense wasn't good last year. So there was definitely guys on the board, including Lloyd, um, that they could have definitely upgraded, I feel like, um, or even the white kid, you know, they need some kind of structure inside. They, they didn't neither war. They added a guy basically who I, I would imagine probably going to, you know, maybe battle for starting position next year, but isn't a clear starter next year. Got Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, as he always is, trying to put his GM hat on and saying that the Packers have interest in Debo Samuel. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> for, for that. Of course they do. Oh, no, I mean, it's more of, of course, Aaron Rodgers has to put something out there that's ridiculous and he has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> now, to go back to, I'm, I'm struggling with my best pick because for me, it's a team. And there was, there was a lot of good winners actually tonight. I think more so than I can remember in recent memory how many teams I felt like came out and won this year's draft or this year's first round anyway. But I got to look at the Lions. You get Hutchinson in the fall, do it too. And then you trade up to get Jameson Williams. You need playmakers on both sides of the ball. And you got that. And you pretty much did it while staying within yourself. Like, they didn't they didn't give away the farm to move up to go get a Jameson Williams. And I think I, I just think the way they're building their team is very much under the radar. They're, two, they're still about two years away. But they're building their team the right way. I'm just very impressed with what they've been doing. And... I think what it is that I'm very impressed that with them as an organization, how they've turned a corner because we see these organizations get run to the ground over and over and over again. It's always the same ones. I think they're starting to go to the right track. So I really want to give a lot of kudos to the Detroit Lions here. Yeah, and a good job with having a GM and a coach being in, on the same page. I think we see too many organizations kind of you know go against each other with a GM like somebody or the coach like somebody that doesn't fit their system. This seems like they actually are you know working hand in hand to build that build the team like as you're talking about with, you know, the same kind of blueprint. Now, I got I got Jason and Chris here, so I want to talk a little, a little fantasy. The, the the worst fantasy pick for me, or, or I shouldn't say the worst one, the one that broke my heart was Garrett Wilson going to the Jets because he's just not going to be put in a position to get the numbers that you want him to get. And this is a guy that could – he was that Jefferson Jefferson type. If he fell into the right situation, he could explode because of what his ability is and paying upon where he could have wound up at him going to the jets, him and Elijah Moore are the same guy. And then you have Corey Davis, a run first mentality. I like Zach Wilson, but even I have to say, we don't know exactly what Zach Wilson is yet. And I'm just, I'm just very sad. I'm very sad that Garrett Wilson, who was high on my dynasty board now is going to have to take a significant drop back 
uh, Jason, you're crapped on Chandler on Burks. I'm telling you right now, from a dynasty standpoint, Burks is going to be a hell of a lot higher on my board than Garrett Wilson is now because of the situation and the volume that he's going to now have. So where did you have Garrett Wilson projected? Where did you want him to go? Let's, 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 let's go there. Well, I wanted him to go to the Commanders. That's where I wanted him to go. I wanted him to pair up with McLaurin at 11. I thought that was a, a, an ideal location for him to wind up at. Yeah, and that makes sense. Like, two and the receivers aren't of the same mold, as you, as you said. Right. Uh, but again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I do like the pick because we can sit here and talk about the Jets' defense and want to play defense. It's still the Jets' defense, so they're still – I have to prove it on the field first. So I – and again, we talked about the AFC being a gauntlet. You know, maybe as we looked at, maybe the Patriots aren't, aren't that much. But they still got to deal with the, the Bills and America's team twice. And again, the whole AFC AFC is stacked right now. I'm going to throw so, a little shade on this Dolphins real quick. You guys got to prove it too. Now, I like what you did in the offseason. I'm not going to try to take it away from him. But uh, you guys haven't made the playoffs in a little while either. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, I could go on all day about that. I mean, I, and I'm and, and this is false bravado, mind you, because I, you know, if you if you if I talk to you know one of my fellow Dolphin fans, they know I'm the guy that's like, bro, I don't want to hear it. All right, I already know we get built up every year, and then it's like, uh. so I, you know, we'll see what happens. I have, you know, I I I, te- I tempered my expectations this year, uh, but I am a little excited with Tyreek. I think he brings a different dynamic. Everyone's like, "Oh, you got to give him the ball. You got to throw it to him." Um, actually, no, you you don't. I could just hand the ball off to this guy and let him take it to the house. So, um, you know, I'm excited for for what the Dolphins can do. This Pretty year. sure I was talking to him about Garrett Wilson. And became a conversation. <laughs> you got me on track. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dan, when you look at fantasy value, though, you got to look at the offense that's run. And last year was the first year there, and they're just trying to build that team. I think they've done a great job. The Jets have last year and this year so far in the draft. But you look at what uh, what they do in, in L.A. with the Rams. You look at what they do in San Francisco. That's what ultimately the Jets are trying to do, what they do in Green Bay as well. It's all the same system. So, can and I so, say real quick, those two yeah. teams you need in Green Bay and San Francisco, can you name the second receiver how, how statistically what they do? Uh, possession in Green Bay and uh, San Francisco, no, I can't. <laughs> So that's my point. If yeah. we're, we're not emulating, if you're emulating the Rams, that's one thing where you have multiple playmakers getting multiple levels. But when you're emulating the 49ers offense and what they do, or Green Bay did, you have one receiver who gets the ball all the time, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem I have for fantasy wise, as Dan kind of pointing out. And last year, unfortunately, the least talented guy on that Jets team was the leading receiver. That's Braxton Berrios, who they brought back to play the slot receiver. So they have another guy who's basically filling the role that Wilson and Elijah Moore would best be served to be able to rotate and they're moving to. And usually the 49ers Green Bay seems like a guy who can block. That's why Kenyon Bourne's probably still in the league. Um, so Elijah Moore can't block. Rex and Bears can't block. Wilson can't block. One of those three is going to get taken out early in the game. So that's where I'm going to tell you guys right now, fantasy-wise, as Ian's kind of pointing out, it's not going to materialize like we want to. And I like Zach Wilson a lot, and I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. I just hate the fit offensively for them. No rebuttal for that one. Okay. If if, if he is the receiver, then he's going to get his points. Um, If he's not the receiver, then he's not going to get his points. And that was what I was going to pick you off with my secondary point to that was, even if Garrett Wilson takes over as the lead guy, that means Elijah Moore gets thrown to the wing side. And I love Elijah Moore too. And I don't want to see that happen. So that's why it breaks my heart in two ways. Because either it ruins Garrett Wilson or it ruins Elijah Moore. Somebody's getting screwed in this deal. And I didn't want to see it happen to either one of them. Denzel Mim last year. 
<laughs> but, but you're, I think, you're on an island with that Denzel Mims thing. Yeah, Jason. I'm not well, you're, you're, you're saying, though, in one hand, that you wanted him to go with Scary Terry on the other side, but you don't like Elijah Moore on the other side. So that's, I guess, where... Yeah, but, I, you know, again, <clears throat> excuse me, just going back to the defense. Let's just go back to that again. The Jets' defense is not that good. I don't still see them being that good. So, um, you know, again, they are going to have to put up points. They kind of have to throw the football. They weren't they that good to... last year. How many points did they put up offensively? <laughs> not, well, it doesn't true, always go hand in hand. Zach, Zach's first year, to be fair, you know, and, and you know, offense, he's just learning. He's second year. Could could be. He could be a little something. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it's horrible. And, and I, I don't want to defend the Jets. I feel like I'm just. I'm like. <laughs> I really am going to go take a long shower after this. And the OC in New York was his first year. Call him place. He's got a year under his belt. And from everything we know about him, he studies hard. He works hard. If he improves, maybe everything turns around. It all. It all comes down to Zach Wilson in New York. So whether or not you trust him or not. And at this point. I don't trust Zach Wilson. I don't trust Lafleur. So that, and that's 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 my problem. Uh, I, I have I have yet to see a 49ers offensive coordinator or Shanahan actually be successful. Uh, so, so hey, I, that, that that's where it boils down to for me. Uh, but let's sign off here. It's been a great run. It's been a great night. We're gonna be back tomorrow for the second Super. and third round at 6:30 p.m. Same place. Right here on Belly Up TV, Roku, YouTube, all together. It's probably even going to be longer tomorrow because we'll probably end at the same time, but we're starting an hour earlier. There's going to be a lot more to go over, a lot more guests coming. Vince, I believe you're going to be coming back tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, I should be on the first first few picks there in the second round. Awesome. Where can we follow you at, and what do you got going on with your show? Uh, at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. I, as soon as we get off here, I'm recording for tomorrow morning's episode. So a uh, new oh, podcast. Man. We'll be out Friday morning, and uh, then also we'll air 7 a.m. on Belly Up TV uh, there as well. No sleep for the weary. Jason, where can we follow you, man? Follow us at TSS Fantasy. I don't care if you follow me or not. Follow my show. That's all I care about. Check us out. We're live where you can find us, Belly Up TV, Roku, all that. Um, find us where you can listen to anywhere you, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Um, go to TSSFantasy.com. We got all of our latest and greatest on there as well because we are the fantasy show to people. All right. Not more than the MD Space Football Show, just to be clear. You, uh, <laughs> where can we follow you at? What are you working on? So, yeah, I'm honestly, as of now, I was just uh, the the draft scout for, for Belly Up. Uh, I'm working on maybe running for some other uh, fantasy sites, but nothing's really concrete yet. Uh, it's just a, a few things in the works. But uh, I feel actually a little bit humbled right now among all these uh, podcasting legends who have their own show. And I, I don't really have anything to plug right now. I can just say, you know, I just write my scouting reports on Belly Up. It's really all I do. Uh, I have, you know, the full, if you want to see really all of my stuff, uh, you really, I put out a, a draft article of the full NFL draft preview. And that kind of can really take you down a rabbit hole towards any uh, individual player scout uh, scouting report, any uh, positional breakdown, big boards, mock drafts, whatever. It's all all linked in that one article. So that's really where you can see all my stuff. Love it. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Really was a lot of fun. I can't wait to get back at it tomorrow. Chris, good job today, man. Let's go get some coffee for tomorrow and get some rest tonight. And then we'll be ready to fire it up and ready to go and do this again and really have another blast. Again, more guests coming on. 
We're, we'll have more uh, pick betting analysis for you guys for the second and third round. Second round in particular, it kind of runs out towards the end of the third round, just to give, let you guys know, and more fantasy analysis. So everybody, come back tomorrow, signing off for the first round of the Belly Up Sports' Empties Fantasy Football Show NFL Draft Coverage. Take care. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 